Welcome to the Hawks Nest live stream show. My name is Brandon Kane, and I do appreciate you forever as tuning on in. Today we got a rare occasion here, sort of an, a midday show. We're always night owls over here at the Hawks Nest, absent it being a 10 a.m. game. But today we've got a little bit of action going on. It is a unique day in the NFL, and, and the annuals, almost said that wrong, and the annuals of annual NFL history. The uh, We've never had a day quite like the one that's just undertaken here four minutes ago. Usually, throughout football history, in my entire life, you had cut-down day when you go from a roster of 90 players down to a roster of 53 players, and it would go through three phases. Slow and sure, nice little trickle coming out. You could, you know, piece through players and other teams' players and think about all the possibilities and iterations within that very slowly as you were going through the preseason period. But no longer that is the case now. The NFL has changed over and for the betterment of the teams as it helps teams stay a little bit more able to practice with the full allotment of all these guys as they need to in training camp. They've pushed all of these phases into one phase. This phase, right now, four minutes ago, you had over 1,000 football players flood the market. Now, these are not necessarily the, the best of the best, but there's a lot of reasons that guys get cut when they do get cut, and oftentimes salary can factor into that. What I'm trying to say within this is that this is a, a time that's going to be interesting here this afternoon, not only for who the Seattle Seahawks keep, but then who maybe is available out there on the open market. And then there's even a third phase to this, which is the possibility of a trade coming down, because I would expect we are going to get some trades happening. There's already been a few between some teams out there as it is. You're probably going to get a couple more as everybody really truly now finalizes their roster for the upcoming season. You know, everybody wants to get this locked in for the next upcoming week. You're not going to usually wait to make a move like a trade like that to that point. So we should have some uh, a relative amount of breaking news coming down in general overall with the NFL today as far as looking at this and tracking this. And then we've got our Hawks to and what they do and who they hold on to and uh, who they might cut that might be kind of a, of some controversy. I think the first guy right out the gate that we should um, uh, that we should definitely discuss here is Levi Bell, uh, somebody that I know is going to frustrate some people out there that he was cut uh, after he had a really good preseason. He played good in all three games. Uh, you look at his PFF ratings in those games, and as overall, he was both good as a pass rusher and good against the run. But, uh, and I, I made people mad with this when I was saying leading up to this cut of, you know, last week and a half, two weeks, where I said, you know, he's, he's not going to be on the roster. The team's going to like Tyreek Smith more. Um, the guy's 6'1", 265, and it's not to say he can't play in this league, but in Tyreek Smith, you just have a guy with more of the length, size, and, and whatnot that they're going to favor for a long-term outlook on that player. I hope you can get Levi Bell onto the practice squad. I don't think that there's any guarantee he just goes gets taken because of this good preseason performance by somebody else out there in the NFL. But uh, understandable why the Hawks made this move as stacked as they were at edge. You couldn't pull from another position. Some had been wondering if maybe we could move him into the inside. And to the point of that, Going back last night and watching some of the Packers All-22, the Seahawks indeed tried to kick Levi Bell inside at times and work him from in there in that game, sort of with the thought process of Mike Morris has got the surgery that he just had and he's going to be out for a little bit of time. So what if with his roster spot now, we just to be able to sort of to be able to sort of package in him, just sort of kind of protect him, keep this guy you know in there, we'll put him in as a 3-4 a end. And it's a good thought, but he was getting overwhelmed in that game at the point of attack. It was not, he was not holding up. 
Um, so I just don't think it was really going to be a viable solution to kick him inside either or the tape would have borne that out. And uh, you just can't afford with where we are with the de inner defensive line right now, I think, to believe that, well, we're good enough at defensive line. We can just carry this ed extra edge that we've got inside. That's that's where we're at right now with the interior of our defensive line. That'll be fine. No, you you needed another defensive lineman down on in there. So um, he was a good player, had a very good preseason. I would love to see him on the practice squad. We'll see if, uh, if he does float through that place. Aesop Winston... Another guy who was a pretty strong uh, receiver in this preseason. He uh, you know, didn't flash a lot all the way through, but when he flashed, he flashed hot. And uh, he had those three catches on that one drive in the Packers game um, to help them go get that touchdown as they did there and, and really start to make that game look like one when they would be able to go maybe take. Um, and instead, now he has been released. This maybe indicates to me a little bit here of, first we know with this that this means JSN's probably almost most definitely back by week one, and if not by week one, definitely back by week two. That's good. Uh, Bobo's making the roster, we know that. Is there a potential maybe here, and, and I'll be checking in a second because we're going to have it any moment here released out what the list is of the final cuts. My wonder is if maybe they look to, if they look to maybe try and um, go with four receivers. But no shocker, Bobo's going to make make the roster. Uh, that completely makes, completely adds up and completely makes sense. Going to be interesting to see how the numbers game work. It gets tight. It gets tight. You know, especially when you're already pre-locked and loaded in with the four running backs. Some some teams can get away with carrying three. Yeah. Or if you're you're pre-locked in with the three tight ends, a lot of teams will just carry two tight ends. So you've already kind of pulled from your you've you've pulled from the extra the extra roster spot you know that would exist there to be able to go that route with it. But uh Aesop, another guy that I would expect they're gonna try to get onto probably the practice squad. Go tell the defensive tackle was also released, played pretty well this preseason. Um, and I'm looking right now to see if we can get an update on the cuts because we should be hearing about these cuts coming down pretty pretty soon here. All right, uh, so a full list of the Seahawks cuts as it's been announced here by the NFL. And again, no surprises here. You have Arquan Bush, uh, Sal Canella, uh, Jordan Ferguson, Malik Flowers, uh, Griffith Herbert, uh, Benji Franklin, Tyjon Lindsey, Justin Marshall, Jalen McKenzie, Liam Ryan, Chris Steele, R Wayne Tulapapa, and that is what we've got on top of the Gotel, Levi Brown, one I just announced, and Joey, B Joey Blunt's also been released, which is worth noting as well. Stimpy, how you doing, man? It's good to see you in the house. Uh, Lou, hope you're doing well. Herbicide, hello, Soup, what's up? And indeed, uh, Zach Charbonnet, first Cambodian player. And Bobo's made it. Bobo's made it. No surprise. I don't think to any of us Seahawks fans out here, we, we all thought that this guy was going to get here. I mean, how, 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 do you not, how do you not on that one, right? Um, I have to bring my mat in here. The wind is blowing crazy. Are we going to have a hurricane over here? We've already had fires. I don't need another hurricane. Um, Bobo making the roster, though. Great to see. Uh, awesome. This kid has been such a surprise to me. And then I liked actually his chances to potentially be that last guy on the roster as a receiver. Uh, but I didn't know that he could necessarily play on the outside as well. I didn't know he was he was going to be able to hold up in that realm. Now, at UCLA, he really predominantly played inside, so that was the nearest tape. But there was always that Duke tape, and I didn't give enough of that favor because I was just thinking, well, and then frankly, a lot of the Duke tape is them running those short little passes all over the place, little pop passes everywhere. And so it wasn't as clear that he was going to go be able to go up the field and beat somebody on, 
you know, a sluggo route or, you know, on have that nasty release that he unveiled there in that, uh, in that Viking game. But good to see that he did make the team here. Um, no way that guy would have gotten through practice squad. And uh, interesting guy. So we go into the future here at this position with where the Seahawks are at with their receiver core. Casey Brown says, let me some Bobo, but nothing guaranteed the Browns cut Austin Watkins Jr. Straight trash organization. Well, I ain't going to disagree with you on that, Casey. <laughs> I won't quibble with you on, on that. Brown's always going to do Brown's things. I'm telling you, they just need to rebrand to change that whole thing up. Uh, Greg, are there any good defensive linemen that got cut? There's not been anybody but notable yet. We're going to get, of course, a, a monstrous a monstrous dearth of guys being being announced here shortly. Um, one guy that was mentioned, Richard Lewis, nose tackle for the Arizona Cardinals that they've released. You look at the Cardinals releasing any guy right now. Um, he has been a, a nose tackle for them the past couple of years. That could be a guy of interest. 62308. Uh, did not post very, posted league average scores as a nose tackle last year for the Cardinals. Basically about the same in 2021 and 2020 was not as good. So last couple of years, he's been okay. He's been okay. It's a body. It's a body. But that's been the only guy so far I've seen of real note that stood out to me. And Jonathan Taylor is another thing to monitor here. As um, he's got the deadline today to have to be traded. Or, the, or he's stuck on the Colts for the whole rest of the year. Uh, we got a trade. Uh, the Dolphins have traded first round pick Noah Igabohini. Igabohini. To the Cowboys for second round pick Kelvin Joseph. Interesting pick, kind of just flopping to kind of um, somewhat bust, I guess, picks. You know, you will trade our trash for your trash. Something like that. Very interesting to see what the Colts do with Jonathan Taylor. That could be something also to track because that could help us out quite a bit. And I'm going to try to stay with the chat today, but it's going to be a little bit hard on the questions. I'm going to definitely stay with you guys as much as I can. But I'm also trying to kind of keep a side eye here on what's going on throughout the league so we can kind of keep track of things and on that too. So it'll be a bit of a, it'll be a, bit of a balance act for me today. Bear with me on that. Uh, Mr. Isaac, how are you doing? It's good to see you, Grugs. What's up? Uh, Grugs also mentioned, yeah, Matt Landers was also cut, which was tough to see. But outside of that big reception that he had, he, he really didn't do a whole lot. Um, didn't get a lot of opportunities, but didn't do a whole lot in this preseason either. Flag Sabbath, how are you doing? He says, I know Greg Bell reported about a Bush trade, but those Steelers city sites went nuts on the Bush being cut rumors. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, as good as he looked in the preseason games that I saw with him, I guess he just didn't look as good in practice to them or they don't, they really want to save that money, I suppose. Could be a part of this too, where he's, you move him and you're able at that point to, um, I can't see him cut him though, because I think his salary is fully guaranteed, if I'm not mistaken, with the three million. So he's, it would have to be a trade, but it's them, I guess, thinking that they're going to be, they like Vi Jones. Maybe they think he's coming back and being he'll be fine soon. And they've seen enough from Radigan and BBK and company that they don't feel like it's worth having to pay the extra couple of million. But odd, 
I think that also, with that Greg Bell tweet, does indicate that the Hawks do feel very confident in the current health right now of um, the current health of uh, Jordan Brooks. Ethan Tech World, you'd have legend Tula Papa. That's right. Yeah, I, I don't know if he can get cut. I mean, if he's cut, maybe maybe that Gallup salary wasn't guaranteed. They were trying to trade him according again to, to Greg Bell. Ayush says JT not getting traded. He's on the pup list for the Colts. They can still move him, Ayush. They can still move him right now, even if he's on the PUP. Watch how fast that ankle becomes healthy the second that there's a trade. Greg, funny how it's only the Jets fans that are saying sauce doesn't hold. Some, some admit he does, but they say, they say it's okay because the receiver fights back even though sauce initiated contact. I, I absolutely was having a ball, you know, as a guy that's been frustrated with this and, and watching other teams' fans also getting frustrated with this. And so you have the Jets playing the, the, Jets playing the Giants in the final preseason game. Speedster rookie Jalen Hyatt takes the top off the defense and sauce can't run with him. And Sauce does about three different iterations of holding throughout the 1-9 route that Jalen Hyatt ran. And um, can you stop, please? Stop. I need you to stop. Give it a rest. Um, and he's holding him throughout the thing. And yeah, you're seeing these Jets fans go, that's actually just hand fighting. That's just, that's just actually hand fighting. Every highlight you watch of this guy, he is pulling and ripping and grabbing and pulling and ripping and grabbing. And you go, dude, He's holding every time. I mean, this isn't even Richard Sherman levels of it because that's what they try to say is when if we're a Hawk fan and we talk a little bit about this. And that is that they go, they go, oh, well, you know, Sherman did that all the time. That was, that was Sherman's whole thing. Sherman guy was a little grabby, but this guy is on every highlight I've seen of this guy. I can bring up highlights of Sherman where he was not being grabby. He just jumps her out. He just plays, the, plays like a cornerback does. And with everyone that I watch of this guy, it's like hold, 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 hold. As a hold, you know, but it was it was wild watching some of the debates out there on Twitter today, uh, breaking out over that play, you know, especially between Giants and Jets fans. And Jets are going to be doing a lot of apologizing for that guy in the future because he just he does it all the time. It's it is the hallmark of Sauce's game, in my opinion. It's the first thing I now think of with that guy. And I brought it up in the video I put together a couple weeks ago of the Tariq Woolen video I put together. I showed a cut up between those two guys, and I think that you can see a very starch. Stark difference between the two and how they go. Uh, Brian Myers says, B, no tra Taylor pra trade uh, per Schefter on the PUP. Okay. Well, there it is. Maybe then. Bruce says, they announced they couldn't find a trade. We'll miss the first four games on the PUP. So that's, there we go with that. I mean, that's, they, were, they first were seeking out all trade avenues on it, couldn't find it, and then he goes to the PUP. But if somebody had come to the, the table willing to offer what they wanted in trade compensation. And this, this is a tough look for the Colts because on one hand you say, we believe in the analytic age of running backs. We don't want to pay you, you know, because of that. Uh, we, don't, we, we don't think it's good money to go out there and spend. And then, um, and then at the same point, you're like, but we're insisting upon a first round return. Which is it, you know? Is it, is it valuable or is it not? Where's the consistency? Uh, Casey says Browns rebrand to the rainbows in an attempt to connect with a younger modern crowd fails league takes their lucky charms. <laughs> hey, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, Casey. You gotta do it. If you're going to go off the Browns, you got to go hard in a different direction, I guess. And that's the flashy alternate direction as you can go. 
B, uh, BBK has lost to Sepsis Herbicide. He didn't stand out to me a lot in this game. He, he was okay. But I guess too, maybe they just didn't, I, I liked what I was, even watching last night, the 22. And I, I was liking what I was still seeing from Bush. Maybe I'm wrong for that. Gundota says BBK is being cut. Okay. Well, there we go. Makes sense. Three hour, Bobo is going to make the team for sure. Gerald Turing, Orange Cat Alert. She hears me starting to talk. And she's like, okay. I need to go make my presence felt now. Uh, Free Truth, I was working in an airport. I saw planes almost breaking the tie downs to take off during one. Yeah, they, we've got a crazy wind going right now over here. I don't think Bush will be out long if he's on the team. He's just a concussion. That's always hard to deal. Greg says, watching Hyatt Torch sauce was glorious. And you know that the Woolen, that Woolen wouldn't let that play happen either. He's a lead against those plays. He can run step for step. The reason that sauce grabs is because he does not trust his speed or his ability to flip his hips at times. That's why he does it. And it, it, you see it on a display against a guy like Jalen Hyatt that's fast enough and big enough to still move through his physicality. Because if he does it to a smaller guy, he can bring the guy to darn near a standstill. Um, and if the refs aren't going to call it, I don't know why they, he's just been allowed to get, get away with it, but he is. New Blacks is sauce holding Gardner. That's right. I call him the Hansy Ramsey. Greg, what's more impressive is that we've seen Woolen hold maybe like twice. He's so good and talented that he doesn't need to. That's right. He's fast enough and athletic enough and explosive enough that he doesn't have to rec to lean back on that. You know, Lou says Sherman was physical, not grabby. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It to me, there's a blatant difference between the two of what I see from Sauce and Sherman. And I, I mean, Jets fans posted every highlight of a Jets fans last year. Just go type it in. You know, Sauce highlight. Type it into Twitter. Bam. Hit hit media post. See what comes up. And what you're going to notice is in in one after one after another after another after another. He's, he's not playing it clean. He's not, there's not one he's playing clean. Every one of them, you could technically find a point of holding within the base of the basis of the highlight. Sometimes it's a little bit more on the line versus other times it's a way more blatant, but it's always there. And it, I've never seen a corner come into the league that just gets away with that into this fashion, to this extreme. And as I say, it's good to see another, it's good to see another fan base in the Jets fans that I saw posting these highlights going, what the hell? Yeah. It's the uh, Zoolander meme where, you know, you know, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, right? Am I the only one seeing it? One look, one look, one look. Grug says the only time, only time Seattle got love from the media was the LOB. And even then they hated the LOB. They were considered villains. They were, they were. Certainly, I'll tell you this. Officials weren't, officials weren't scared to call Sherman or Browner for holding when they were getting too grabby. And I can, put, I can back this up with evidence by the fact that we were the most penalized team, I believe, in the league in 2013, the year we went to the Super Bowl. And I'm reckoning to guess that the majority of those penalties were, wait for it, defensive holding. But yet, somehow, he seems to slide off the hook every time. Connor says, I saw a fan say that the refs won't call it because it wasn't enough contact, but then they called it against the Giants corner a few plays later. Oh, it was beautiful, Connor. You're, 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 uh, you're touching on the, the awesome way it unfolded on Twitter today because it's first this one highlight that's getting played by all these Jets fans or Giants fans. First, it's from Jets fans trying to be like, sauce, 
And then it's the Giants fans on the other side saying, what the hell is holding even anymore in the NFL? And then it continued to go even further where a couple, the very next drive by the Giants down the field, they have a corner who plays very similar in coverage to the way Sauce had played on coverage the previous drive on the Giants cornerback, and he gets called for holding. So you, then you're going, and then you add the, the then you add the Wollenites or the 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 the, the Sauce Gardnerites who are you know the, his apologists who are then looking at that second bit of tape and they're like, well, I mean, you know, you know, the refs can't get every call right. <laughs> Come on. Let's stop playing this game. He's a, he's a handsy Ramsey. And if they're going to let him get away with it, let him get away with it. I'm fine with that. But let's all at least acknowledge that we're seeing the same thing then. You know, we're all seeing it clear. Stimpy, do I think the refs cracked down on Sauce this season? No, I think that he's been, I think for whatever reason, he's been, you shall go on to be a superstar, my son. You know, he's been baptized in the way of future superstardom somehow by the league almost, it feels like with this one. Where they it, 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 would you not have this many referee crews that have gone through this guy's games, having let him get away with this? If it wasn't to the point where somebody from a league mandating levels like that one guy, he's going to get a little bit of the extra. He's going to get a little bit of the extra special sauce, and I think that's what's I think what's happening here. I can't have any other explanation for it because I'm telling you, I I've not seen another corner come through that's done it like this. I'm not not to this degree. It's pretty extreme. Grug, they uh, only give us respect when they have no choice. Like when we had Large and who was at the best receiver at time, Sean Alexander breaking records. Yeah, that's the way it usually goes through media. It's just the way it is with it. What are you going to do? Fishboy, what Eagles lineman was the one who couldn't get a deal done? We should look into him. Uh, Lyman? They got Fletcher there. Jordan's still there. I'm not sure which one you might be meaning. They've got an edge who's right now looking to get traded, but we wouldn't be needing him because he's we're already way too stacked at edge. I don't even know if he, I mean, it'd be maybe Tyreek Smith out, but he's Derek Barnett. I think he's asked for a trade, but that's in, he can't play inside. Uh, Hunter Biden's cracked pipe. After watching Mike Jackson get dominated in the preseason game, should we have Spoon start on the outside and put Jackson in the slot? No, you don't want Jackson in the slot. He's six three. He would he would get mangled in the slot. Um, he's just too he's too big. Um, my route with this would be actually to go to Trey Brown because I would like to kind of acclimate in, you know, slowly dip Witherspoon into the waters, you know, rather than dropping him into the deep end uh, after coming off this injury like he is. And I think you could get away with doing that a little bit more by kind of peppering him in the into the slot at times and letting him do some of that. Um, so no, if Mike's not good enough, you know, if the coach determines that to me, Trey's done enough to come forward and be the guy that you go to first there, maybe eventually going to Witherspoon, just, just not at this, you know, moment, you know what I mean? Uh, George Samuel, my man out in Egypt. How you doing, George? Is a, has been a member of the Hawks Nest for 11 long months. Thank you for that long time support. Hashtag, he says, go Hawks. Hey, go Hawks today. Always compete, folks. This is a day always about competition. This is a day about a chaotic storm. And you know who's calm in a chaotic storm? You know who's got that wheel firmly in his hands and control in moments like this? That's one Mr. John Schneider. I trust him in moments like this in a big time way. And I feel like he's probably burning up the phones as we speak right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if something comes down the track here today while we are live. Just a maybe. 
just a maybe. Harry Morris, thank you for subscribing to the channel. Harry, I appreciate you jumping aboard here at the Hawks Nest. We're on the road here to 15,000 subscribers, and we are motoring strong in that direction. So I appreciate all the new folks who have jumped aboard here on the channel in that way. I really appreciate you for doing that. Uh, Garth Knight, thank you for the $5 donation. It says, Orange Cat, I know you're aware of the truth with I know you're aware of the truth with Russell Wilson. If he wanted MVP votes above winning games, he deserves no mercy. Now let me ask her. Does Russell Wilson deserve any mercy? You didn't even let me ask. Does Russell Wilson deserve any mercy? That was like three no's. Yeah. She's being pretty consistent in her response right now, uh, Garth. So, I hate to say it. This isn't me saying it. That's her. You could, it's the cat for, I know... Folks get mad at the Russell stuff. That's that's her doing. That was not me. She said that. Put put your ire towards her. Be angry at the cat. <laughs> Russell Marcuse's sauce is a real good condiment. <laughs> a real good condiment. Harry Murray, Brandon, so good to see your channel growing, man. Thank you, Harry. Appreciate that. It says you deserve it. Can't wait to watch the season with you, Harry from England. Hey, man tap back towards you as well. I appreciate you, brother. And uh, thank you, man, so much. We've had a great year already so far. And we're just getting warmed up. I love it. I'm hyped by it. I can't wait for this season. I'm loving doing the play-by-play. -play. I think we're going to have a really fun team this year. It's going to be a young team. And uh, it's, it's going to be one that probably has us on the edge of our seat often. But that's part of why we love this sport, man. The ups and the downs, the trials and tribulations. Never know in which way it's going to turn. But appreciate the support from Harry over there, and I hope you guys are doing well out there in England, man. My, uh, I was, I was so hyped, so hyped to see the uh, that our jersey sales over there had. Uh, we were the one-two over there in England with with Tyler and DK. I put a big, big Joker from Batman smile on my face. Rockman drums. If Trey Brown gets cut, I'm gonna be pissed, especially if they keep Jackson laughing out loud. I might, I might be a little bit in the realm of a little, a little revolutionarily thinking at that point a bit like what, what's going on really no way you can cut trey here no no way you can do that mm -mm. he looked good this preseason you look back to what he looked like you look back to what he looked like in that first year And I'm looking to see if we got any up updated news here. That's why you hear me silent for a sec. Just checking to see if we got anything. I'm sure the chat will keep me updated on stuff too, which is good. Thank you for that, guys. Soups is Zach Charbonnet name, uh, name week one starter also wearing 24. Charbonnet is the week one starter. What? I don't know about... I gotta look that up. That don't seem right. Grug, Assassin, Zoolander's voice. One look. One look. I don't think so. <laughs> Trips receiver. <laughs> it's so true. 
It's so true. Raul Mendoza, BBK getting cut. BBK getting cut. Yeah. It's going to be a long shot for him to get back into this, I think, a bit. He gave a good go of it, but... I don't know. It'd be interesting to see with both the defensive line and linebackers positions, not because just it's one of those positions you worry kind of most about of any of the positional groups on this team, but also because what, what's the team going to do here creatively? Like, what, how, where do they kind of finalize that? Greg, the only respect they uh, give us... Oh, sorry, I read, I read that one in my bed. Uh, Herbicide, I think uh, the Seahawks should just cut everybody all at once, Band-Aid style. This letting go a few players here and there is boring. Yeah, it's supposed to be by 1 o'clock we're supposed to have everybody done. So 4 o'clock's the deadline, Eastern time, which means now. We're supposed to have everybody out. And I think it's stupid too. Roger says, watch us sign Colt, that he doesn't have to kill us again. Yeah, the Cardinals. That's how you know firmly the final, if you had any last final reservations about whether or not the Cardinals were tanking, if you were still like not on board with me on this one, you're like, look, they're rebuilding. There's a difference between rebuilding and tanking, Brandon. You know, you're just going extreme with this. Well, they, they cut the Seahawks killer, a man who's 3-0 and all time against the Seattle Seahawks. And that's Colt McCoy. So, you know, that's them right there cutting two wins off their, off their schedule alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy Brand, uh, Matthew McManus says the question is how many penalties does he get for grabbing I love clean play but if you don't get called why stop if you ain't cheating you ain't trying not my words I don't I don't put blame on Sauce Gardner for doing something that he's going to get away with and and he's been able to pull pull off I don't that's not the fault with him um I'm I'm going to be like okay it's been determined it's this way where I have the issue is where we start playing that game of you look up at the sky and it's blue and you have Jets fans telling you it's pink. That's where I have the issue. If we, we start to play that self, well, I'm a Jets fan, so therefore I'll just have complete rose-colored glasses on this one and be watching him do this blatant ass thing that nobody else in the league gets to do. And then I'll just act like, you know, it's no thing. Um, yeah, it's a thing. It, maybe it gets away with it. That's fine. It gets away with it. But it's, it's ridiculous. And so I don't, I don't fault Sauce for doing it if he can do it. More power to him, right? But doesn't make it right, number one. And number two, doesn't make him better than Tariq Woolen. Herbicide says the secondary speeds, baby. He ain't cutting none of those guys. Herbicide speaks the truth. Fishboy, what do we think of Eagles Derek Barnett? I've heard he's checking on the market. Yeah, Fishboy, um, number one, not cheap. He's going to have a little bit of money that you're going to have to pay him to bring him in here. You're going to have to kind of blow all of your reserve currency there that you could have for a defensive lineman later on or middle linebacker help or something else. He's an edge as well. And right now you just had to cut one of the best players of this preseason, Levi Bell, because your edge group is so stacked. We don't need more reinforcements on the edge. We need the reinforcements, interior defensive line and linebacker. We've got enough at the edge. The pressure rates that we pulled off in this preseason, the high pressure rates, if you look at it, where we were very efficient as pass rushers all the way down the line throughout this preseason. And that's because your edge guys were getting home one through four. Boye Mafe, Derek Hall, Tyreek Smith, Levi Bell. We don't need edge help. I know that those guys are out there and, and, and Derek Barnett's not even really all that good. He's all right, you know? He's, but he's, he's more of a just another guy up against kind of what we have stacked up here especially again and it comes really at that point remember here you got this bit of like a chunk of like maybe four or five million 
You can go and then put to a player to get a, this one last kind of move in here to kind of reinforce the ranks. You know, do you want to do it for a position where you're already five deep, six deep, you know, or do it for the position that's, you're like one deep. You know, that's where I come back around to what's going to better, you know, help the team. But. Greg says, Greg says, do you think if Sauce didn't play for New York, he wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't have won it? I think you mean Greg, like he wouldn't be getting those calls. I think if he was playing in Arizona, he'd be getting called for holding a lot more. Make of that what you will. Jared, uh, KJ recently remarked that the Hawks individually call in each cut player and show them film on what they do to improve their game to make the roster in the future, which leaves the door open. I think it's a very productive way of doing it, Jared. I do. It's much better than sitting a guy down going, well, you weren't good enough. Bye. <laughs> so at least you, you do open the door on productivity there. And uh, this team has a very unique outlook when it comes to players. And uh, a thing that I've kind of had more of a realization of in the last year, especially hearing KJ Wright on some of the, you know, having guys like Cliff Averill come in there and talk about what he was dealing with, like with his neck and the way the organization supported him on that. And just hearing about it in other ways, like from KJ and whatnot, getting a little bit more of a view behind the curtain uh, and the understanding of how pro player this organization is versus other organizations in the NFL, which are very, very cutthroat that do not give an F, you know? Uh, Luke uh, P, Devin Bush out. Well, I mean, he, they had him on the trade block. I'm guessing uh, if if they add him to that point, then there's probably a good chance that that that's maybe what's going to happen. I'm looking for. Thought we were going to get kind of the notifications coming down at one as 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 to what was what and the final. You know, here's where everything stands, but everything's kind of quiet right now, surprisingly so. So. We'll keep an eye on this, but nothing. I'm not hearing anything yet. KJAB says, where's Brandon? Wendy? Oh, I'm up in Spokane. It's just, it's, it's late summer weather, you know, thunderstorms and all that stuff. I'm, I'm not in danger. I know I should probably say that. I'm not in danger <laughs> in this day and age, I know. Justin Ski says, what cut defensive tackle are we picking up? I'm still looking at all the cuts coming through and they're just coming through from one o'clock. So I'm sure the NFL is going to kind of slow roll announce these on down the pike. Um, but I would say Lawrence right now from Arizona is a nose tackle to take a look at uh, of, of the guys that I've seen released. I have not seen anybody yet that's come out on, on the release side of this that. Let's see if I can find another site. This Twitter's sucking it up right now. Let me get a, can I get a freaking cut, please? Can I get a cut tracker? I need a freaking cut tracker with laser beams. Okay, so we got uh, Cardinals. Uh, da, 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 nothing there. Nothing there good. Yeah, this site isn't updating anything either. It's all shite. You think there'd be a site that has this stuff rolling? Here we go. PFF's got it rolling here. So we got Rashad Lawrence of the Cardinals as a defensive line option out there who's been cut. Falcons, Justin Ellis, Delonte Scott. Nah. Nah. Uh, Ravens, uh, defensive lineman, uh, Trey Botts, Kahim, Caesar. Mm, no. 
Eli Anku from the Bills and Cortez Braunton. Nothing there. Panthers, no. I'm telling you, man, defensive linemen anymore. They're so valued. Teams just don't let them go. Browns have released Tristan Hill. I don't know what you guys think about him. That was the guy that did the old uh, Gator tackle on Chris Carson a couple of years ago. Probably not with that, huh? Probably no there, huh, fam? Uh, Maurice Hurst, defensive line, interior lineman in there. It's also going to be out there going. P.J. Mustafer. Broncos released him. Forrest Merrill, another guy they released. I know those guys. They, they could be interesting, maybe worth a look. It's probably a fairly deep defensive line for the November Broncos. Those could be a couple guys interesting of taking a look at. I feel like we're going to get a better name than this, though. None of these are, none of these are uh, blowing my dress up. Deshaun Dixon, Michael Gody, Henry Mendeau. Danny Sheldon. Chiefs release Danny Sheldon. I know my U-Dubites are going to be out here going, hey, let's get some more dogs in the house here. Sheldon's bounced around the league quite a bit. He doesn't give you a lot. He only got a little, but the little that he's got, he gives you a lot of it. We got here Marquez, Teron, Vincent. Yeah. It's a bit dodgy right now. Not a lot. Carl Davis, Justice Tavai, Prince Emil. Nothing yet, folks. Nothing yet. The defensive interior class here is a little, little weak. Sheldon's probably the best name of the bunch here that I'm seeing on there. Breland Speaks, Niners released him. And that's about it there. Just going through the last ones, making sure I was, we haven't had some guys slide through. Commanders, Isaiah Mack and Anthony Montalvo. Nothing much, man. I'm sorry. I was looking there and see if there was maybe something jumping out, but it's it's pretty... It's pretty... Yeah. We'll have to keep tracking. Something will get out here. We'll get something. There's got to be something better than this. Harry Morris's sauce uh, game is like the Seahawks before NFL changed rules on contact. He's a PI machine. He is indeed, man. And yeah, let's not forget the NFL eventually just even further locked down their rules to further hamper us, even as they were throwing all those flags on us. Um, I don't know if they'll do the same for, for uh, sauce. I imagine not. Brockman Pumpkin's giving us the I don't care. He lean. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she has a little bit of an attitude today. She's in, a, she's in her feelings. A BB, Brandon, ever since you got on the M's for bad baseball play, they turned it around. Great to see you speaking things into existence. I'm glad. Whatever it took, BP. You know what I mean? Whatever it took. And uh, it's, it is awesome to watch them out there doing what they're doing. If you're not, by the way, get subscribed. I got my uh, Crow's Nest channel, which is a Mariners, Seattle Mariners channel, baseball channel over there. Um, you can find the link uh, up in my deal up there over there. Just search it, Crow's Nest. I should come up pretty fast. But uh, it's wonderful to see the team bouncing back like they have. And it's kind of one of the more wilder things that I've seen from a Mariner team when you, you go through their history and those, those rare moments that have come along that have been super surprising. 
the 1995 resilience to get back into it when you were down so many games and out of the playoff race, and, and then to, to beat them, the Yankees in that series is um, unbelievable. 2001, setting a Major League Baseball record for wins. And then uh, now you have this team, you know, who looked average throughout like 65% of the season. They had been purely average in just about every single month of baseball. And then suddenly now becomes the hottest team in baseball. It's, it's unbelievable. I think there is a lesson in with it, though, too, to the football side of this. And that is about the patience with this team. You know, young teams are inconsistent. Young teams take time to find their footing underneath them. And one day they will look like the, the next best thing that's going to come along. And the, the day after that, they could look like they're going to fall on their face a bit. And when you have such a young team, no matter how talented it is, you got to build in a little bit of patience to let them grow into what they're going to become. Harry Morris says Sherman used contact, not PI. Well said, man. I maintain and it wasn't to this degree. It wasn't this extreme. Um... Sorry, I'm behind on the donos here. Let me get my cot up here. Uh, Gerald Turner, thank you for the $10 donation. I do appreciate you, Gerald, for that. Thank you so much, man. He says, here's my funding for the year. All I ask is that you never miss an opportunity to bash the 49ers brain trust. <laughs> it's all about engagement, baby. It's all about engagement. And you know, like the 49ers get this wrong. They're like, well, I got to drive like some of their content creators, you know, they'll go, okay, well, I got to drive engagement. So I'm just going to be super negative about this team that uh, is out there going to conference championships and stuff. They got it wrong. Like, yeah, you go be negative. I'm going to be negative on you guys, not my team, you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to manifest stuff out of thin air that ain't the truth. But uh, I knew, I knew that I was going to set some Niner fans on. I, I was going to do a little gaslighting with that video I dropped on, on Lance and good. Like I said, it's on this year. Get the strap on in Niner fans. The thumbnails are not going to get any nicer. And if you guys aren't aware, I did a, I did a little Lance video and I put the, I put uh, Lynch and uh, Shanahan on the front and I had them looking all dour and sad. And then Lance behind like the back of his Jersey. And then, uh, I had dunce caps on their heads and I had Shanahan drinking whiskey, had a bottle of whiskey in front of him with a big full glass. They didn't like that. Niner fans were, Niner fans were a little pissy with me in the, in the comments. I don't know why. Why? Why? What? Y'all know you're thinking it. Three first round picks. Three first round picks. <laughs> you know you're thinking it. You can be mad at me all you want, but you know it's the you know it's the truth. <laughs> but yeah, I got to do more of those, Gerald, and uh, it's gonna come if this thing unravels. It's 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 I'm going to celebrate it because I had to hear from the Niners all year last year. The one year you get up on us, and you got up on us. Good for you. You did it. Props to you. I ain't gonna take anything away from it. I ain't gonna make no excuses for it. I ain't gonna say things like, "Well, we're in a rebuild season." I ain't gonna say stuff like, "Well, we had fifty-seven million dollars of dead money." behind our eight ball and trying to compete with you in that rebuild year. I ain't going to say we started six rookies and that's why you got over on us last year. I'm not going to say that. No excuses. But this year is going to maybe be fun because uh, not the greatest of vibes coming out of the Santa Clara area. You know, it's so hot. It's supposed to be so beautiful like paradise, I'm told, but it doesn't feel like paradise at this moment. But Gerald, thank you for that uh, donation, man. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the video. At least I know my Seahawks faithful did enjoy the video. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you got to gaslight a Niner fan every once in a while, then so be it. 
This is the nature of this content creation beast as far as I see it. <laughs> uh, Snail, thank you for the $2 donation. Says Aesop cut. Everyone should be fired. No, oh, I know. How dare they, they let go another w, WSU player. Can we not have one on this team? Well, wait, we got one. You can only have one WSU player on any given team in the NFL at any one time. It's basically been mandated by Roger Goodell. So, uh, you know, you can blame him, throw your eye or his direction, but uh, that's the truth of it, really. But uh, in, in all honesty, Aesop played really well. I think they will try to pull him back onto the practice squad. I don't think Cade Johnson did a whole hell of a lot to get himself back on that practice squad for another year. You saw more from Aesop Winston in this preseason than you've seen of any of Cade Johnson throughout his couple of years of having a preseason run now. So I, I think he would be the first guy, even maybe ahead of Matt Landers, that you do bring back onto that practice squad snail. And I think he's going to probably get there. So uh, it does suck, but uh, I know <laughs> the uh, Washington state legend Aesop Winston was definitely, uh, was definitely let go. Corey Olson, thank you for the $2 donation. Says, do you know why Colts put Jonathan Taylor on the PUP list? I can make a guess at this, Corey, but it's obviously an educated guess where I'm, I'm trying to put two and two together here a little bit. Let's backtrack it just a tiny bit here. Colts are going to try to accommodate Jonathan Taylor's trade request. A week and a half ago, they start fielding calls. They want a first round pick. Nobody's probably offering more than a third round pick. They don't like that. They feel like they're giving that guy up, a guy that they did take in the first round. So they, they look at that and they go, okay, we're not going to get the value for him right now. And he's not happy. And he's got whatever with this ankle. We can come back and revisit this around the trade deadline and let's keep him, let's keep him, you know, wrapped in, in the confetti, you know, let's keep him, let's keep him all those little confetti things you put in the boxes when you go to a UPS store, you know, let's put him in that for four weeks on ice. And then when he comes back, we'll just kind of keep him in a backup role so that he doesn't get injured. So we can still get some value at the trade deadline. And there's going to be likely to be a team then around that time. That's a contending team that's lost their starting running back, or maybe a team like the Kansas City Chiefs where they realize, well, we don't have enough firepower with the receiving core that we put together out here. Kadarius Toney is not it. Let's go get the running back. Let's go give up the ass. Let's give up the first round pick. Let's make the go for it move at that point. So maybe the Golds are doing a little bit more of the gambling, uh, rolling the dice on this one to wait a little bit further down the line while still accommodating, keeping him protected so that he doesn't feel like he's extending risk that he doesn't want to extend at this point if he's not going to get paid. This is my complete guess on the matter, but um, I think it's probably pretty close to accurate. Yeah, I think it's accurate, right? Right? Accurate. Yeah, you agree. We're on the same page today. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, Seahawks Brandon Nelson has been celebrating 23 months as a member of the Hawks Nest. I thank you for that, Seahawks Brandon Nelson. He says, I'll see you tonight, Brandon. That sounds good, man. I will be ready to roll. We'll be going to probably about, uh, you know, we'll go about 4.30 or so here today, 4.35 o'clock. So it'll be a little bit of a, a little bit truncated show today, but I will be back on, on with uh, Seahawks Brandon Nelson. 7 o'clock tonight as well. We've got a double, double dip of action for you guys tonight on the channel. Kimo S, thank you for subscribing to the channel. Kimo, welcome aboard the Hawks Nest and thank you for jumping aboard. I appreciate you. Uh, Melina E, thank you for subscribing as well. Melina, 
Welcome aboard too. Thank you for jumping on. You guys helping me get to that uh, place. We're trying to hit 15,000 subscribers here. I really appreciate you guys helping me get to that goal as, as subscribers. Um, no clickbait videos or any bit of that, but uh, just good content. And uh, thank you for doing that. I really do appreciate it. It helps this channel out considerably. Do please as well, folks, hit that like button if you could for me. If you haven't already, it does help out the channel as well. Guard Knight, thank you for another $5 donation. It says, Orange Cat, will you please place a curse on the New York Jets? This country needs your patriotism, exemplified via this curse. I'll try. You can see she's just gotten really sleepy all of a sudden. She went from fully awake 35 seconds ago to now she is completely in REM. I mean, she is deep in REM. This is the life of a cat. But let me ask her because you gave me fiver on it, so I've got to ask, right? We've got to ask. Can you place a curse on the Jets? On the Jets. Can you place a curse on the Jets? Are you sure? Salmon? And you'll do it if I give you some salmon. You sure? Promise? Okay. It's done? That's what you said? Okay, I owe her salmon. But the last thing she said was, it's done. That was the last little bit. You can't make it out there. I speak fluent, Tabby. Thank you. You're appreciated. You're going to help us win the Lombardi this year, aren't you? You are. Yeah. Thank you, though, Garth. Appreciate the dono, man. Uh, Sean Erickson, thank you for uh, subscribing as well to the Hawks Nest. Appreciate you jumping aboard on the Nest. Thank you to all you guys jumping on. Very, very kind of you for doing so. Snap out of it. Cats have good intuition. They do. They do. She does especially. She's got, I had her pick the schedule. If you haven't seen it, I did a video with uh, Pumpkin actually picking the Seahawks schedule. I put two plates of salmon in front of her and then two cards in front of her, one of each team that was, you know, Hawks and whoever they're playing. And uh, she bat us at 12 and five. So we will, we will see if the cat is indeed psychic, but I'm, I'm saying yes. <laughs> Catherine says Pumpkin said it. <laughs> hey, Greg, uh, what do you think we're going to say? What do you think we're going to say, 49er fans? You gave up two first-round picks for four players. You got a seventh-round pick for a guy to do the same. Yeah, I mean, I, they got to expect that we're going to give them some shade on this, you know. And I, to the 49er fans' credit, they're in different sections on this one. You have the Brock Purdyites. You have the folks that were like, look, what are we doing with this Lance? We gave up all these picks, and we're doing this whole, like, treating him like the redhead is the stepchild of our quarterback room. What are we doing here? Like you put the picks in, you usually invest in that guy. Instead, it's sort of like Shanahan being dragged, kicking and screaming to let this guy actually start and play games for them. Um, not to mention going to Sam Darnold as your second string guy. So you're going to get some shade on that one. Lord knows they gave us hell for the Jamal Adams trade. And this has got that one beat considerably. Considerably. Uh, Sula Dex, uh, Suds Deluxe says from Scotland and I got my Fuse DK. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's my peeps out there. From the bottom to the top. From Liverpool out there, up there to Scotland, out to Ireland. That's all Seahawks country as far as I'm concerned. It's the old country and it's Seahawks country. It's both of those two things as far as I'm concerned. I love to hear it. We're going to take this over worldwide. We got Megan already spreading down down there in Australia. We got a couple of other folks down there in Australia. We got our German folks getting there, doing their work. 
It's only a matter of time. The NFL is going to try to expand out of the rest of the world, and they're going to be too busy trying to expand not to notice that they're already, already Seahawks fans. We got Brazil too. Brazil's on rap. Brazil's completely on rap. I love it, man. We're not just a city. We're not just regionally Pacific Northwest with your Oregons and Idaho's and Montana's and Alaska's and Vancouver's and Hawaii's, but we are worldwide. Domain Henderson, sign Gotell, start him at nose tackle. Domain, sadly, they're they're cutting him. I guess I guess they've determined they've got. I feel like John's got some other play he's going to make here that he's not making this cut. Just saying, well, that's it. We're good. We're just going to roll with this defensive line. I know I've been saying that for a long period of time and they've yet to do anything about this, but I still keep coming back to this is not, this is not over with. This is not, this isn't just done right now as it stands. I suppose we'll see here. Patriots have cut Bailey Zapp, so the Mac Jones era is firmly in play. Grug, I think I'm set at this team going 11 and six, probably a wild card win as well. We'll be picking somewhere between 25 to 28. Hopefully a good player will be there for us. I like it. I like it, man. Well put together. I think that's what Brendan's got to is 11 and six. I'm trying to talk him up as well on it. Get him bored here. Uh, Brian Kennecott, thank you for becoming a member of the channel. I appreciate you doing that. Thanks for showing that support. We'll be doing a member-only uh, stream here this upcoming week at some point. So be on the lookout, Brian, on your community section board for that. We'll get that posted out there. Peeve79, you heard my call, man. I made the call out there, said, please, my people, if you're not subbed, get subbed up. Help us get out there to 15,000. You heard that call and you answered it. You stamped that subscription button in a big way, my man, and I appreciate you for doing that. It helps this channel out, helps me grow. And uh, we are on our road, man, to 15,000. We are motoring along. We got the uh, induction date of about February here. So we got six months to get to 15K. We're going to blow past that number. And thanks to folks like yourself, Peef. I appreciate you for that. Thanks to also the 12th Man Zag for life. I'm a fellow Spokaneite over here, 12th Man Zag. So thank you as well as a fellow East Sider for uh, subbing up and hearing that call as well. You guys are tremendous. Tremendous. Appreciate you for that. I promise. No clickbait. And we are going to hammer that 15,000. Maybe I need to set this for 20. <laughs> Get greedy. Appreciate you, 12th man, Zag for Life. And Peeve, thank you. Brian Kennecott, you guys are awesome. Awesome. JL says, when Russ retires, I'll show him love. Until then, he's our enemy. Got to do what you got to do with man. Ain't on the team anymore with that, you know? So Soup says, yeah, we are starting Charbonnet week one. Wow, that'd be crazy. My fantasy team just took a hit then. Tyler Ames. Hey, Brandon. I hope you're having a great day. I'm doing awesome, man. I'm in my mode. I'm in my mode. Uh, this is, uh, and the same with everyone else. Can't wait to beat you in Fantasy Football League, B. Oh, you, you, you buttered me up. You buttered me up to put the knife right in my back. It says, my team is Scoob. Okay. Okay, Scoob. Appreciate the uh, kind uh, words, you know. But, you know, you're, you're going to the master now. Okay, I've stayed out of the fantasy realm with my I have my fantasy league out there with my Hawks Nest fantasy league, and I've I've stayed outside of it. I've been there to be the guy to just reward the winner with a parka, you know, put the put the medal on the vest. But this year, I was like, you know, I've got to I got to let him know. I got to let him understand, you know, who really is who really is the one in this game. And I'm sorry for what I'm going to have to do to people that have been so faithful and supportive of me. You know, I shouldn't do it, but. When we get to competition, it's a whole new thing, okay? I always compete. I'm tapping that board in every day. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do to this fantasy league, and I just hope all of you can forgive me. 
Legion of Spoon says, keep Trey, but start Spoon. I'm not against starting Spoon. If he's good to go, I'm okay with it. I, I do like what I see from Trey, though, but I'm okay with that. Uh, a bearded Aries. Diners gave up three first round picks and a third round pick just to trade him to the Cowboys for a fourth round pick. That's what I had. Like, how can you guys not think I'm going to laugh at you, Niner fans? I cannot think the country's going to laugh at you a little bit about that. It's pretty wild. Like, really? Nicholas Flamel. Bobo cut? Nope. Bobo made it, Nicholas. He's here. He's here. That boy, BBK, was indeed released. Harry Morris, Woolen and Walker won the accolades last year. NFL gave them to, to the Jets. Huge market revitalization. It's a good way of putting it, Harry. Very true. Rockman Drums, we don't got a lot going on quite yet. I'm still looking for this list to pop out. And uh, I haven't gotten a finalized list yet of our cuts. So 1 o'clock was the deadline. We were supposed to have kind of the full list by that point. But um, nothing. They're, they're sort of, I guess staggering the rambling creaker bubble reminds me of a taller steve largent because he runs great routes and has amazing hands but he is all that fast well you know to, to your point on that rambler creaker you know uh steve was a seventh round pick um so he was a, a later round guy where he was selected i think for his time you know largent was actually kind of a sneaky fast guy I don't know if Bobo will ever be looked at as that. I think Bobo's got some short area explosiveness and burst to him. Um, for me, the, the more of the comp for me has been the Jervicious because that was also kind of Jervicious's game as well. And a, a great guy, we didn't even get a chance to see with Bobo much except for that one catch in the Packers game, which wasn't the deep one, where he actually does have a really large catch radius too. He can catch that ball out of way from his body and he does have large and kind of like hands. So I would, I would go with that comp a bit. He has also the innate feel large and does in running his routes. I'd like it in that side of the comp of it. Part of this for me, though, Rambler Creeker, is that Largent to me is just in his own kind of cut above point. You know, like if you make any comp with Largent, to me, you're, 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 you're comping one of the greatest all time to do it. That's always hard. That's always a hard road for me to go over. Um, I love Bobo. I do. But that, that one's tough from that standpoint. But there are certain things, what he does and how he wins, that is uh, comparable to how Largent won. I'd say that for sure. Jubor, but Bobo reminds me of a Thielen. Yeah, that's kind of, I see that as well. Brad Myers, Clayton Toon, Cardinal Savior. Hey, man, tremendous production out of Texas, back-to-back -back years. They just didn't want Colt coming in and beating Seattle in that weird way where he just owns us for some strange reason. And then they find themselves knocked out of the number one seed of getting Caleb Williams. It's Caleb Insurance, Brian. That's what Clayton Toon is. David M says the Cardinals are still the only team in the league that hasn't named their starting quarterback. Just more further evidence. Uh, does that not does that not speak of tanking? Yeah. Next thing we're going to hear from him, David, is we're going to uh, we're going to go ahead and rotate the quarterbacks every quarter. We'll go with one the first, and another one the second, another one the third, and then we're just going to kind of feel it in the fourth quarter out. You know, it's going to be a dumpster fire this year with the Cardinals. If I thought their fans cared, I would feel sorry for them. That was mean. You don't kick people when they're down. I'm sorry, Cardinal fans. I take that back. Grug, uh, what would happen if we gained, if we signed Cole McCoy? What would, would we go <laughs> we go to the Super Bowl or would we be winless? I can't decide. It's either one, Grug, and there is no in-between. It's like a coin flip and you don't know which one you're going to get. Dat Boy says Corbin Smith said Jarek Reed made the roster. Thanks for the update, update Dat Boy. And uh, that's great to hear. So we got Jarek Reed. 
and, and not a shocker there. Played outstanding in the preseason to me in, in basically game one and three. A little underwhelming in game two. But game one and three, he was great. And we might just have had found ourselves here potentially the free safety of the future for us in Jarek. I, I really like this kid's upside. Yeah, Domain, we'll have to see if uh, Gotell stays on. I think the team's maybe going to try to get back on the practice squad, but he's not going to be on the active roster by the looks of things. Harry says NFL ignoring sauce is on purpose. Yeah, I think so too. CR Bailey Zappi got cut by the Patriots. Should we try to get him as a third quarterback? Could be interesting to have if Locke don't sign again next year. I guess if you thought you'd get him on the practice squad, maybe. Depends on where their assessment is of Holton. Um, is there a big difference between Holton Allers and Bailey Zapp? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't think Bailey Zapp would be the future for you at the position at any point, CR. You know. Charlie Malberg, any pickups? No pickups announced yet, Charlie. Matthew, uh, but how are we going to feel as soon as Witherspoon starts doing it? Because that's how he played at Illinois. Hopefully he carries the same clout with the refs that Sauce does. Love the content. Keep it up. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Um, the question about, the, the, we come into this year with Witherspoon as a rookie. You've got a couple things to, to worry about. There is the, the grabbiness that you have to worry about. I, I will say that you see oftentimes a lot of these players that have grabbiness going on at the, at the college level. And then like you say, Matthew, they then have to kind of get it coached out of them as they get to the next level and find a way to get away from it. But it's a common impediment to run into on cornerback prospects. Uh, you see it a lot. Like the, the Steelers are going to be dealing with this with um, Joey Porter Jr., their first round pick or second round pick. I forget what it is. You know, he's going to have to clean that part up his game, but he'll clean it up. He'll get it fixed. You can correct it. It does need to get corrected though, Matthew, to your point. Um, he is going to play with a bit of physicality at the position naturally. That's a little bit of his way. But there is a place too where there's playing the cornerback position physical, which you can you can do, and you can do that within the scope of the rules. And then there's playing it in the uh, holding 24-7 version of what Sauce does a little bit. The other part was the, the zone stuff, Matthew, where if you're going to move them to the outside, let's remember for those folks that are advocating for this, on top of the grabbiness, the other part that he said he needed to you know, get better in his game is in the zone coverage area of things. And why I've liked the thought of moving to Witherspoon to the slot just in year one was the fact that you're going to have your slot running way more man principles there than you're going to be having on the outside. And so you have him now doing more of what is going to be his bread and butter down there. And uh, I think you could set him up for some some early success as he kind of gets accommodated at the NFL level to, to get those two other parts of his game kind of worked out, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, Domain, I'm not feeling great about the defensive line right now. <laughs> it was a concern coming in, and it's still a concern as we're going to go into the season. They, they've got some kind of unique special plan there. I don't know. Maybe we'll have eight defensive backs on the field. That'll be the plan. Tyler Ames says, do you think we'll see a rotation at safety between Love, Reed, and Brian until Adams gets back? I don't think that Jarek Reed sees very much playing time, Tyler. Um, it, will be, it will be Love... It will be just love back there until Adams gets back. I don't think either Kobe Bryant or Jarek Reed fit into that rotation at that point. Bryant will be your backup at safety, backup at the slot, and uh, Jarek Reed will be your backup at free safety. The only time, the only way I could see Jarek Reed getting on the field, if you indeed had um, not yet Adams on the field, it, Reed might get factored into like dime packages maybe or um, goal line 
you, you, you have those kind of set formations to bring him in in those moments. Hawks have done that kind of stuff in the past, specifically with the linebacker position more than, than safety, but they could maybe do that with him there. It's possible. Bear with me one sec, folks. We'll get a little more coffee. I'll be right back. Ready, ready, ready. Let's go. We're back. Uh, Alan A., thank you for the $5 donation. I appreciate you for that, Alan. He says, uh, Niners trying to keep up with Seattle when it comes to depth. I'm laughing my head off. Well, they can try on that. They've got the front end, I mean, but I don't think they've got the depth like they've had in prior years. Uh, and that's been, this is a bit of the issue that you have to deal with, I think, Alan, when you're, you know, five years into a run like the Niners are, is that you have players... Not the stars, but even just the guys that are rotational and, and, and just strong parts of what you're doing, like Umanea last year, who went in for agency to the Chiefs, and now he's going to be the Chiefs' main edge rusher. You get kind of pulled from bit by bit by bit by bit over time. And then if you don't land on those picks to fill those guys back in, you're not going to have the money because you're paying the guys on the star level, so you're a little inhibited as far as your cap is concerned. And that's where they are going to be challenged against us this year. You know, and this is where they are on that point where I say they are the front runner. They are the team that deserves to be held up and, and saying that they deserve to be considered, you know, some of the best of the class of the NFC and that maybe the front runner to win this division. But a major injury here, major injury there. Don't have the depth to call upon. Don't have as much strength in other places. And you could see the Niners fall back a bit too. That is very much just as much of the possibility to me in this, in this case this year. Um, as it is them going out and winning the division. And I don't think I would have said that last year in my outlook for them and where they were going and how they were set up. But uh, thank you, Alan, for the five. I appreciate you, man. And I hope you're having a good night. A good day. We're afternoon, not night. See, I'm all used to doing these during the night, so. <laughs> Roxanne Rule is in the house. Roxanne, thank you for the $20 donation. I appreciate you on, appreciate you on that, Roxanne. 
Very, very kind of you as always. Uh, very supportive of the channel. Says, I see the march out there for Raiders Nation, Steelers Nation. NFL jersey sales indicate it's Seahawks world. No t-shirt marketing needed. Love the content. Love the creative content, Brandon. Love the live streams. Keep bringing it. Go Hawks. Yeah, you guys, they can have their little local, oh, local United States. The Cowboys are selling more jerseys. Yeah, 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 yeah. You keep your, you keep your, your pithy little nation. I shall take the world. <laughs> I love it, Roxanne. And isn't it just a cool thought? You got people out in Ireland, out in Britain, out in Brazil, out in Germany. Out in Taiwan. Checking, checking it out, watching. You know? Plugged into the Seahawks team. Loving this sport in the way that we love it. You know? And I think anybody that watches foot for a, football for a given amount of time, at first it may just look like, what is going on? It's all this. But the longer you look at the more you watch, the more interesting it becomes. And I think it's only a matter of time before it does sort of capture, just like it has here in the U.S. in a major way, uh, the rest of the world's imagination. And uh, like I said, they're just, they're not going to be able to expand. They're all be Hawk fans. Like we don't, no, we don't really want a team. We're already, if you just have maybe the Seahawks play here from time to time, that's, we don't really want, no. We don't need an expansion. We're all, we're multiple generation Hawk fans here in Brazil. <laughs> Appreciate you, Roxanne, for the $20 dono, though. Uh, and all of your support is a longtime supporter of this channel. Thank you so much. Uh, Snail with a tenor. Appreciate you, too, Snail. Thank you, man. Sorry for the uh, Aesop Winston cut. Man, that's tough. I know, you're, I know you're licking some wounds over there. This is the best part of the cards tanking is that they'll screw it up and end up picking three to five suck. Three, they'll end up picking between three and five suck and still not get the, the quarterback they want because they're the cards and they do cards things. Laugh my ass off. Uh, you've never spoken a more truer, truer word, Snail, and that to the no guarantee or the cards are going to get up to that number one spot. It always seems to be this way when you have those teams that, that it's like the tank for Tua thing and everything. It never quite works out the right way when you're doing that, right? It never quite... NBA, all those teams that were tanking last year for the Zimbabwe Babawio guy that everybody wanted, right? And so you had all these teams tanking and so like, oh, only one team gets it. So, yeah, the Cardinals are leaning heavily in this direction. And uh, this could go either way, though, too. You know, on the other end of that scale, Snail is the fact that they do have two first-round picks, so they do own the Texans' first-round pick in addition to theirs. The Texans are garbage. If they're garbage, there's a very outside possibility here that they could end up not only landing Caleb Williams, but then Marvin Harrison Jr. at the same time. That would be scary. That would be indeed scary, even with the Cardinals. Like, they could still mess that up. But it'd be a lot harder to do so at that point from their standpoint of things. But you're right, man. They're the Cardinals, so they're going to end up being picking three, four. They'll win a couple of stupid games. They shouldn't, shouldn't win because something, something weird will happen. Uh, thank you for the donation, though, man. I appreciate you. And thank you very much. You guys are awesome in your support always. Gerald says, uh, zap, zapped. Yeah, he did. They thought he was the answer there for a while. Uh, Domaine, our, our, our line is undersized. I'm with you, Domaine. I'm completely concerned with this defensive line as it stands right now. David Rogers, your doctor, evil spot on. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't bring out the doctor evil very often. I got to maybe, I gotta maybe uh, blow the dust off that one. Charlie Malberg, Danny Shelton. 
I think that's uh, that's probably as good of names that we've seen released out going through the release list as I just did a second ago. There was not a lot there, Charlie. But I would say Danny's the most kind of known quantity factor you have out there. Most of the cuts that I was looking at for defensive linemen across the league so far have been of guys that are undrafted rookie free agents, fringe NFL players. We are looking for a little bit of a help of an upgrade here, not just simply a warm body. Um, Danny might give you a little bit more than that. Uh, Brian, Tommy, Togai. He's a name I'm fairly aware of. Can't remember what I've... Can't remember I've seen of him. But that might be a possibility. BZ says, what do you think of, what do you think of Javon, Javon Kinloff if uh, San Francisco cuts him? I would, I would take, the, take a look at him. I mean, I'm sure San Francisco's cut him with the amount, the amount of blowback that they've already got off of Lance and doing this in succession with Javon Kinlaw would be pretty, um, would be probably pretty epic as far as what, what you get from that. Uh, from, but if he is cut, that also does mean that he's probably not good and that he's, he's pretty bad. I'd still, I'd bring him in. When he came out in the draft, BZ, I was like, I, I, I did support San Francisco taking him at that pick. I don't think they were just dumb for doing him. He was the best three tech in that draft who actually had some like one tech kind of size to him. Um, some guys just don't pan out, even though they're, you know, they're, they're picks that aren't good. And like, they're saying this, I'm not going to shade him in this way. Like I'm going to shade him for the Lance thing. Cause the Lance thing was malfeasance. The Javon Kinlaw thing just seems to be a player that didn't, hasn't been able to put it together, but that would be pretty crazy if they did. <laughs> Johnny Utah says, plus those cut defense Broncos defensive linemen played in the system. Good point, Johnny. And those guys could be interesting. I'm, I'm vaguely aware of them as names out there. As, like they, they would be kind of fits for what we do. Harry says, I think the NFL will give the Jets a Super Bowl this year. Maybe. If you're going to let a cornerback get away with his own, is, have his own rule set and how he gets to play the position, that's kind of beneficial, especially when you have the defensive line they do. And you know. Brian says, rookie Jared, Jared Clark from Coastal Carolina. He got cut. I liked him a lot. His film was really fun to watch. But the Hawks didn't seem to jump on him and as an undrafted rookie for Asian, I think he went all the way through. Only prospecting, Patrick O'Connell, the Montana State prospect, the Seahawks have cut him. That's indeed the truth. That beeth the truth. Seahawks Gaming, I did see Jimmy Graham balling out the other day. It's good to hear. It's good to see. He might have a kind of a career resurgence this year, which uh, that, I, that'd be good for him. He was, good. He was a good, good guy for us. Good soldier. Charlie Malberg, if Mabry is out, does that mean the Fant trade rumors are dead? Not necessarily 100%. You can always bring him back, Charlie. I don't think any of the guys that we're cutting here are going to be taken up, as far as that goes by somebody else on the open market, you know, and they could probably find another tight end in a different place too, if they wanted to get creative. King Dome Joe, Aloha Hawks Nest. It's Joan of the Whale. I changed my name again. I like this one better. <laughs> Sounds good. King Dome Joe. <laughs> good name. Strong name, man. Strong name. Roger says, does baseball games work the same way as NFL games with just more throughout the year? 
kind of. It's a little longer. It's just, and there's more, the more games, it, it's a little bit different. Brian says, uh, Bravian Toy from the Bears released, another defensive lineman. Gerald Turner says, Tanner, super massive black hole, Muse available. <laughs> Tanner Muse. <laughs> yeah, the team wasn't big on, on Muse, it doesn't sound like. Uh, Jake, uh, somebody's asking on, J Jack says, so Bobo's wide receiver three until JSN returns? Technically, yes. I suppose that's right. Hans Van Nine uh, says, Hey, Brandon, good to hear you talking about the play calling in the preseason the other day. I honestly think it was so vanilla because of making it easy for the new guys to learn it and to be fair. I think that's a great point. One that I didn't even acknowledge in my breakdown of that, Hans, but I do think that that is certainly in play here where if you're going to try to run some intricacies within a preseason period, let's say we're going to run these blitz looks and split coverage looks one side of the field to the other, and we'll run a lot of cover three man match principle. Like you're going to do a lot of that. You're going to get these young rookie guys thinking a lot. And what you're trying to get them to do in that moment is just play fast and free in order to be able to make the proper evaluation. You know, you can teach them the, the neck up stuff later on. They can get better at that type of stuff, but you just need to see how does he flow to traffic? How does he tackle? Um, how does he block? How does he, how does he run his routes? Uh, you just don't want the guys, you know, going too hard and have to think too much through that stuff a bit. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with the vanilla game plan at all, Hans. And I do think it does make it then hard for fans to see a preseason game at times and, and draw some conclusions from it where, and we got to we got to take it with a bit of a grain of salt with it. It's why you'll hear me too, Hans, that oftentimes talk to people that where they have an evaluation of the three preseason games and they go, you know, okay, Aesop Winston had these catches in these couple of games, touchdown catch here and three big catches last week. He definitely makes the roster now. You go, well, there's more of this evaluation that's based upon off-season OTAs, mini camps, their interactions with the player, where his head's at, how committed he is, all of that getting thrown together along with this preseason action. I don't think the preseason games just hold way more weight than all of that other stuff does for the coaching staff. I would imagine not if I was a coach. I'd want to be having it all kind of leaned evenly. Houston M says, can't call what Sherman did PI when he, he either never had the ball thrown in his direction or both hands on the ball. Very true, Houston. Very true. And a lot of these throws with uh, Sauce, like the one with the Giants a couple nights ago, was on a play where the ball is being thrown at him, where the quarterbacks looked away and went, that guy's buck naked open right now. I'm going to go attack this guy. And Sherman on the other side, quarterbacks didn't, didn't go that route. Dick to dogs. She reacted when Brandon said, are you sure? So funny. She'll get in conversations with me sometimes. We'll have a whole full discussion back and forth. Harry says, uh, Ursa is like Jerry Jones. Too much involvement ruining the product. Agreed. This, this is bad ownership when you're coming in and preventing your general manager from doing the right thing. Right thing here is that you got to, you got to hit sunk cost at this point. You either make the determination that you value the running back or you don't. They get through the third year and they're due to be, be paid. You either pay them or you move them. And if you're going to move a guy that you've took in the first round for a third round pick, you have to look at it like, look, I got the three years of, of, of elite production from the running back for that first round pick that I took at the end of the first round to do so. That's what leads a lot of teams not to take a running back in the first round. So, and that's that thing I always say about people talk about the fifth round, the fifth year option on players. It's such a silly concept a little bit to me, this fifth year option being so important in getting guys in the first round because if the guy outperforms his deal in year three, he's going to want to be paid. And if you do happen to stretch him out past one more year after that, now you're really going to have to pay him. 
Now, now you're, or and if you go even one more year past that, then you're in trouble zone like the Niners are with Bosa, where you've waited so darn long to get it done that the cost is going to be exorbitant. And it doesn't make sense at that point to do it that way. It's the fifth year option only really works if you've had a guy who's kind of muddled through his first couple of years. It's not working if you have a guy who's played and outperformed that rookie contract. Then you get yourself in these kind of stuck situations where you're going, well, you're on a first round deal, Jonathan. What's the problem? I mean, technically your base salary's up in alignment with what the top running backs are making in the game. Why are you pissing and moaning? It's not fair, you know? It's not fair. But I agree. He's got some Jonesy in, in him. Brian says, being a 12 just hits better when you remember the hawk's nest. That's right. I think I got to put that on a shirt, man. Italian King, uh, Italian Knight says, pray Bosa wants 45 million a year. Well, I know he wants at least 35 million, which will do the trick if you know what I'm saying. If, they, if he forces them over the table at $35 million and you're paying him $35 million, and you're paying Trent Williams $25 million, and you're paying Kittle $17 million, and you're paying Debo Samuel $25 million. Adds up quick. It adds up quick. You eat up your cap very quick. And then you can talk all day about having the cheap seventh round quarterback, but you're basically playing court, paying quarterback money to Bosa then. So it all kind of comes out of the wash the same way. Adia Williams, the Seahawks have shined, signed Oshohei Otani as quarterback, wide receiver, and corner. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> uh, Gerald Turner, I'm confused. Is our curse on the Jets for the Vinny Testaverde helmet incident? Perhaps we ought to move on. No, no, because it, 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 got, it got Erickson fired, you know? And that wasn't simply that, that that big, fat, monster melon of Testaverde with his big fro that pushed his helmet out like an extra two inches off of his head and allowed him to then be registered for scoring the touchdown in that moment where the ball did not cross the line. I didn't even have HD back then, right? We had those fuzzy, fuzzy televisions where you could kind of make out barely what was what, and you could still tell at that time that the ball did not cross the plane. I asked the man that was standing two feet away from it, Chad Brown. I literally asked him in my interview with him, did that big, fat head of Vinny Testaverde simply was that the only thing that got across the line? And Chad said, yes, indeed. It was the helmet. It was the fro. All of it came together and allowed him to then get the score there. And so they've got to, you know, how long did the Babe Ruth curse last, man? That's a hundred year pop. So we'll let the Jets off the hook on this one in 82 years. In power code, Matt Cotel was the toughest release for me. I don't blame you for feeling that way. I'm, I'm probably in the same place with it. Because that's one where you did have an opening to be able to pull this guy onto the team and he could, he could maybe bring some value to it. Um, and now we're, we're left to wonder a little bit. I mean, the Levi Bell one stings a little bit, but you're so, you're so deep and, and set when it comes to the, to the edge class that that one made sense. You could understand why. This one's a little bit of, we come back around to, from my perspective on this, of saying there's got to be another move to be made here that they've got track that they're going to try to get done. And Bauer Coates is keeping Sutherland also seems likely from what we've heard. Very interesting. Boy, that would be interesting. I would not have seen that one coming. Gibson's is, I think, 11 and 6, making the divisional rounds a realistic expectation. 11 and 6 is probably the most common record I hear mentioned, Gibson, in the chat. That seems to be if I'm going to take the kind of community 
average down, that's probably about where everyone ends up standing with it on that. Linebacker, thank you for the $5 donation. I appreciate you. He says, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I got to say it like that. Nothing. Appreciate you, linebacker, for the donation, though, man. Thank you so much. Wanda Backen, thank you for becoming a member, Wanda, of the Hawks Nest. I really do appreciate it. We're going to continue and be expanding those membership benefits this year. Get you the PFF scores from the games. We'll be doing some member-only streams. That type of thing. So uh, do keep an eye out on your uh, community post out there, Wanda, for those to come down the track, um, as well as just access now. We've had some post streams that we have been doing that are there and available for you guys that are, are members if you want to go check those out, including uh, a breakdown of the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl play that we shall not speak of. Ryan McNeil has also become a member of the channel. Ryan, thank you for jumping on board as well to the Hawks Nest as a member, not just a subscriber, but a member of the channel. As I was just saying with Wanda, please do keep an eye out on your community post as I'll be doing those member-only shows and PFF scores and a couple of other things you'll begin along the trek this year as we're going to be expanding those membership benefits this year more and more and more and more. So uh, thank you, uh, James, uh, or thank you, uh, Ryan and Rhonda, for uh, becoming members of the channel. I really do appreciate that support. It does help this channel out considerably. We've got some big plans going. I'm going to get my green screen up this year, folks. So I've got a whole wall here in my, my apartment. I'm going to set up and get a, a full-length green screen put up, and we're going to have some fun with that sucker. So uh, get, get ready. We're going to be doing some fun little bits and whatnot during this year on top of it. Uh, but uh, thank you, Ryan, Wanda. Appreciate you on that. James Dillahoff has subscribed to the channel. James, appreciate you as well. We are on the road here for 15,000 subscribers this year, and we are cooking towards that mark ever closer. Thanks to you jumping aboard this particular boat. So welcome aboard the SS Hawks Nest. Thank you for that, man. I really do appreciate you doing so. Really, really do. Herbicide windows closing on the Niners. These are the sands of the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. The Niners falling slowly, slowly but surely beneath the waves. Uh, Jack says, B, you should have Grant Cohn on the show. I honestly should. He's fine because he's, he's going to just, he's going to bang on the Niners as much as me. It'll just be two guys. It'll be a, it'll just be two guys banging on Niners for, for <laughs> straight hour. <laughs> Uh, I'd have fun with it, man. I would. He's been he's been brutal with the nor the organization on the the quarterback thing with Lance. There's a couple of those guys out there. They've they're and they, they they should be good for them. You know, if it's the truth, it's the truth. If you mismanage a situation in an epic fashion, then you should be called on it. I've called my organization and my management, and my coaches out on in the past. That's what you really should be doing. And some people get caught up in well, it's being negative. That's what a lot of the Niners are just being negative. Like no. It's being honest with what is going on. It doesn't mean that it's all to be colored and painted with that particular brush, but on this instance and this situation with this particular player and the plan that was put in place, I'm going to be painting. It's, you're getting a big black mark all the way down to the line on that one. And good for him for calling it out. I appreciate at least the honesty of it, but <laughs> now your fans have the... He's got, a, he's got as big a following as anybody, I think, out there in Niner land as far as content creators, but he does have a lot of divisive opinion out there in the lands as well but i'd have grant on at some point for sure jack 12th man reppin says to have jsn tyler dk parkinson uh, will disley and noah yow it's gonna be tough to stop this offense it's gonna be able to attack you in whatever way they want to attack you how do you want to get it how you want to get it you know 
You want us to run three, four wide? We'll beat you with that. Our fourth, our third and fourth best wide receiver are going to beat your second, your third and fourth best cornerback. Oh, you struggle with base? Get ready for a lot of two and three tight end sets. Oh, you, you're you not going to stop in the run? We got a stable of four deep, two second rounders. What are you going to do? That boy has just realized Charbonnet has running back one in his name. Yeah, I'm not sure what Walker did to lose the job. I guess they're that impressed here by what they're seeing from Charbonnet. He fits the beast mode mold of what Carroll has tended to favor in the past, but Walker's just come off one of the best rookie seasons for a running back in Seahawks history. And Charbonnet's done enough in training camp to, to out, outpace him for, for RB1. I don't know on that. That one's got me a little bit confused. 12th man, uh, Zag for Life says, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you for subbing up, man. You are awesome. And says, can't wait for the season to start. I see the Hawks going 12 and 5 and will win the Super Bowl. Go Hawks! I hope you're right on that one. I am also at 12 and 5, 12th man. I too, I as well believe this team will be capable of 12 wins. Biggest trade bait we have is Mike Jackson to Indy for Buckner, maybe. I'd love to be able to do it, Max. I think you've got a couple of players you could package together for Indy where you say, here's a package of these guys who now you can help for your future. Is Buckner really going to be part of your future when you consider that you're probably not going to be ready to compete for three years, right as he's getting into being 30, 31 years old? Maybe get what you can get for him now. Now, they've restructured Buckner's deal, so it would be hard to kind of make this happen in certain respects of things, but I would love to pull that move off, Max. There's not a lot of very good defensive linemen out in the market that are available or will become available anytime soon. And if you can have a chance to go get one right now, I would love to do it. Herbicide says, no way the Cowboys are going to make Lance worse. No. I agree. I still have a lot of faith in Lance. I maybe I, I still lean into the fact that they just didn't manage him right in that situation in San Francisco. They didn't develop him properly. And, you know, there's some very strong evidence to this fact. That doesn't mean that it's as much his failure as it is that the Niners are just weren't smart about the situation in regards to him. They were very reactive, very almost kind of emotionally based with that one a bit. Jerry G says, do you think it's possible that we cut players? We like to seek trades for guys we like a little more, but we, uh, do you think it's possible? We cut players. We like to seek trades for guys. We like a little more, but we possibly sign some guys. We cut to the 53 after waivers. Ooh, Jerry that was a little bit confusingly put. Do you think it's possible that we cut players we like to seek trades for guys we like a little more, but we possibly sign guys we cut to the 53 after roster? Uh, oh, I think what you're saying, Jared G, is like we're giving ourselves flexibility to go and maybe get a guy right now instead of having a guy like Gotell in the active roster. You think we can bring Gotell back if we can't find a better defensive lineman, but we think we can find a better defensive lineman. So for now, let's cut him, and then we'll, we can always double back. Yeah. I think the, certainly there's a little bit of that possibly there. I also think this is a highly unpredictable day right now because it's one in which you have over a thousand players hitting the open market for the first time in NFL history, absent it being for the opening of free agency. And that's also probably made teams in a position of trying to, okay, how's this going to work? What's this going to be like? How are teams going to play it out? Is there going to be more trades? Are there going to be less trades? Is everybody just going to be paying attention to the cut market then because of that? So it does make it a little bit harder because this is the one-off one time it's, it sort of has occurred. Uh, 
Woo, we're rolling here. Gerald Turner has also become a member of the channel. Gerald, thank you, man. You dropped that $10 dono and becoming a member of the channel on top of it. I really appreciate that. It's very kind of you for doing that, man. And we're going to have some awesome stuff coming down the line here for members. I promise you on that. Uh, Y2K Core J, thank you for subscribing. Y2T, YT, YT, YouTube Core J. Let me just say it like that, man. I can say it properly at least for you if you're going to subscribe for me, right? Thank you for that, doing that, man. Appreciate you jumping aboard as well, though. Uh, Oscar Lozano, thank you for subscribing too, man. Welcome for the Hawk's Nest. We might get us at 15,000 a day, folks. <laughs> uh, Legion of Spoon, get Ronbo on the show. Who's Ronbo, Legion of Spoon? D-Mance is a good fantasy players wait to draft until after the preseason. Very true. Very true. Which team can we fleece with Mike Jackson? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be great. It'd be nice if he'd actually put out some decent tape this preseason. Doesn't help his cause when he comes out and looks like a shell of what he was last year. He wasn't great last year, but that he looks just so reduced as a player from what he was last year in the, in the past two preseason games. So I don't know, man. I don't know what value there might be out there for him. Herbicides of the Colts need a defensive back and an outside linebacker. So we package up. We'll give him Mike Jackson, Daryl Taylor, and like a, and like two thirds for DeForest Buckner. And we keep our first and our second this upcoming draft. How about that? Hmm? Eh? Eh? Come on. Uh, Jack, uh, Bubba's Dravish is 100%. That's who I see, man. He's, he's to me just, that's the iteration of what he is. is he's Joe Dravish. He looks just like him in so many. He plays like him. The way he cuts off of the stem of his route looks like him. The ball skills. Seahawks Gaming says Mike Jackson, Daryl Taylor, and the Broncos third for Buckner, who says no. It's Seahawks Gaming, we're of like mind, man. I said, I didn't even see your comment there below. I just was thinking off, and then you're right there on your comment with it. We got that connection going there with it. Harry says Bobo with size with Parkinson's huge red zone threats. Yeah, he's, he's going to be nice. It'll be interesting to see how they do use him in the red zone because UCLA got a lot of play with him in that way. He'd get in there inside in the slot. He's matched up against the guys 5'11", 5'10". He's out there running 6'4", 6'5", and he just throw it in on his body. You know, the cornerback can't get through his big body in there and it's a touchdown. Digga Ox, Bobo, above average receiver. Bozo, a fantastic clown. So true. Uh, to do herbicide should run a reader board on all the cut dudes. I was going to, but I'm just trying to find like a list that I can like, I'm, I was hoping there would be maybe one of these reporters would post the name or they're, they're just sort of like one at a time tweeting it. Like this guy got released. And then 30 minutes later, that guy got released. I'm kind of, I will, I will put something up as soon as we get like something coming down, but there's not really an updated deal. I guess I can do this here. I actually think PFF might have the most updated part of this. Yeah, that looks pretty good. It's a good suggestion. Let me see if they got all the guys on here. I got the, they got most of them, I guess. I'll use this. 
This'll work. I wish I wish they were doing better though about updating so I didn't have to just give you guys this little even this one doesn't have Levi Bell on here. It doesn't have Gotel, I don't think, on here. But it's got a lot of them. And eventually we'll get a better list than this. This'll work for now. Boom. So add leave. I've got the cut list over here on my right shoulder. Add uh, Levi Bell and uh, Joey Blunt and go tell the defensive lineman to this list. I could do the cut player tracker, but then I got to type it up. I don't know if that'll be fun for people to watch me just sitting here typing <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> Punk 91, Kerry Hyder cut by San Fran, San Fran. Do you think Jan Snyder makes the phone call? I don't Punk 91 because the team had the opportunity to bring him back last year. He was still under contract at that time when they made the change to the new defense. And they made that cut at that time. Like as soon as they went to the new defense, he was going to get cut. He had a couple million he was making, but the team seemed to not be really valuing a lot of what he brought to the table for them. And then also thinking maybe that he's not as much a fit in the 3-4 as he is as a 4-3 defender. He is kind of a bit of a tweener guy. So I thought he was going to be maybe more of a potential fit here in this 3-4. But the team didn't seem to feel that way once before. I, I would doubt that they probably have changed their feelings on that uh, in the year since he was here last. I like him though, Punk. He's a good player. But yeah, just as Herbicide said, he didn't do a whole lot for us. He was a lot more productive with Sam Fran and their scheme, that wide nine, than he was with us. Team Gino Gaming. Hey, Hawks Nest. Great stream. Thank you, Team Gino. Question. Seeing the Bucks may be in rebuild mode, would you rather trade for uh, trade for to go all in on Vita Vea or Ryan Jensen? I think Ryan Jensen just had an, a, a, another major injury where he's going to be out for the year again, I believe. Let me make sure I'm right on that. Let me not say stuff I don't know for sure. Yeah, Ryan Jensen won't play in 2023. So he's been put on the IR. That's a that's a no-go. The, uh, the Buccaneers last year, when they came into this offseason, Team Geno... They had the, they're sitting on $25, $30 million, something like that of, uh, of Tom Brady's contract this year eating into their books. So they were over the cap. They were in kind of perilous shape. And what they needed to do at that point is go to players and restructure contracts. Vita Vea was one of the guys they did that with. They took down his base almost to a bare minimum level. Everything's on bonus now. So what this means is that if you trade Vita Vea, they would have to incur an incredible cap hit in order to do that in dead money. And they don't currently would have the cap space as it stands right now to do it, nor do they have the flexibility to create the cap space because they already had to do that in the first place in order to restructure Vita Vea's contract. So I love Vita. I'd love to get him in here. He'd be the ideal kind of player we'd love to add right now. But the Bucks have married themselves to him and they're, they're not going anywhere anytime soon there. Johnny Utah, Jared Clark was cut by LA, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I remember a lot of 12s wishing we drafted him. I wouldn't mind taking a look at him. Um, he was a small school guy, a guy that was a tight end that originally came to Coastal Carolina, added like 75 pounds of weight or something like that. Ended up getting himself up to 330, being a nose tackle. Um, you know, but he is a raw guy. He was a guy with a lot of physical kind of flashes to him, but he was a guy with no technical prowess either. That may be something that, Push the Hawks off of him a little bit. 
We don't want to teach this guy completely from the ground up. David uh, Alsmo-Solino says, how can you tell if the Hawks' horrible run D is personnel or scheme? It's <laughs> a great question, David. Um, it's a fantastic question, man. I think, uh, I think that there's a bit of an arbitrary nature to the response of that at times because when you're playing the kind of scheme we are playing here, Let's, let's go to the, let's get in the weeds of this a little bit. Normally you have schemes that are one gap or two gapping most of the time. Now you have a scheme that's a gap and a half. So now when I'm watching tape of a defensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks, I can't always as clearly discern whether or not they did their job wrong or not, you know? And then if they don't do their job wrong, so if I ask a guy to gap and a half, you got two shoulders on a guy, two gaps, right? So I tell you to attack that shoulder on that gap. And, I, and a gap and a half says that you have to have a plan to get around to your back gap. But that's easier said than done for defensive linemen. And it's sometimes to me hard to penalize a defensive lineman. I'm not asking the, because that's asking a lineman to play two gapping really. You know, it's, it's asking a guy, I want you to first one gap, get yourself now at a disadvantage situation as far as your leverage is concerned, but somehow find a backdoor way to get yourself back to that other gap that you didn't start attacking at. And that's where when you get down to discerning on the, on the tape as to whether or not a guy's done the job right or wrong in this system, how do you make the determination there that, you know, he overshot his one gap to not get back to the half gap? I guess I can do that a little bit, but then how much do I penalize him of that? Because it is such a hard job to then ask of the defensive lineman to pull off. It makes it hard for me. It makes it hard for me to make that, that discernment. Um, you do have a bit of a way at times on this to see especially when you get on the outside zone runs, for instance, where everybody in this defense has got a gap fill responsibility, including your safeties and cornerbacks. It's not merely you want like some defenses, your corners to rally up and help in the run game. It's that they are slotted within the course of the defense to be responsible for a certain gap. So you can see at times if I've got an unblocked corner coming down off the edge to take, take on outside zone or a pitch play, and, you know, he completely whiffs on the tackle or, you know, he gets himself locked, blown out with the leverage. You know, maybe he loses outside leverage there where his job is to spill it back inside. That's when you can see it being more of a, the, the team's not picking up the schematic, you know, filling the gap stuff. But the defensive line thing, man, you're right. I mean, it's, it is harder to, to tell. Um, I can see it when I can see a guy getting double teamed that's supposed to be a nose tackle and hold the point of attack and he's getting sent six, seven yards down the football field. You can see it when a guy completely loses his, his gap integrity and not at the cost of simply single gapping up the field. He just gets kind of lost in the shuffle of where the play is going. But there are a lot of plays in there that are very tough to discern and very hard to know how much you do penalize that player then for not getting back to that half gap. How hard do you want to hit him and how hard do you want to ding him? You know, as you think about it, if I'm single gapping and here's me and here's the lineman and here's the half gap I'm trying to get back to in the gap and a half side of this, how the hell is it? And I get now through this guy back over to here as the running back's going over here, right? Like he's gotten past me and I got to get back over. How do I now creatively get back over to that gap? It's part of my learning process with this too, David, and understanding this scheme better and the nuances for when you can penalize the defensive lineman when they've actually done something wrong or, or when, you know, it's not really their fault there. They were, put, they were put in a pickle of a situation sort of set up to kind of, you know, not to fail, but to be led into the position they were led into. I hopefully will have a better, more, refined answer for you on that as these years go along in this scheme and I understand it better fleece you their defense will carry Sam Darnold in some games so it doesn't really matter to the Niners maybe maybe
but we will see. Is that Niner defense as good as it's been the last few years? Is it slightly less good? How do you feel about the fleece that secondary? You think that secondary is going to hold up as well? I think there's some question marks on that team from the defensive side of the ball. Not that they're going to be bad. And again, I'm saying they can win the division here, but the whole thing with this is not as much of predicting the Niners fall as much as saying, you know, if this is a, if we're playing the game Django and the last few years, the Niners Django has been solid. Nobody's pulled any pieces from the bottom outside of maybe a quarterback piece being slid out. Now you have a lot of these extra pieces that have been pulled out of the bottom of this Niner Django. And it's being held together by a couple of these pieces through the part that technically it's still holding strong and tall. But one little more piece gets pulled out of a side and you could see this thing kind of collapse. Not even being bad. It could just be collapsing away from being elite. Rockman says, give me coffee too. And I like Jared Clark. I'm down for bringing him in with you guys. I'm hearing a few people put that in the chat. I'm, I'm with it, Flag. Here. I'm all right with it. John says, I'd sooner have a Wilper JMS than uh, Charbonnet. I certainly would have loved to have gotten one, either of those two guys. I wasn't big on Wilper. Wilper went like fifth round, John. I think we kind of, as fans, might have pushed him up a bit, but JMS would have been great. Save the geese. What's with this Nick Bosa potentially being traded rumors? Same source that said CMC would be a Niner weeks before it happened is saying Bosa is on the trading block because of his contract demands. Well... Uh, this has been something, Save the Geese. If you've been following this channel, I've been long speculating that this was the way that this potentially could, not going with him trading, but that Bosa was going to insist upon the maximum dollar amount. Go back to the Bosa and, and the father of Bosa, of Joey and Nick Bosa, who was an NFL player, who had his career short cut short due to injuries. Now let's go to Jamal Adams, whose father also running back, 80s, very talented, first-round pick, I believe. Suffers a major injury, derails his career, never gets paid. Never undersell a second-generation NFL football player whose father had his career cut short, who wasn't paid, who was, who was kind of screwed by the system. That guy's going to have a very different view than your average player of coming into the NFL of these kind of negotiations and what he needs to do within them. And Joey Bosa did this once before. He took the market from 23 million on average. That was the height. That was Frank Clark. That was uh, Lawrence out there with the Cowboys. 23 million per year was the high water mark. Joey Bosa came in from the Chargers when it was due for him to be negotiated and he got it up to 27 million from 23 to 27 and a half million on average per year. A four and a half million dollar jump. Now, we stand right now where the, the best is, uh, you know, Upwards of 27 and still a 27 and a half, a little bit above that. I mean, Joey Bosa's deal still looks good one years later. And this Nick Bosa deal is going to look good still two years later down the line because he's going to get every last bit of money he can. The Niners have also screwed this particular pooch. They Dak Prescotted the situation. They said, how long can we get as much cheap money from this guy? This cheap contract, relatively cheap. He was a first top three over two over Bill pick. So, you know, it's relatively cheap, but they stretched these years out as far as they could, right? From, the, from year one, you knew he was the real deal. He was going to outperform this contract in the first three years. Did the Niners then pay him a new deal at that time? So let's get ahead of this. Let's let's get this done now so that we don't have to pay two years down the line and the, it becomes insanely expensive. No, they did not. Did they then after year four, go, okay, now we're going to do it. We'll get this done. Now you're going to year five trying to get this done. The cost is going to go through the roof. He's wanting $35 million a year. 
they're looking at their books right now, and I just went through it. $25 million a year to Debo Samuel. $25 million a year to Trent Williams, as it stands right now. Christian McCaffrey's making $11 million a year. Um, Fred Warner, what, $17.5, $18 million a year from the middle linebacker position. You got Eric Armstead on a deal that's making pretty good money. You got George Kittle making $16, $17 million. And now you're going to take those contracts and add a $35 million deal on top of that. I don't know if Nick Bosa is really going to be moved. Some of this could be the Niners floating those rumors out there in order to try to drive these negotiations a little closer to getting done. But I also know that you're not going to see Nick Bosa likely to move in a place of compromise, which is what the Niner fans were telling me throughout the offseason, which was what the Niner content creator Jesse was saying when I was asking him about it. He was very nonplussed by it a couple of months ago. Oh, it'll get done. We'll figure it out. It's fine. He'll sign. We got the money. Like, you sure you do? You sure you do? Because the guy's not taking a discount. He's not like, I'm buying into the championship dream aspirations thing. He's going to look at it like you guys could have paid me already before this and you waited. Now that you waited, you're going to pay the price. Like the Cowboys had to do for Dak Prescott and like the Niners are facing having to do with Bosa. And when they signed him to that $35 million deal, or if you get him down to 33 and a half, tell me those contracts aren't going to inhibit that roster at some point down the line. There's no way. No way. Fleece you says, I heard Panthers might trade for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, everyone's telling me on this one, Fleece, that he's just put on the PUP, so that means he's no longer able to be traded. I wasn't aware that that was the case. I thought you could still be moved even if you're on the PUP, but I guess that does mean that he at least has to be out for the first four weeks, I suppose. Uh, Team Geno Gaming, Hawks Nest, love the early streams. Who do you rather get, Vita Bay or Vine? Oh, yeah. So I just answered that one above. Sorry, I'm a little slow on answering. We got a lot of folks in the chat today, so I'm probably a little bit behind the chat. Bear with me. I like to try to respond as many as I can in the chat. So that's why you see me sometimes. If you're new in here, I'm a little slow. Um, Team Geno, uh, did you watch the uh, volume and KJ Wright, uh, Pete Carroll podcast interview? I've watched a good amount of it. I didn't get a chance to get all the way through Team Geno, uh, but I catch all of KJ's stuff. He does great work out there and um, his channel definitely has a lot of unique insights with uh, some of the guests that he can bring in there. I think Ox, Brandon, what do you think is on Pumpkin's mind when your voice goes up a few decibels? There's no one else in the room. Too funny. She probably thinks I'm crazy. She's like, who's going to go do that crazy thing where he talks to himself for five straight hours? <laughs> Rockman drums, the Hawks better be better, better be ready to get dink and dunked on the, on by the Rams in game one one and run on the edges all day. Uh, yeah, you're going to be, it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of dinking and dunking all the way around on that one this year. I'm not scared of the Rams at this point, though. I'm just not. Legion of Spoon, a lot of Seahawks fans in Mexico. The Mexico game last year should have been Niners versus Seahawks. I'd love that. That'd be awesome. Um, and hey, I, didn't, I hadn't thought about it, but that makes sense, too. It makes sense, too. Shout out to uh, uh, Viva La Mexico. Go Hawks. Fleece says Mexico is mostly Broncos and Niner fans. <laughs> Save the geese. The Niners front office apparently has been working on a blockbuster trade for weeks, but ownership is unhappy with how the general manager, general manager has wasted first round picks and will overstep the trade and extend Bosa. Mm. Boy, the dysfunction's growing. If that's the case, save the geese. If the owner comes in and does that, that's, that's part of this could be as well. Now try, I've heard the owner's got some maybe potential legal issues with insider trading and maybe they're not as financially flush 
as they would like to be. You know, you sign a guy for 35 million on average per year and it's a four-year deal or whatever. And you got to come up with probably darn near a hundred million dollars of straight cash, cash money you got to put into escrow. I'm not saying that's going to factor into it, but it could. Casey Brown, word on the street, Jarek Reed, May the 53. That is, that is what we're hearing. John, why didn't we see more from uh, Kenny McIntosh this preseason? Uh, John, it is because uh, he had a knee injury in the final scrimmage game. Twisted that knee badly. That put him out. And um, he, uh, he's just going to recover. Not a major knee injury. I think he'll be back by week one, but indeed a knee, knee injury nonetheless. Half Daddy Blazers tanked for Wembley, but they didn't get him. Yeah. This whole plan of the tank thing is it's doesn't doesn't exactly work out most of the time like these like these organizations think when they do it. Um uh, Spring updates, I always get lost on this. Uh John says, how many people in here would have traded third for Lance? So John, I don't think that the Niners would have traded us a third for Lance. I did see your messages, by the way. You caught me in the middle of a stream the other night and just trying to pump out a video. That's why I wasn't able to answer you on the, on the text. Um, but I did see you mention that this would be a good opportunity for the Hawks to maybe reach out and try to get Lance. I think I would be open to making a move to go get a guy like that, that where it would make sense in that standpoint. But we always have to come back to remembering that these interdivisional trades aren't going to occur. You're not going to have a team like the Niners who's going to trade within the division to a team like the Seahawks to help them improve their quarterback position. And then let's remember on this on top of it, how badly it, it looks then to the Niners if you do make that trade for a third round pick that's an okay pick, but the blowback is way worse on that because if Lance goes there and shows out with the Seahawks and he performs well and, and he lights it up and you traded to your rivals now, their quarterback of the future, that's, that's enough to get a general manager killed permanently, you know, to get taken out permanently as far as you know, having any job opportunities in the future. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would definitely have been down to do it, John, and I don't know about third necessarily for him, but I, I just don't think the Niners under any circumstances would have moved them to us. Robert, my brother is in the house. How you doing, Robert? It's good to see you. He says, uh, what's up, bro? Anybody that you see that you want to tar the Hawks to target? Gone through the initial list here that I've seen on PFF here, and I've struggled to find a, an ultimate list here that really has everybody laid out across the board here, Rob, and uh, love you, bro. Um, but uh, nothing, nothing's standing out with anybody that's come down the line yet to me. Most of these names are kind of just, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That guy's bounced around the league a little bit. That guy was a fringe roster player. That guy was an undrafted rookie free agent. But I haven't seen a lot of guys that move the needle because the point on this is not to just sign a guy, but to actually get a guy that we know is going to be improvement over what we've got. And that right now remains one to me that still I'm not, I'm not seeing yet, unfortunately, Rob. Hope you're doing well, though. It's good to see you. Shout out to you as you know, it's a good time here to let you guys know as well. Thank you to the sponsor of this channel, Underdog Fantasy, for sponsoring this show here as they're going to do throughout the course of this upcoming season. You can now get your first deposit matched up to 100% on the Hawks Nest, on me. You put $100 down, they're going to give you another $100 on top of it. All you got to do is use my code N-E-S-T, N-E-S-T, Nest, and you can get that discount. There are restrictions within the state of Washington on this. So if you try to go to the site on that, they might give you some issues with that a little bit. But if you're outside the state and a lot of different other places in the greater U.S., you can use, utilize your underdog fantasy today. Do some pick'em tournaments in there. They've got some fun little, I've got some bets, I'm, not bets, but some some uh, wager things I'm putting down here where we're going to, I'm going to, you know, 
you can go on players. This guy to throw for more than 3,000 yards. This guy to catch more than 900 yards. They got a couple of Seahawks ones on there. Like DK, you can get paid on one if DK gets over like 875 receiving yards. Easy bet to go take there. So they got a couple of those on there that are not bet. I say the wrong thing. It's not bet. It's wager is the right term. So sorry about the terminology. But thank you to Underdog Fantasy for, for sponsoring up the show this upcoming season. And again, use my code over there, N-E-S-T. And they will uh, hook you up. Hook you up. So Hawksness has got a hundo on this one. Uh, Fleece, you remember when the Raiders used to play on a baseball field that was so cringe? I do. There's a couple of franchises that used to do that, Fleece. And boy, that just, you think about how brutal that was for some of those players on and how many injuries that probably got sustained playing on those kind of surfaces. Uh, 360 bets, any defensive line guys we can add to the roster? So I know there's a couple, probably about two dozen, I, I know I'm really behind on my chat, so there's probably about two dozen questions in regards to the defensive line. I've looked thoroughly through the initial rounds of cuts that I'm seeing. So we thought at one o'clock, that's the deadline. My thought process was that that's then when we're going to get the full list of all the teams of who's being cut and who's being released. For whatever reason, everything's just kind of getting trickled out still a little bit. It's coming down more and more, but I've looked through the defensive line guys we have out here right now. Thomas Booker, Byron Cowart, Jason Luan, Christian Covington, um, PJ Mustafer, Forrest Merrill. Those are two guys who could be maybe interesting from the Broncos. Um, Danny Shelton being cut is a guy that's been around the league a while. He could be an interesting guy to maybe take a look at. So he could be on there. But then uh, Teron Vincent, Marquise Copeland, Jamal Woods, Jalen Tyman, Josiah Bronson. Not much. Carl Davis, Prince Amelie. It's, it's, it's It's pretty light right now as it stands with that from my looks of things. Ryan McNeil. Thank you for the $5 donation. He says, rumor is DJ Dallas got cut per his Twitter. How would you feel if that is true? Uh, I, would be, I would be pretty surprised. I would be pretty surprised. Let me see if I can pull up his tweet here. DJ Dallas says, can't wait. Oh, so he took, he, he's got, uh, he's got like a professional athlete. He's taken down the Seahawks. So. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, Ryan, don't really understand that as much as maybe the team likes so much more Sir Roderick, Sir Roderick Thompson at that point, or they're choosing to go to three running backs Neither of these two things make much sense to me because DJ has so much more ability in what he brings to the table all around than what you're getting from Sir Roderick, I would think. Then you also, if you're going to go three running backs with the injury situations that you've dealt with at times um, over the last couple of years, to think that you can go with just three running backs on this roster and, and roll with that, I, I don't really understand how the team would feel comfortable in that manner of uh, of going in that direction with it either. So it does look like I mean that his his thing has got like I'll take a picture and show you guys with it. I mean it's pretty it's pretty like he's taken down all of his stuff. He's changed his profile. You know when players do that in this day and age, you guys know what that means. He's got some weird ambiguous line of you cannot kill that which is already dead. What does that mean? I'll let you guys make some sense of this one. 
There you go. There's DJ Dallas's Twitter right now. <laughs> kind of dark. I can't blame him, but Jesus. <laughs> Chill. Chill. So, not looking good for DJ. I don't know about you guys, but I do not, that does not look like I'm ready for the season and go Hawks right there. Does not look like that way to me. David Rogers, I was amazed at the fan base in Germany last year. I had no idea there was more out there than just Germany. Go Hawks. It's out there, man. David and I do this show for years now and doing it. And I can attest that a lot of my audience is international. A lot of folks from a lot of different countries. And uh, maybe there are other franchises in the NFL that have this kind of support in their pockets of the countries that do exist. But it does stand out to me that there are those certain places like Germany, England, um, Ireland, Brazil, Australia, Hell, New Zealand, we've got a couple out there. Uh, Taiwan. Uh, there's been a few. South, South Korea. we got a, a couple that have come into the house here making their presence felt, saying, hey, what's up, you know, from Japan. And hey, I love it. I love it. And I think we've got a pretty strong contingent internationally out there. And um, that does uh, warm my heart. Fleece, they passed on C.D. Lamb, and that was Kyler Murray teammate. The Cardinals miss out on a ton of picks over the years. Indeed, they do. Indeed, they do, man. I think Kyler was was banging the drum for him at that time, too. And they ended up taking a second-round receiver that year, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the Rondale Moore draft. Where was that? Maybe it was the year after. They were taking a lot of receivers there for a while. Harry Morris says the difference between sauce and spoon is Pete Carroll's ability to develop defensive backs. That's right, man. You give, you give Carroll second-hand parts and he can make an NFL corner. You give him star parts like you did last, week, last, last year with Tariq Woolen, and he can, he can truly make them fly. Lee says you're reminding, reminding me of the SpongeBob theme when, they're, when they were roasting Russell Wilson. <laughs> Daniel, if you uh, have the spoon, you can eat many things besides sauce. But if you have sauce and no spoon, you're out of luck. I feel like that's an old Chinese proverb. And still very true to this day as it was back in 580. Rogers says, watch the Niners cut Bosa. <laughs> oh, goodness. Save the geese. Miami could reach a deal with defensive tackle Christian Wilkins. John needs to trade for him ASAP. He would definitely, I think, cost you a little bit more than DeForest Buckner would. But uh, indeed, you're right, Christian Wilkins. It does not look like the negotiations are going well with Miami. Him being kind of one of those last... Him and Derek Brown is kind of the last two real good defensive linemen out right now in the NFL that haven't been paid, deserve to probably be paid. Um, and then once you get past them, there's not a lot else out there that, that potentially could become available. So we'll see if Miami does indeed look to put them on the market. They're trying to go for it this year, save the geese. They want to try to, you know, push in that AFC and uh, offloading your most valuable defensive lineman in a year you're looking to do. That's probably not the smartest uh, road to go down. But some of this could also be just driven by the fact that they're not as infatuated with him as a player. Um, I certainly would be on the board with making that kind of move. It does probably cost you like a first, if you know, first and maybe a player included first and a third. You know, the, it's going to be a stiff cost on top of having to pay him at that point. Rockman Drum says, breaking news, Nick Bloor makes the team. Indeed he does. We knew it was coming. Dogzilla Monster, they released the big nose tackle we had. Goat, why? Go tell. Or whatever. 
Why? Don't have a good reason for this. I thought he played well enough to make the roster, especially considering where the depth of the position is standing, especially considering Cameron Young hasn't even been out there on the field once yet. We don't know where his health is. We don't know how ready he is to go. You've got Jaron Reed and I guess Brian Monet is ready too. The defensive line thing, I have a lot of questions in the chat on the defensive line and, and a little bit of like, I don't get what they're doing here. This doesn't make sense to me. And a lot of times I have explanations for what the Hawks are doing and why they're doing this and this. This is one though that I share your guys' consternation with this. I don't know what they're doing exactly on the defensive line. They seem to have a plan. They seem to, they seem to know what they're firmly going to do, but it's not tremendously clear at this point. And none of the moves that have been made throughout this preseason period have, have done anything to draw any more clarity to what's going on exactly. Um, I guess give me another week and I'll be able to give you a more firmer answer at that point. But right now, it's, it's a bit of a conundrum to me too. Erickson pumpkin picks this year. I did Erickson. I did the video. So we did Erickson. There's, you can find under my deal, I've got a video of pumpkin making her picks. I think the Hawks, 49ers fans will be for singing free falling by Tom Petty if they don't resign Bosa. You better believe it. They imagine, imagine what would happen to the Niner fandom if they moved Bosa for like a first round pick. Or like, no, they get multiples. They get like multiple first round picks. Like we gotta get those Lance assets back. They'd lose it. The Dig Docs, oh my God, green screen with pumpkin, too funny. Oh, I got to do it, man. I'm going to put her up over the Seattle city of Seattle and have her <laughs> marching over the top of it. Uh, Stuart says, why don't you just paint the wall green? Well, I'm in a rental. And I do want my deposit back. Half Daddy says Grand Cohn says he's not a Niner fan laughing out loud. Yeah, I know. He, he goes hard with that. I, I, I don't know what to make of that when he says that. I, huh? It's just a job, man. I'm just doing a job. Okay. Ryan Meyer says, I won't be placing any wagers until I see Pumpkin's picks. You got it, man. Half Daddy uh, Grand Cohn was on the Hawks Blogger YouTube channel two weeks ago. It was great. Uh, I'd love to have him on, man. I'll try to reach out of here at some point with him. Jose Rodriguez. Hey, Brandon in chat. What's up, Jose? By the way, good folks. Uh, I, I went on Jose Seahawks, Jose Rodriguez. I see Jose. It's going to take me a while to change to your Jag Sports Talks with Jose Rodriguez. Uh, but uh, Jag Sports Talk with Jose Rodriguez, one of our longtime moderators on this channel. Um, and he does a lot of Seahawks content. Trying to get up over the 1,000 subscriber mark over on his side of things. I went over on his channel yesterday. So we chopped it up for about an hour. Do you have... Uh, Please go over there, guys, and check out uh, Jose's channel. As, uh, I'd love to get him over 1,000 here if we could this season. That'd be good. Let's get him monetized. Dig Docs, we have great skill position players on offense for sure, but still kind of nervous about Brown, Olu, and Bradford on the right side. Bradford was fun, but he was wild. It's like a bull in the ring in the preseason. Daniel says they ask for which trade was worse, Adams or Lance trade. It should be obvious, but the season will answer that. Adams will ball out in a defense built around him in the Seahawks versus Dolphins Super Bowl. Let's go. And the Adams, the Adams tale has not been told fully yet. The Lance tale has been told. The San Francisco Trey Lance tale has been told. You have three first round picks for a guy you bailed off of for a fourth round pick. We may bail on Adams yet, but that day has not yet come. 
And there still is the possibility to reclimate some of this trade and some of this value, as well as we got way more out of Jamal than the Niners ever got out of Lance. I mean, we got a Pro Bowl season out of him. We got him setting the sack record for a defensive back in that first year. It's not, a, not saying it's a great trade as it stands right now, but. Chad Alpha says Walker is explosive, but gets stuffed. Charbonnet always moves upfield. Yeah. I mean, some of the reason, Chad, I think he got stuffed is that the offensive line was failing as the year went along. And I don't know if those, those holes are going to be created any much more for Charbonnet. You know, he had the one or two big runs in the preseason, two nice runs, but he was also stepped up a lot as well on, on runs that got him nowhere. He also had some negative runs in the preseason. Um, the run blocking for the Seahawks remains a thing that we're going to have to monitor throughout this year. But, I mean, if it's not there for Walker and it's not there for Charbonnet, neither guy's going to get through. At least with Walker, you have a guy where if it's not blocked up, he can maybe bust off a big run there in those cases. I don't know. It'd be very odd to me. Roger says, does K-9 still have a hamstring issue? Is that why he's not number one? I don't know. They had him practicing fully 100%. I'm not aware of him having any other injuries. It was my understanding it was a, a groin and that he was ready to go 100%. All good. Not, not really sure what to make of it. Could be just that they put this up on the depth chart online and it doesn't, it's not representatory of what we're going to see when it comes to games. I'd be very surprised to see that it's not Walker starting or getting at least the majority of the carries. Casey McCracken says, thanks, Brandon. You are the news now. Hey, man, I love, love being so. Love being so. We'll get this, we'll get this dark image off here. Poor DJ. Poor DJ. And over on my right shoulder, you can see the current list of cutdown players I've got here for our Hawks. You can add Levi Bell into this group and maybe DJ Dallas. Ryan McNeil, what are we looking for after cuts? Which position? I think nose tackle is really it, Ryan. I think just, just nose tackle. Maybe middle linebacker, but those would be just the two positions you need. John says, is Aaron Rodgers immunized from the Jets' woeful history, though? Not even... Not even immunization. Not even him sitting in a dark room for two weeks in pure darkness can, can save him from their woeful history, John. There is no escaping it. You must only face it. Stuart says, Charbonnet didn't overwhelm me with his performance. I thought Thompson looked better. There wasn't a lot of holes in my estimation here this preseason period. I thought all the backs kind of did what they could with what they were given, but... Um, there wasn't a whole lot there to me. We'll have to see on Walker. I'm not aware, aware of ham. So Walker's gone from groin to hamstring, huh? Jeez. Pretentious Cameron, looking good, man. I feel like I haven't ever seen you wear a shirt that isn't Seahawks themed. Ha ha ha. I know, it's uh, it's laundry day. <laughs> I've been a little uh, lazy bacheloring it with the, I got that, I got the bachelor clothes pile that you would take, take you know, normally typically see oh, in the corner of the room right now. I got to get on it. John says, uh, also in the conspiratorial world, how can the Jets be the team of destiny for the elites if they hate Rodgers being anti-vaxxer? <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we call a paradox, John. And paradoxes, there is no answers. Uh, ABD Dimes Prime, I hope we go for a defensive tackle. I'm with all the people and it's, it's, it's spammed in the chat. So folks in the chat with the, D, the line thing, I'm with you. It concerns me. I'm worried about it. I, I wish I had a better answer for you as far as who's a guy we can go get. Right now, there's just not been any defensive linemen that have been released. 
Um, so it's it's just right now standing as that there's no one out there that's that's kind of available that's going to be an upgrade for us here as it stands. You know, if you're going to cut GoTel, is there a guy I see on the open market even better than GoTel right now? Not yet. Not yet. Maybe the Lawrence guy out there at the Cardinals released, the nose tackle. That's the one guy who's maybe would be interesting to the Seahawks. Maybe. BZ has Bobo has Bobo nose become a thing, and if and if not, why hasn't it already? If not, now, there's a lot of things you can go. There's the Boba Fett. I'll be using that at some point as a thumbnail if he makes some catches. By the way, there will be a Bobo Fett, uh, Bobo Fett thumbnail. Alan Brian Kobach. Oh man, did we did we cut the Cobes? We did cut the Cobes. Yep, the Cobes has been cut. Harry says, Dallas may be put on the practice squad so it opens up a spot for a rook. The Hawks want to keep, then sign him back on the team. Very possible. Very possible. There might be a team out there that values DJ Dallas as potentially a third bound back, though, too. But, um, yeah, maybe. Might be able to slide him through. Uh, AB says, why do you think I, we haven't traded for a defensive line tackle? Our weakness is the run stopper. I agree with the AB. And I wish I had, I usually have a better response for folks. It's frustrating from my own standpoint because I can't give you a better answer than just, I don't know what they're doing there. I've been banging the table for about three months on, we've got to figure something else out the defensive line. Um, we're now through training camp. We're going through the first day of cuts. I'm still in the same place that I've been at and they haven't done anything. Um, the team may just know better on this. If they don't make a move, they just seem to have some sort of confidence that they feel like we're good enough there that we're not run by our defensive line here it, it doesn't matter as much by the way we've built our defense that's the stance that they're going to take um and this is backed up by the fact that they run so many of these two-man fronts i mean that's that's what they ran all the way through preseason more than the three four that's what they ran all last season more than the three four was the two-man fronts and i i mean there's just a kind of a signaling there in that of you know just we're not they're they're not fussed as much as you and I are about the defensive tackle situation. Harry Morris, is Shelby Harris still available? No, he is not. He has been signed. Raising five kiddos. Landers, look like he has an NFL body type and has the speed. Can catching the ball be taught on the practice squad? Or is that you have it or you don't? I think for the most part, you kind of have it or you don't. You can develop it a little bit better as you go on, but I don't know if you could ever make, if you have porous hands, that to become a strength. Um, Landers has got some skills you can't teach. You speak about the body type and the speed, which is those two things. Um, maybe a guy that they try to bring back onto the practice squad. There, there's a couple guys here. You're going to, you're going to have probably two wide receivers minimum on the practice squad. It's going to be of Tyjon Lindsay, Matt Landers, Cody Thompson, uh, Aesop Winston. Those are probably the guys that'll fight out for probably two spots on the practice squad, maybe three, but probably two. So who gets it and who doesn't, I don't have a firm hold on who that'll be, but I like Landers and he's got, a, he still has a lot. Like I said, you can't teach him, can't teach four, three speed on a six, four build with an eight fifty motor, 12,000 horsepower. Rock band drums. Justin Ellis would be a good pickup to back up Reed at the nose tackle spot. Don't know a lot about Justin Ellis, admittedly. Uh, Atlanta defensive lineman, uh, 6'2", 334. Boy, he had a bad season by PFF standards across the board last year. 31 overall grade, 30 run defense, 46 pass rush. 
Pretty tough. Let's see 2021. A little bit better. 49 overall, 49 run defense, 50 pass rush 2021. And 2020 for the former fourth rounder, 50 overall, 54 and 50. I don't know. I don't know if that's better than what we would have just gotten from Gotell. That's where I want to, if we're going to bring a guy in, like it's got to be more to me than just a warm body. That's, that doesn't do anything to really help the trade, help the team out by just, we'll just get a warm body in here. Why not just have Gotell then? He would have been a warm body. Seems like the team is indicating they're going to do something else a little bit more than that. I think the Hawks, wow, Pumpkin's going to town washing up. She's, she's a clean girl. Cotter Wilson says, you are like a Steve Rabel, Derek Zoolander hybrid. I call it blue steel. <laughs> Thank you, man. I'll take that. I got to rock the mustache. I just got to get that. I can't rock the strong Rabel mustache. That's the part where I fall short. And Brian, you're right. Shelby went to the Browns. I think Docs is Joey Hunt still somehow on a roster. Still, somehow he remains. He who remains. Brian says Joey Hunt announced his retirement, I believe. Oh, holy hell. Holy hell. Algar, Al McGrath. Boy, I'm having some heavy duty deja vu right now. Uh, Richard uh, Noggins says, pretty sure they're going to wave Holton and grab him for the practice squad. I'm interested to see if certain teams are interested in him. I agree. I think Holton definitely is going to try to be stashed there at the third. Hard to see a team for me, Richard, that'll have him on their active roster. And that'd be what it takes, I think, to get Holton at this point. Alan, I, I was hoping to see Cameron Young this preseason too, man. Very disappointing he wasn't able to go at all. Very disappointing. Raising kiddos, I was hoping they were going to figure out a way to get Buckner in here from the Colts. I remember when he was at San Francisco and he just ate our lunch. Yeah, he was tough. He was tough. Uh, they would want a first, but maybe we can give them a second or third. I think you, you could get creative with this raising five kiddos. You have, some, you have some guys that you also have from an asset standpoint that might be intriguing to the Colts. Their tight end situation is really weak. You could offer a Noah fan. They could probably use some edge help as far as pass rushers go. You could offer them a Daryl Taylor. Um, I think that that could be a way to offset a little bit of the draft capital that they're expecting to get back in return. I don't know if they would get a first at this point for him. I could see them getting a second and third, but then you could maybe do this as a second and Daryl Taylor for DeForest Buckner. That would be a creative way to get it done or, or Fant and a second for DeForest Buckner. Something like that. Dara says defensive play call is so predictable. It, it was very predictable in the preseason. Dara, they went uh, heavy vanilla. They went, uh, they, they, they went vanilla extract in the preseason with the play calling. Harry Buckner would be a good pickup, but pretty expensive. Yeah, but worth it. I'd jump in that boat. Uh, Jenga, not Django. Sorry, I meant Jenga. The game Jenga, not Django. <laughs> I'm old. Snap out of it. What would Walken say? I don't know what we're doing with the defensive line. It's not good at all. I need help. Now, Schneider, make a trade. Chris Jones, you there? Ring, 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 a-ling-ding. I'm trying to call you now. Chris, pick up your phone, please. My man, I'll sign you tomorrow. 30 mil, no problem. You just got to come to Seattle now. No more KC. Why don't you move him, KC? He's out the first games of the year. You don't want that. No. That'd be bad. 
Django Fed. <laughs> John says, if Joey Hunt is playing nose tackle, he won't be manhandled by nose tackles. Thinking, thinking right there. Uh, ben Cadiz, Cadiz. I'll just say Ben. I'm, I just butchered your last name and you subbed to my channel, man. Sorry about that. But Ben, thank you for subbing to the channel. I do appreciate you for doing that. Welcome aboard Hawks Nest. Daniel Bailey, thank you for the $2 donation. He says, uh, wouldn't it make, would it make sense to sign and play uh, Akeem Hicks at nose tackle? Uh, Akeem Hicks is definitely a big dude that you could put down there in that nose tackle spot and he could handle those duties. I think he would be a, at this point an Al Woods type if you were to do that because he is very old like Al was. He's up there in age, but uh, he is a bigger guy. He played pretty good against us against Tampa Bay last year in Germany. He is really old. So that's the part of it. And it, it wasn't sensational play last year with Tampa Bay. You weren't getting the Akeem Hicks of the Bears. But he has also played in this Fangio front. So he has familiarity in playing in this front and what's required of you a bit. That could be maybe something the Hawks are taking a look at. But I think he's like 36 years old. 35, 36 years old. So he is definitely ancient by def defensive lineman status. But um, still not a bad player. You also have Nadamakan Sue out there. I mean, those two guys are at least better than some of these guys we're talking about that have been cut. I, I don't like any of these guys that have been cut so far. Cam Didden says, Dallas had to put up with so much Seahawks PR, laughing out loud, poor guy did everything. He was a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy, that's for sure. Allen says, Bosa said, no pay, no play. There you go. Roger says, be better do a Kyle and John Lynch get fired stream when we just trash on them the entire day. <laughs> uh, you can write that one down. When that day, that day occurs, I'm jumping in. I will be game at that point. I think, Docs, anyone know what the holdout max number of games are for a player? I think it's like six or eight. I think you, you, have, you can hold out the max eight before you need to come back by by the game nine to get um, registered for a season of play, to get credit for a full season of play. So I don't know, though, if Bosa necessarily just comes back for sure at that point by week eight. Maybe he's like, I'm not playing until I get a new deal. We'll see. Harry Morris, Walker Charbonnet is a misdirection. I hope so. I hope so for the sake of my fantasy team. Camden, McLaurin, Dallas gone for Taylor. Oh, are they, they going to make a trade? I, don't, I can't see him doing that. Not with who they've got right there already. But I haven't heard about any team jumping forward on the move for, for the Taylor. It sounds like there's no deal to be had. Jones wants Donald money and Bosa wants more than both of them. Yeah, your dad's right. <laughs> Dig Dogs, Bosa's not taking the discount. Double check. Love it. You know it. Spencer Smith, Brando, what's up, dog? How y'all doing, Hawks Nesters? What's up, my man? It's good to see you in the chat, brother. Al McGrath says, communication and run fits look so much smoother in the preseason with all the starters back out. Could not only be better than last year, but a top 10 unit. You've added a lot of different guys into the mix this year, Al, to your point on that, to help that unit out. And the run-fit aspect was the thing the coaching staff mainly pushed to last year. Um, they certainly have told us quite a bit about what they thought is the talent, so this is a little bit of a, rather than being chicken or the egg, the answer is yes. 
And then that respect of you moved out all four of the defensive linemen you had last year, reset that whole crew inside. And uh, now you're going to add a little bit more as well here on the back end with some of the, the run fits. And they did look better in the preseason. I, the, the, run, the, run, the ability to stop the run throughout the preseason was way more consistent in all three games. And uh, even the 160 yards or whatever that they got for the Packers in that final game, they had to run 47 times or something to get to that mark. So it's, it's, it is improved. There is, some, there is some room for some hope there on that side of the ball. I still would like to get an extra defensive line. Seahawks gaming, Seahawks former wide receivers getting passed around. <laughs> Freddie, Sw- <laughs> Freddie Swain, David Moore, Philip Dosset, Laquan Dreadwell, Bo Melton. We're just renting them out, man. Spencer says, Brandon, I thought on it and I want to try and do a fantasy deal with you where you end up with your Roshan Johnson. It's got to make sense for us both, of course, but didn't want to steal your guy. Oh, it's all good, Spencer. I mean, he was going to be a later round guy for me. So um, I'm open to it. I've got three receivers that are untouchables. CD Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, and, uh, and George from the Steelers are my three untouchables. I don't know if I'd even do it with a Sky Moore for Roshan. Maybe. I've liked my draft more and more since I've gotten outside of it. I think it might be kind of low-key brilliant. But let's talk offline. Maybe we'll come up with a deal here. I got a couple other receivers that could work for you. Daniel says, I think the Dolphins are probably popular in Brazil and Cuba. Maybe, man. I've got a lot of Brazilians that come in here. I got a lot of Brazilians that come in here. Brian says the third quarterback can be dressed and used on game day without taking up an active roster spot. That's new this year. Very. Yeah. I love that the NFL did that too, Brian. Smart on their part. Al McGrath says Rams are cheeks. Unserious team. Yeah. They've decided to tear it down to the studs this year, Al, like the Cardinals have. And it's very rare you see this in the NFL with teams going this hard into tank mode. But we have two teams in our division that have turned with a sharp left turn into tank mode. Midnight's says there is a Seahawks fan club bar in Mexico City. Let's go. If I hear the name of that, we got to give them a shout out at some point during the season. Uh, I love to hear that. I bet that's a wild bar. I bet that's a wild, wild bar. I'd love to go check it out though. That'd be fun. Daniel, I think maybe the Dolphins got us in Cuba, but I think we got them in Brazil. Harry, uh, NFL PA players getting more money. NFL owner association, owner profits going up. Ticket prices going up. Hot dogs, beers going up. Memorabilia going up. Why ain't there an NFL fans association to negotiate ticket and beer prices so we aren't priced out of fandom? I can't even afford a Seahawks baseball cap. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean, an inflation these days in DNA is Harry. It's going insanely through the roof. Um, I wish I had a better explanation, but you're not ever going to get the fans coming together on that. It's going to be a bit of the free market principles at play, letting them do what they you know want to do. And they're a profit, they're a profit business, man. I mean, they've shown that time and time again, and can't hate on them for it. That's the nature of the beast. But uh, and sorry if you guys are hearing some, we got somebody blowing an air thing out there, so you guys might be hearing a little bit of a eh out there. Um, so uh, yeah, unfortunately, you'll never get the fans together on something like that. And um, it's been one of the problem, the troubling things with saying, frankly, even our home stadium, Harry, where this shows up, where you know you get a little bit more of the wine and cheese crowd now in Lumen. You get a little bit more of the well, I paid my ticket, I don't want to do anything during the game. You know, you don't get that ruckus 
uh, environment that you would get in the kind of some of the early days of Loom and, and, and over there at Kingdom at times now. It's part of why we're not quite as loud as I think we used to be like 10 years ago is there's about 20% of the fans that come in there that are just in there just to sit there on their hands and it's and it sucks. You know, it sucks. But you can't trade it. You can't, can't do nothing about it really, I don't think. As they say, supply and demand. Sam Hutchinson, any surprising cuts? I think DJ Dallas right now is what we're hearing is he looks like he might be a surprising cut. Levi Bell, uh, maybe another guy you could put in that mode of being a little bit surprising. But so far, all of them have made pretty much a lot of sense. Uh, Travis says, I love you, guy, but I really wish people would stop with the gambling. Every YouTuber, they're like doing uh, drug pushers, gamble, gamble, gamble. I hate that. Well, I, I, I've done a, a two and a half hour show, Travis, and I spent 45 seconds talking about my sponsor. Um, so, I mean, if, if you take that as me being pushing in your face on a sponsor I have of the channel, then I, I don't kind of know what to say. You know, I mean, doing what I'm doing on this, there's a part of this where you're going to maximize your market opportunities. And I got sponsored before by Manscaped. I really wasn't enjoying talking about nut trimmers and all of that. I do think that this with the fantasy football stuff and the way that it fits together is it cohesively goes together a little bit more closer on this type of stuff. I'm never going to be pushing this as a 24-7 thing on the channel, um, but it, I've been sponsored by them and I accepted the sponsorship. And, you know, I, I give out Travis a free show to you two, three, four times a week sometimes. I get out of, you got a free show. I don't ask anybody for support. I don't think anybody in this channel at one time in four years has heard me once say, hey, donate money to my channel. I need more donations coming in. I never ask for that. And I don't expect that. So I give you a free show. I don't run, I don't run mid-roll ads from YouTube. I run ads at the front and I run ads at the end of my video. So even though I do five-hour streams, I don't ever even put a mid-roll ad in place. So if you have a problem at this point with me doing a, uh, a couple of 45 second mid-roll sponsor call out shout outs and that, that twists you the wrong direction. I don't know what to really say at that point. I, I feel like I've brought to the table a lot as far as you know, giving you some value to the front side and even this doesn't cost anything for a 30 second spot. But I can only assess it must be moral reasons that you have with it or whatnot. I don't quite understand that. I don't understand the bristling of that. Maybe other YouTubers are going harder with it. I'm never going to go harder with it here, but it is going to be a part of the channel going forward because they've been kind enough to sponsor me. And I appreciate that. And that's what we're trying to do on this channel. Get sponsorship. Jason Tudor, um, I'm, the full list that I'm looking, that I've got here on my right side that I'm pulling from is one that I grabbed off the PFF site, which is more subscription-based. So I don't know if they're going to, you'd be able to get access to it. Um, but I just typed in roster cuts into, into Google and this was kind of the one that I was able to locate and find. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have, unfortunately, a better life. I thought there was going to be a list online posted with the Seahawk reporters, but I have yet to see anybody post a, a kind of a finalized list as of yet. I guess Softy's got... Uh, it looks like the same list that I've got on place here. This one looks maybe a little better. Let's put this one up. This one looks good. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. All 
All right, so this, this one, we got a little bit of an updated list here. So, waived, injured. Joey Blunt, Vi Jones, Jonathan Sutherland have been waived or injured. Reserve PUP, Austin Faulu, and Brian Monet, nose tackles. Waived, Holton Allers, Levi Bell, Lance Boykin, Greg Island, Matthew Gotell, John Hall, Cade Johnson, Matt Landers, Tyler Mabry, Patrick O'Connell, Ty Akata, Roderick Perry, Kendall Randolph, Jacob Sykes, Sir Roderick Thompson, Aesop Winston Jr., and Christian Young. Terminated, vested veteran, linebacker Ben Burke Gervin, and then Joey Hunt. So, interesting. Mark Harbergorn, how you doing? Hope it's going well. Brian Myers says, Sheldon or Rashad Lawrence better be on a plane to Seattle. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, John says, John Radigan led the NFL in tackles this preseason. He looked very good. He was standing guys up and they were going down immediately. He's a dark horse for starting. I guess it's possible there, John. I'll tell you, he had some struggles in coverage though. Might've looked okay as in the run game, but I, I saw a lot of some struggles there in coverage at times from him. Uh, the Real Cheese, thank you for the $2 donation. I appreciate it. Says, uh, is Jermaine Effetti is a free agent? Maybe he could come back? Uh, I don't know if there would really be a fit with Jermaine Effetti coming back as a free agent. Um, he's not played particularly well since he left, and he didn't play particularly well when he was here. Um, so I, I, I just don't, I don't think there's a lot to Jermaine Effetti as a player. He's a guy that was really physically talented and looked the part, but when it came to actually producing on the football field and showing out in that way, just wasn't able to do it. And he's had the chance now moved in as a guard and with the bears recently at guard, it just isn't working there either. I went back and was checking up on him a couple of times since he left, seeing if he did better at guard and it, it really wasn't an improvement. Um, it's unfortunate, but the guy's just not, not tremendously very good on that side of things. Um, <clears throat> Kevin Lonice, thank you for the $10 donation, Kevin. Very kind of you, man. Says, just on CBS Sports, they have 24 names on the Hawks cut list. Go Hawks. There we go. Okay. Let me go CBS Sports cut list. Let's see if I got a little bit more names on this one. I'm looking for one with all the names. I want all the names. Usually, like, one of the reporters have put out kind of the full list by this point. I was checking CBS earlier, and they, they didn't have it updated there. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, nothing coming up on that. Uh, thank you, though, Kevin. I'll try to... Thanks for the $10 donation, by the way, Kevin. Appreciate the big donation. Uh, I will try... Uh, if I can find the CBS one, tracking all the cuts. Yeah, see, they just got them all kind of smushed. It's like just kind of, I don't know. It's not as clear there to me on the CBS one. They're, they're running, CBS is running a variety of spots too. So I'll just kind of keep an eye on Twitter as it's coming down with it. Thank you for the donation though. I, I just typed in, though, NFL cuts. It didn't come up with anything. CBS. CBS Sports NFL cut 
list. Yeah, I'm not sure which site you're looking at on that one because it's the one that just came up for me was a guy's bunch of a guy's like tweets coming through about it's not like a list of things. It's just a bunch of tweets on that one. I'll try to find one here, folks. We'll try to get the list updated. I'm not sure why the Seahawk reporters aren't. This is your job as a reporter. It's cut down day was at one o'clock and an hour and a half later, you as a reporter can't get access to the names of the guys that were cut. Am I like, what am I missing here? Hmm. Strange. But thank you, Kevin, for the donation. I'll keep uh, trying to track something down that gives us something final here. I think the reporters will release here in the next probably half hour or so something. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Appreciate you, though, on the $10 donation. Ryan McNeil, thank you for the tenor as well, man. Very kind of you guys with the support. I really do appreciate it. He says, nut trimmers and betting sites are fine with me for your content. Thanks, man. Hey, I appreciate it, Ryan. And uh, I know that there was going to be some people that bristle a little bit on the gambling thing, but that's why I'm trying to keep it kind of subtle as well, where it's, you know, it's I'm, the thing I like about the underdog too is not as much of the, it's not a gambling thing as much because you're actually playing against other people and there's a little bit of at least somewhat of an auspice of skill being applied to it. But look, it, I think it goes together and sponsorship's going to come with the channel. You know, we're going to be doing that and I'm going to keep things as free and easy as I can here where you're not overrun with commercials or ads or me hawking items, but we're going to build into it as well because what I want to do with this channel is keep it as a full-time affair and to do that, we got to maximize some of the some of what we can do from an earning standpoint to make sure I can keep doing this. And so I don't have to go get a 24 seven job and slow things down. You know, that ultimately would be worse for the channel than having on a, a gambling site, you know, and this is going to allow me to do that. This will allow me, but I appreciate you understanding Ryan. And I promise for those that bristle on it, it won't be overwhelming. Toy says he deleted this. He deleted this life type tweet last night. Jeez. Like Addicted Hawk says, Toy, it's, it's kind of dark. <laughs> yeah, Legion, he's feeling some kind of way. A kid from uh, the hood says, Germany here, go Hawks. I'm telling you, we're strong out there in Germany. What's up? What's up? International. Seahawks International. Seahawks gaming, I don't know why they've moved DJ. That doesn't, and it, if they've said Roderick Thompson, so Roderick Thompson's been cut. That means that there's, I mean, are that means they're going to run with three running backs? Isn't that what we take away from that at that point, if that is the case? We still haven't seen DJ cut, though. Rockman Drum says, people seem to forget that Kenny McIntosh can pass protect really well and can run the routes. He can. I'm more just worried about going to three running backs than the, than, than the McIntosh situation. I mean, even if DJ Dallas is just your fourth running back on this roster, that gives me a lot more of a warm and fuzzy feeling to have to, that we can get around a little bit of the beast mode curse that's taken this team down at the running back position in recent years. John, it says, it's how we do in Belgium. It's called the Belgian dip. <laughs> Hans says, hell yeah, Belgium represent. I'm telling you, we're worldwide out here, Hawks Nest. Worldwide. A uh, kid from the hood says, Travis, we grew up uh, a hell of a fan base in Germany. We are an American football country. They televise every Sunday, two games in TV, and you can watch the other games with Daz and hell yeah, kid from, I love it. I love it. You never know. Maybe someday the NFL does end up expanding out there into Europe. I know they're going to want to. I feel like they got to get airline travel to a place of like the Atlantic flight now only takes an hour and a half or something. 
because it'd be pretty crazy to pull otherwise. Um, Brian Myers, thanks for reminding me of that, man. Please do hit that smack that like button for me. I would really appreciate it. Get subbed up to if you're not already. Please. Please. Legion and Spoon, I'm going to miss seeing DJ's big-eyed player portrait. <laughs> you're smiling and I, I will too, man. He was a good, he was a good player for us. He did the dirty work that we needed to have done. I had a little hard time staying healthy, but Jason Duter, what position on the DL does Wilkins play? Defend, defensive tackle? No, he'd be nose tackle for us. He'd be a nose. Uh, what about uh, Steve Steven Dominguez? Says, what about Quentin Bohanna? I had been looking and hoping that the uh, Cowboys were going to release Hankins instead. That was the guy I've been looking more kind of closer at. Um, Quentin Bohana, sixth round pick back in 2021, posted a 41 overall PFF grade last year. Neither good in the run or in the past. Didn't look like he played a whole lot in 2022. 2021 was worse, posted a 30 grade, 29 run defense. So I'm more of a measure on this one from my standpoint that we need to do more than just get the warm body. I'm not saying we got to get a guy of impact or star measure, but we've got to get more than just a warm body if we're hoping to fix this. A warm body is not going to make us any better against the run. And I would probably quantify Quentin as more of the warm body type there, Stephen, than truly a guy that uh, is going to make much of a difference. You know, A kid from says the host of our NFL show, Coach Azum, developed a European AM football league, the Elf, which is televised in the TV too when the NFL season is at a break. That's awesome. Well, getting getting the fan base, you know, getting the 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 beak wet, getting them, you know, the taste wet for this this game, you know, because once it gets in your heart and soul, you're just you'll love it like this. And I'm sounds like you probably already do, but uh, I think it comes eventually. They will get they'll get NFL teams out there in Europe. The NFL wants to do it. So Nathan S. Gotel will easily slide to the practice squad, right? I think he would, Nathan. I don't think anybody else would pluck him. It's kind of hard to always predict this. You never know if there's some team out there that loves him from some point back or whatnot, but I would think he would probably go and slide there. Addicted to Hawks. This is Pumpkin Dinner 2023 picks already. I missed it. It did, man. It's uh, You can check it out. It's up on my uploads, but I had my uh, cat indeed predict the upcoming Seahawks season and uh, I, I, I did scientific-like controlled conditions. You know, I chose a hallway with no airflow I moved the plate, the salmon plates around and the cards around so she couldn't get used to just going one direction. And she picked all on her own without any of me, you know, forcing her one way or another, you know, eat this dish. Uh, she was 12 and five. The Seahawks are going to be 12 and five according to my cat, which means you can just write it down. Legion of Spoons says maybe the Seahawks running backs are taking uh, the persona of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. DJ Dallas's death. And on a horse, he rode death was his name. <laughs> hey, maybe. I love it. Greg, the current state of the D-line has many 12s reminiscing about Carter, including myself. The Carter comparisons, the Carter wonderment is going to you know happen throughout the year. I will say with bringing Carter in, you weren't going to play him at nose tackle. Maybe here and there he'd get some snaps in there, but... He wouldn't have fixed the nose tackle position in himself. He would have been put as a 3-4 end in this defense. 
Big boy Jess, let's go sign Jared Clark. He got cut from the Chargers. I'm, I'm open to a big boy. A couple of people have mentioned that in the chat today as well. So it seems to be a pretty, uh, it seems to be a pretty um, popular, popular name. And he had some fun tape at Coastal Carolina. He didn't always know how he was going to do what he's going to do, but he's going to go there 100 miles an hour. Marco Martinez, there's been no actual certainty on the cut of DJ Dallas. It's just that his Twitter went hot, went dark. Um, and so we're going off of that a little bit. Al McGroff, I didn't like Black, Ross Blacklock coming out of college, and I'm not surprised he's cut at this point. Um, I think he's on the Texans, by the way, which like they need help on, on edge. It just goes to show you how not good he was. We got to start to grow onto a point of TCU linemen. You know, getting a little worried about those TCU linemen, man. They, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know how that goes, man. The TCU linemen lately. We had one with, uh, we had one with uh, LJ Collier, and there seems like there's been a few of them that have come through that have been a little bit underwhelming. One second, folks. I'll be right back. Kevin Lowe, nice coming in again with another $10 donation. Kevin, thank you for that donation, man. I really do appreciate you for the, the double dip. He says, you have the best content, and all I have to do is listen at the beginning and end about fantasy football. I'm good. Go Hawks. Thank you, Kevin. I do appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy too. I mean, I, I wanted to, when I did pick up sponsorship to have a sponsor come in and give a real legitimate offer and not just come in to try to sort of take advantage of things. And uh, I really did feel like with uh, Underdog, they came in and pro provided a really solid offer here. And it's going to help me and free me up with that offer to be able to do more content, which is uh, the end of the day, that should be the most welcoming part of this is this just means more content for you guys if we get this kind of stuff locked in. And uh, I appreciate you for that, Kevin. As I always say, I never expect anybody to donate on this channel. You'll never one day on this channel hear me ever ask for, unless we do a charity stream, um, ask for donations. We'll do a charity stream at some point. but. Um, uh, when it comes to this stuff, I will try to maximize as I can the monetization, monetization uh, in the little spots that I can without overwhelming you guys. But I am aware, I'm aware that there are folks out there that bristle at some of this stuff. That's why I want to keep it to a small sample size, you know, small sample size, in and out, in and out. And Kevin, go Hawks, man. Go Hawks. I appreciate your donations. Very kind of you, man. Uh, Roxanne, coming in with another dono as well. Thank you for the double dono, Roxanne. Says the 50 man, the 53 man roster was released on the official Seahawks site. All right, let's let's bring it up then. Thank you, Roxanne, for that donation, but thank you especially for letting me know because I'm over here drowning, drowning, looking for looking for an update on this list. Okay, here we go. I will bring it up here right now for you. So we have officially got. Oh, shoot. 
We have officially got a 53-man roster. If I can trim this right. Trim it. Select it. 53. Roster it. All right. We got a final, final one now. Here we go. Okay. So your final roster set is as follow Roxanne. Thank you again for that. I was just over here like... I just need somebody to throw me a floaty, you know? Just one floaty, I can get above this water here. Quarterback, no shockers here. One, two, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Running back position indeed is going to go for deep, so though we thought maybe DJ Dallas was going to be cut, it would indeed seem as though he is still on the roster as far as this announcement coming straight from the Seahawks.com website. So right from the horse's mouth on this particular one, Zach Charbonnet, Kenneth Walker, DJ Dallas, and Kenny McIntosh listed as your uh, four running backs on this roster. Uh, receiver, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jake Bobo, Derek Young, and Cody Thompson. So the Seahawks hold on to six wide receivers. Six, a little bit maybe surprising there. Uh, tight end, Will Disley, Noah Fant, Kobe Parkinson, three tight ends there. We knew that was going to be the case. All, nine offensive linemen. We knew they were going to probably carry nine offensive linemen, and indeed they are. Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, Evan Brown, Phil Haynes, Abraham Lucas, Olu Oluwatimi, Anthony Bradford, Jake Curran, Stone Forsythe. No shockers there, no surprises there. You could have probably have written down that those were going to be your nine linemen going into camp, and that is the way that that has played out. Defensive line, likewise, as you wrote it down in camp, is as it has played out. Draymond Jones, Jaron Reed, Mario Edwards Jr., Mike Morris, Miles Adams, and Cameron Young. So we have only two nose tackles currently on the active roster, and Cameron Young didn't play at all throughout the course of the preseason. I hope Jaron Reed's ready to run about 80% of the snaps this year from the nose. <laughs> Uh, linebacker, we kept 10 linebackers when you consider the outside linebackers, of course, with this. Um, let's let's chop this up. So you have outside linebackers. You're going to have Shannon Nwosu, Daryl Taylor, Boye Mafe, Derek Hall, and as I predicted, Tyreek Smith is your final edge that's on this roster. Inside inside middle linebackers, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, Devin Bush, John Radigan, and Nick Bloor, special teams wonder kid. Cornerbacks, again, no surprises here. We've got Reek. Trey Brown, Mike Jackson, Devin Witherspoon, Kobe Bryant, and Artie Burns as your insurance vet policy on the back end. No shockers here. Very much makes a lot of sense. And then at the safety position, again, much like we thought this was going to go, Quandary Diggs, Jamal Adams, Julian Love, Jarek Reed. Uh, so not a lot of shockers on this list. I think we can take a little bit of an encouragement from the standpoint of not carrying an extra safety for, let's say, an extra receiver in Cody Thompson, that maybe they're doing that thinking that, Jamal Adams is closer to his return rather than being further away, right? Because right now, if you go into a game one right now, you're going to, I guess, have to hope that Kobe Bryant's versatility here probably frees you up a bit with this. So that's probably where this helps you at. But uh, no super shockers for me on this final roster outside of maybe Cody Thompson being on here. Everything else pretty much fitting to type on how we thought this was going to look. That's the one I did say it was going to come down with probably to Aesop Winston and, and Cody Thompson though. So I was kind of close on this one too. Mark Robert thank you for reminding me of that. Please do hit that like button if you like what you're listening to here today. Interesting cut down day. 
And Travis, there's our full cut down list now. Sorry it took me some time to get there. I was, I was looking and searching. James Ruland, yeah, Levi Bell did not make the active roster. Just hard because Tariq Smith gave you so much promise step for step with Levi Bell through this preseason. And with Tyreek Smith, he is a guy that has the upside that, that you don't maybe are able to see as much with Levi Bell. Hopefully we can get him on the practice squad though. Uh, Arias Dobbs just found out New England cut it. Uh, Malik Cunningham, I think he we should go and get him. He'll make a good backup and uh, he can set and learn. Um, it's it's a bit of a hard move to make for a guy like Malik Cunningham, Arias, because you're you're trying to run a West Coast offense that's very much about timing and working on script. To bring in a guy like Malik Cunningham, you're working to bring in a guy that's very much off script and whose arm talent is very, very limited. This is why he's being cut by New England, a place where they're not exactly set at the quarterback position, especially in light of having also cut Bailey's app. Um, Cunningham can be very mobile and do a lot of, if you want to run a very specialized offense for him specifically, run that Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, you know, kind of offense, Jalen Hurts kind of offense. You could do a little bit of that stuff with him to a degree, but his arm talent is always going to hold him back. He's never going to be a quarterback of the future for you. And you really want to have guys in here where if they're going to get on the football field, they can conduct and run the offense to some kind of at least marginal degree and not just be like, well, I'm going to run with it every time or I'm going to try to extend every play. And that's a little more of what you're going to get with a, a Malik. Allen says, Noah fan for the Colts for a first sounds good to me. I, I'd do that trade. I'd do that trade. Jags, uh, Jose says DJ was not cut. It's good to see. That was that was a weird one. Yeah, I guess DJ's just messing with us. Hawks O, Calvin Avery, Jared Clark are two guys I wouldn't I would want the team to take a look at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody asked if Rashad Penny was waived. Take a look. He remains on the team's roster. The Eagles actually did release Trey Sermon, which may be an indication that Penny is going to remain on that roster because of that. Scooby Zach, so Eskridge is still on the roster. Explain that one to me, B. The uh, suspension oddly sort of opened up more of a door for Eskridge to remain on the roster because he is going to be missing out on a th third of his salary this year, and he wasn't making a tremendous amount of money already at that point. So now the Seahawks save the first six weeks of his, of his salary, and then they can kind of track and keep an eye on their receiver core. So maybe if their receiver core is still very strong at that point and everybody's looking really good at week six, maybe that's a consideration at that point to indeed then make a cut of him and, and just cut bait and call it a day. But if your receiving core happens to get dinged up a little bit over the next few weeks, you have an insurance policy to call upon as well. Um, the team has seemed to indicate that he is going to be back on the active roster um, kind of no matter what with this based off of the way Carol's talked about it. I'm like you, I don't completely understand all of that. Uh, I thought that he had to remain healthy through this preseason period to have a roster spot. Say nothing of then getting suspended on top of that. 
The team seems to be really, 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 really on board with Eskridge. They seem to really think this guy can yet be amazing. The fan base doesn't seem to agree on this, but they seem to think this is where he's going to go, that he's just this far away from, I guess, tapping into this spirit of things. Um, but it is, it, as AB says below, Yanni, it confuses me too. Uh, Charisma L'Oreal, uh, DJ Dallas wasn't cut, but he was he was doing some of the odd things that players do on Twitter when they're about to be cut, removing his name from being a Seahawk and having his profile look a little dark. It was a little strange. A little strange. Three hours says I keep thinking I keep I think keeping DJ would be smart since McIntosh is hurt and Charbonnet already had a hurt surgery shoulder and KJ had a groin injury. I agree, yeah. Especially the running back room for six, seven years has been decimated. You've got to have all four guys. DJ was just messing with us. Daniel says, the cards finally make the playoffs, one and done. A top three pick the next year and tanking the year after, after being an annual playoff team for a decade. The Hawks make a postseason and a rebuild year. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Who does everyone got in the next week's Thursday game with the Chiefs and the Lions? It's a tough one, man. No Chris Jones. But I'll tell you, usually the Super Bowl winners, when they come back in their home stadium play that opening week, there's that special feeling out there. Like we had this with the Packers in our week one game after we won the Super Bowl and we just trounced them. I would probably take the, take the Chiefs, all that being said. Stuart, I agree. DJ Ellis has been very good for us. He's not next level or anything, but he's been solid. Richard Noggins says Allers is actually a, defend, a descendant of Ragnar Lothbrok. <laughs> is that true? Well, he just got way cooler in my book. Kevin Zorbro, I can't believe they kept Belor. Uh, such a waste of money and roster space. Coaches are coaches. Coaches are for coaching. Team seems to see a lot of value in him, man, um, for what he brings from his special teams. And, you know, they signaled this very early on, making him one of the first signings of this offseason. There was any chance he was going to be on the bubble or that they looked at him as a guy that was maybe expendable. They probably waited through, they would have waited through some of the process rather than signing him to the deal that they did sign him to. Um, they find the value there with it, but, uh, you know, I, I lamented the deal at the time for this reason, Kevin. I can't turn it over now much and get mad about it now as I was already you know, kind of frustrated when it was happening because it was emblematic of the deals they've done in recent history, which is a lot of these one-year deals when they go into off-seasons, which then eats up a lot of their salary cap space. And uh, indeed, it did help to kind of do that a little bit. Jason Duter, there's a report that the Niners are shopping Bosa to an unnamed AFC team from a Reddit guy who broke McCaffrey last year. $35 million is a lot to have to try to pay Bosa at this point. And the team may be in a position of thinking that this is not the best way to go with this. We're already paying too many guys too high a salary. You also, let's add, let's, let's acknowledge this as well. Moving Bosa right now, you would get maximum value for him where he is right now. You know, they probably get two first round picks plus, right? Two first round picks, two second round picks. I mean, they could get a hell of a haul back in return um, for Bosa if they wanted to at that point. I wonder who the AFC team who would be willing to make that move. Jaguars? I think he's like, lives down in Florida already. Could be. 
Uh, Easy E53 says, why is Michael Jackson even on the team? As Joe DBZ says below, though we did have a, a couple of tough preseason games, Easy, he had a really great offseason, great minicamp, great training camp. And the determinations for who and what's who makes this team is not just merely based on preseason games. You got to build all of your all of all of uh, you know the the assessment into it into play, and if we put all the assessment into play, then it would look like Jackson did enough to earn this team, earn his spot on the on the team. Kevin Zorbro says, I love how BBK and Hunt got terminated while everyone else was waived or released. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a weird oddity with the Hunt thing because he's injured. I don't know if that's the case with BBK. But yeah, a little strange with that. Fleece says, I heard the Eagles want to trade for Devin Bush and Hawks want to trade him. Hmm. Fleece, I want a third round pick for Bush. You're going to get a fifth for Bush. That'll, that, that's, that's the most you're probably pulling back on that trade is a fifth. Empower, I don't know what the Bush trade buzz is about. Funny, most of the articles are produced by Steelers media. Someone's salty. <laughs> I guess so. Still bitter about that pick, huh? It's like, let it go. But uh, he's on the roster right now. I, I, you know, we're not seeing any move made as of, as of the moment. So you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Rockman Drums, did uh, Zach really change his number to 24? That's beast, beast number. That is kind of beast number. You're gonna, if you're going to rock 24 with the Seahawks jersey, you better bring that spirit. I better not see you d die easy at any point out there on the field as a running back. They better have to drag you down with like chains and throwing like the old school, like they did in the 50s with the nets. The great electric Matunu, Bobo earned that spot. He was electric this preseason. Great way of putting it, great spirit. And I would agree with you 100% on that. He was indeed very electric. Cameron, uh, what do you think about players claiming that they pee on the field in between snaps so they don't miss plays? Uh, they do it. You can do a Google search of pee pants, uh, NFL player, and you will get a lit. You may not want to look at it. It probably gross you out. But uh, they have, there, there's guys that are known for being famous for just, just wetting themselves on the field. I'm not saying I, I condone it, but it's a thing. Al McGrath says, uh, Monet went to the IR. Does that mean that he's out for the season if he goes on today? No, I think you can still bring him back after like eight weeks or something. You don't get the flexibility of the PUP to bring him back in four-week increments, but I still think you get a chance to pull him back at some point. Sam Dog, the infamous, says, can't wait for the regular season and can't wait to get back in the stadium to pump up our boys. Let's go, Sam. Let's go. John says, Monet will miss four games on the IR. There we go. Four, eight, something like that. Kingdom Joe, how did we keep Eskridge and cut Bell? I'm pretty sure uh, we could have cut Eskridge and just kept Bell as a backup. Uh, Eskridge does not count as a roster spot right now. You'll notice on my on the roster list I've got above me, Eskridge is not listed. When he's suspended, he doesn't count against the roster. I appreciate you, Roxanne. I needed some help. I was flopping about in the water. Everybody in the chat going, it's up, it's up. Get it posted, dude. Come on. 
Keegan, why do y'all think Levi Bell was so good? <laughs> He's got a lot of love, doesn't he, Keegan? I'm not quite there with uh, Levi on, on the consternation on this one. I was trying to warn him. I said, it's, it's going to be Tyreek Smith. I had a few people that poo-pooed that in my comment section. No, no, he definitely balled out. He's got to be kept. I'm like, he's just, it's not going to happen. Sorry for breaking your heart, but it's just not going to happen. At least Tariq Young's also injured. He has, they've got him on the, on the active roster, but that's probably explains Cody Thompson's presence as a sixth rather than just going with the five wide. Legion of Spoon, Michael Jackson's name before Witherspoon worries me. It's just an alphabetical thing, right? But then we do see Kobe Bryant behind. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Fleece is why do why do people call Mike uh, Michael Jackson? Isn't it Mike Jackson? I don't know. I mean, not the league, the Seahawks site has it listed as Michael. And you know, it's like you got to call him Michael Jackson. It's just what we know. <laughs> Helen uh, Bach says Jackson was playing preseason safe. Don't dog on dog for making a business decision and not wrecking himself in the preseason. Y'all need to chill. <laughs> Pandemonium Bad says Kobe is a chess piece. We have enough. We have enough safeties to have him at cornerback. Agreed. You can move him around, and he does give you a little bit of that flexibility. What's nice here, especially with what he's done, is you don't have to keep the extra safety on the roster here. Pull from somewhere else. You can have Kobe as listed the cornerback, and if you need to move him into safety, you can. It's pretty nice. Jared G says KC released running back Daenerys Prince. He looks really good. Hope we can stash him on the practice squad. I'd estimate he'd probably want to go back to KC's practice squad if he's getting you know cut there. And the one problem here with trying to bring in a guy like that, Jared G is uh, wherever that guy goes, he's going to want to look and, and see where your depth chart is to have a, you know, a, a spot to get some carries and get some give, you know, get himself some action. And you don't have right now in this roster as it looks, you're one, two, three deep, right? You know, like, how does he look at that and go, well, I just got to wait through the first three guys and maybe I'll get my opportunity. I mean, you'd probably just as likely go back to Casey's practice squad where they're far from set at the running back position as it stands. I know that uh, Isaiah Pichenko did okay for them last year, but... He did okay. You know, he didn't set the world on fire. There's a reason they were in on the rumors for trying to maybe move for move on Jonathan Taylor if they could get him cheap. Pandemonium Maulers will go will definitely go to the practice squad. John have a Hawks auto moon Jersey. Always like him. Moon would be a good Jersey to get number one on it. I hadn't thought about that one. That'd be pretty nice. Hawks. Oh, uh, what would you give up for Nick Bosa? Obviously they would never trade him within the division. I doubt. I also doubt they trade him. I do doubt they trade him too. Part of me, the wonders with this Hawks. So if this rumor is coming out to hope, maybe propel a little bit of the negotiations to between Bosa's camp and the Niners, you know, uh, this is something that I said that I thought Schneider did back in 2018 because there's a lot of people who get caught up on the, we offered Russell Wilson to the Cleveland Browns in a trade. And it's like, eh. You, you more were probably trying to push along negotiations than actively try to move or trade him at that point. And so I think that could be what the Niners are doing here. Now, I avoided your question long enough. Uh, what would I give up for Bosa? I got to pay him $35 million a year bringing him in. 
He doesn't fit really as a stand-up outside 3-4. So I've got to change him in my defense now. Now I've got to change over back over to a 4-3 defense. I think he's worth two first-round picks and two seconds, but I don't think that I would give that if it was the Seahawks. I have to change my whole defense. I've already stacked up edge rushers all over the place. Now that only gets tougher to deal with. You'll probably be able to move one of those edge rushers at that point, I guess, to kind of augment some of the cost for Bosa. I, I'd, I'd probably do two ones straight up maybe and, and maybe one more little kicker in there just because he is so good. But you would have to change some things around on a couple of levels to make it happen then at that point. Pandemonium Bloor's a fullback, linebacker, tweener, special teams ace, and he's loved in the locker room. He's just a good guy to keep around from a culture perspective. Yeah. It's not, it's not costing a ton. It's, costing, it's not a big cost. I get the frustration, though, too. 34 years old, you're paying a guy just to do special team stuff, kind of, because he's really not playing linebacker or fullback much at all, but a handful of snaps throughout the course of the year. Roger, does anyone remember when we had Alden Smith? I do. Big Docs, Brandon, would trading Bosa for high picks make up for trading Lance or just be one more bad mistake? I think it would be a bad mistake in my opinion. Um, reason being is that you're in the end of your Super Bowl window right now. So if the Niners are making a trade of Bosa at that point, that's an acknowledgement to me that they don't think that their team's good enough this upcoming season. And they're right at kind of the end of their window a little bit here. Trent Williams is not going to be playing forever. George Kittle is not going to be playing forever. Fred Warner is going to start getting up there in age here soon. Um, you're, you're not going to be in this spot for a long time. Um, so that would signal to me a little bit of they're not having as much faith in the upcoming team of the season, or maybe as much faith in Bosa to stay healthy. Maybe they got some worries about that ACL coming back up again, that knee coming back around again. You know, maybe there's some reasons that they've got some, some hesitancies here. Um, it would be hard to make much sense of the Niners making that trade right now in the moment. This would, as a Niner fan, I would be in complete and utter confusion if they were to move Bosa. I would just be sitting there kind of babbling, like, what? 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 We're going for it. We're we're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. What are you doing? We didn't want to pay him thirty-five million. Okay, what's who else we got now for this year? Not a lot. Not much, really. Uh, Brandon Taylor, thank you for the $5 donation. I do appreciate you, Brandon, for that donation so much, man. He says, thoughts on Trey Brown being listed as cornerback too. Sounds like he beat out Mike Jackson. Also, Chad has me worried, but Walker is still number one and we kept Dallas. Yeah, I'm a little worried about the Charbonnet being listed as running back one, and maybe that's just a weird thing that somebody saw on the site or something. I still think Walker is going to end up with way, you know, I think Walker ends up the season with 225-ish touches, 230-ish touches, and I think that, Zach Charbonnet ends up with like 125. You know, you balance it off in that kind of way, but Walker still is your your bell cow guy for for the most part. Um, it, I, I have been kind of preaching for the chat to not go too hard in looking at and saying that we've got to make our assessment of Mike Jackson off of those final two preseason games and his performance there within. Um, I, I'm not making that ultimate measure on that, but if we were to make the measure off of that, Trey Brown did outperform him here in these preseason games. So if he were to be neck and neck with Mike Jackson, and, and and we did hear that Trey Brown was seemingly bouncing back, looking closer to the form he was back in 2021. And I have said, 
In the 10 years of Coach Carroll being here, though he's had a lot of good cornerbacks that he has developed over that time period to varying levels of success, they're really, for the guys that have come in day one and been impressive rookies, you have Tariq Wan, Richard Sherman, and then the third guy on that list, in my opinion, is Trey Brown. And Trey Brown was really impressive in that first season as a rookie. So if he's neck, for, if he's neck with neck with Jackson in the OTAs minicamp and the first part of training camp, and then he outperforms him in the actual preseason games, it would make sense that the team would go to making him cornerback too. And I would be okay with that. I've just wanted this to be a competition all the way through. Let the best man win. Whoever that best man be. If it's Devin on the outside, then run with Devin. If it's Trey, then run with Trey. But don't allot a guy and earmark a guy for a spot from the onset and say that's just going to be who our guy is and that'll be the plan. Let the best man win. I, the one worry I have with Trey as we go forward on this and the one place to track out on this that you don't get with Mike Jackson is are there going to be any issues with him in tackling? Because that did show up a little bit in preseason. And that is a little thing you worry about with a guy that is 5'9", 185. Not the biggest of cats out there. So hopefully he can hold that part down if he is out there starting like that. But uh, it makes sense. It makes sense, Brandon, if it played out in that way that I just described. And I hope you're right, man. Walker hopefully remains as the number one at this point. Just please. The guy who had one of the best rookie running back seasons that we've had with two rookie tackles starting in front for him with an interior not blocking all that great. But you know that Pete loves his beast mode types. He just loves them. Camden McLaurin boasted to the Chargers would be incredible. That would be pretty awesome. Chargers could be a team that that makes sense for. You know? They flip back the Niners, Khalil Mack, so that the Niners have somebody to kind of fill in then for Bosa's spot. And then Chargers go for it, you know? Throw them a, a King's ransom. Makes sense. Uh, King Dome Joe, the Steelers are taking a page out of Tukawafu and Beast Mode's playbook. They just took it, took an offensive lineman and turned him into a fullback. They have a 335-pound fullback now. Oof. It's got to be tough when those middle linebackers see that 330-pounder coming down the line right in the hole. you got to put your nose in there and take him straight on. ADL Williams says, Hurts and Carter for Bush and Aller, straight up. <laughs> I'd do it. I'd do it. You could be talked into it. Kronos says, I know the peed pants thing was a minute ago, but our special teams coordinator is known as the only player to pee on the sideline and not get caught. <laughs> it's an art form. Peeing, but nobody sees you. Brian, I, I don't know how anybody could produce that much urine after sweating the entire game. You probably just drink a lot of coffee before, you know, you're, you're, you're nervous. You just try drinking a little bit too much fluids. That's the one thing they tell you is to stay, you know, because you don't want to get cramped. So you're just over fluid. You know, you get nervous for a game and then when you get nervous, you know, you like, you sometimes can't pee, you know, you're like, so then, but then it, it hits you full stream. No pun intended. Richard Dow, some hall of famer, don't recall the name, told us sort of having a bad stomach diarrhea and played uh, and was getting an IV on the sideline at one point. There's been some, some gnarly tales about guys having all sorts of bodily, uh, bodily fluids kind of fly down there in the trench. It gets dirty in the trenches in a variety of different ways without expanding too far on that one. But yeah, I have heard that story too as well of, of, of guys, you know. I'll tell you, if I'm, if I'm a defender trying to get past you and you got poo in your pants, I'm, I'm probably not going to go as hard at you. <laughs> Especially once the, 
stench hits my nose, you know, I'm definitely going to slide off contact at that moment. New Block says, how do we feel about Cody Thompson making the last wide receiver spot? He's another guy that's the epitome of, we don't have the eyes to see what it is that the coaching staff likes as much because he's been a guy that I think has really, really shown out on the practice squad. Um, he is a, a very keen special teams player on top of that, which can't be undersold. And, um, you know, I think that's the bottom line on it. It's just the team has a bit of a value for him that we haven't had a chance to see in preseason games or even in regular season games. And uh, he'll fill in on that role. Hawks now do have kind of a some towering receivers in this group with, with DK, Jake Bobo, Cody Thompson. I think even Dariq's like 6'2". Richard, I got two George fan jerseys, and a 74, number 74. Love guys like him. Hell yeah. Roger says, no way the Niners trade in the division. No, they would never do that. Never, 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 never. Guy Life says, I'd give a cup of clam chowder for Bosa. Red or white? Red or white? Red. Seelord uh, of Bravos. Pretty sure I saw that Brady Henderson predicted that both Tyreek Smith and Jarek Reed would make the roster. Glad he was wrong. <laughs> You got me confused on that one a little bit, Sea Lord. But I'm glad those guys made it. Space Bosa is going to be soft. Hey, Brandon, agreed Super Bowl window is closed if Bosa is traded. But wow, costly to sign him too. Tough one. It isn't an easy one. I mean, you're talking about spending $35 million a year on a defensive end. That's doesn't matter how good that guy's been. Doesn't matter if that guy's coming off a defensive player of the year. That is a unique kind of cost that you don't just swallow easily. That's just not a no-brainer. And um, I, I tried to warn some Niner fans about this, and I really wish some of those folks, when they're so loud about how I'm being so wrong about it, when I tell them, like, these are going to be tough negotiations. The Bosa brothers don't play around. They're not taking the discount. You're not selling them on the dream of championships. And uh, you're going to have to pay up. And it's, it's, it's not easy. Especially because you're not doing this in the vacuum. You have all of those other big contracts on the front end here. So now you've got a $250 million cap here eventually where you're going to have $130 million invested into five players as far as the cap hit goes. Helen Box says, we can only hope and pray this is the beginning of the end of the front 49ers front office implosion. It's what they're known for. So prayers up. Hey, prayers up. If they want to, as I said in that video the other day about Lance, you know, I'd want to take on the Niners full full steam. I want them at their full strength. They can take us on at full strength and let the best man win. But hey, if they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, I'm not going to take the gun out of their hands. I'm not going to be sad about it. D-Boy in the house. What's up, D-Boy? Good to see you, man. Fleece says the Chargers definitely would trade Joey with us. They're with us since they're in the AFC. Kind of confused on that one. And if they got both Bosa, both Bosa brothers, that defense would be relevant. Space Bobo made the cut, man. It's good news. Keegan uh, says K9 needs to improve his short yards running. He definitely could get better at it. He definitely could do a little bit less dancing, a little bit of trying to break out the big play and take the three dirty yards that are there sometimes. This is also, Keegan, I think, why you draft Shaq Charbonnet is to kind of fill more of that role when you need it. Allow... Uh, Walker to be a big play guy that he is and then allow Charbonnet to slide in at least initially as more of your short yardage back. 
Lee says, I'm glad that Artie Burns took Russell Wilson's number. It's hilarious. D-Boy chat guys that care about the Seahawks overall rate. They gave us 76 in Madden. Oof. That's tough. Dave Phillips, K9, year two breakout. David, I did one Seahawks player on my fantasy draft this year. Had the opportunity to pick any of them. I took one guy, and that was Kenneth Walker. So I'm with you. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna do real well this upcoming season. Sure. Rick Brandt, uh, old school Jacob Green jersey is waiting to come back out. Ooh, that's a nice jersey. Jacob Green's a great choice. Really underrated Seattle Seahawks. Maybe even a guy that has a little bit of a, a claim for being given more Hall of Fame consideration. Ryan Myers, red chowder. That's just bad. Giopino. <laughs> Space Levi Bell sadly did not make it, man. And you can see, by the way, on my right shoulder, you have the, uh, the final list here. Uh, the final roster is over here on my right shoulder here uh, and is set for your Seahawks now. Real life exposures. Word is JSN will be out for a month. I'm hearing he's back by week one earlier today. So that's a bit different from what I was hearing earlier. I'm hearing, like others are hearing in the chat on this real life, that he's back faster than that. Maybe even by game one. Roger, I've never had red chowder. You're not missing anything. Uh, David Bobo is actually a slot guy. What's fun about him, David, is that he's a guy that's played both out in college and both at a very large, at a very large rate, right? So when he's with Duke initially and he starts his college career, he's playing on the outside for them. When he transfers to UCLA and Chip Kelly's offense, they exclusively used him as a slot receiver last year. So he has he has versatility to play both ways on that. He didn't play on the outside at UCLA at all, though. He's proved that he can here in the preseason. As Brian says, he's probably more slot than outside. It's encouraging to see him play outside, but that is, I think, a little bit of where he could really make some hay. Seahawks gaming, uh, Bobo can block that uh, block that can open up the bubble screens. It could. Certainly helps when you got some of these bigger receivers out there to block it up when you need to, like DK, like a Bobo. Roxanne Hawksness totally agree on the Jacob Green comment. He's fantastic, Roxanne. I mean, he's a guy that was so tremendously productive. He did that. He did it in a, two different defenses. He did it both as a 3-4 defensive end and as a 4-3 defensive end. Um, fantastic player. Good all-around player, too. He could stop the run. Just a complete guy. And usually, you know, you get over 100 sacks in the NFL. That usually tends to be the pathway to getting into the Hall of Fame. Most of the time. Roger the Shrubber, a B, did you see Matt Stafford is having issues with the younger receivers? I did. You can't even remember their names and uh, say nothing of getting on the same page with the routes. When you go this young as they've gone this year, Roger, and it's why I've said the Rams are, people push back on me and they go, no, they still got Stafford. They got Donald. They got Cup. They're not, they're not tanking. Yeah, they, they are. They're tanking. You know, this is what happens when you tank and you get these young players out there and he's not going to be on the same page with these guys. And the receiver core is not what it's been there with the Rams in recent years. 
Um, and yeah, he's got he's got uh, Cooper Cup too, but I don't know why teams wouldn't be doubling Cup all day with this receiving core the way it's looking right now going into the season. This is far, far, far removed from the days when they had Cup, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods all rolling at the same time. I I do see them having issues going into the season, and part of me wonders if Stafford's not even going to plan on playing a full year this year. He's just looking for a you know uh, the the right moment to be like my back, oh my back, my back hurts again. Right in the first quarter of the first game. I don't, it just, it just jump up and bit me. It jump up and bit me. You know, he'll do it in that deep Georgia voice. I don't know how it did. Nothing like Forrest Gump for some reason. <laughs> just the way I see it in my head. Uh, Real Life Exposure says, hope so on JSN coming back. That's sweet. Hell yeah, man. It's good news. And it did just kind of come out this morning, real life. Like that bit of that bit of news came out kind of this morning. So definitely encouraging. Addicted Hawks, Brandon, is Bobo going to be like the Hawks? Uh, is Bobo going to be played like the Hawks? Should be should have played Jimmy Graham when he was here? Line him outside or in the slot? Size mismatch against cornerbacks. 100%? Yes. Yes. So Jimmy Graham with the New Orleans Saints, I believe the prior year to coming here was aligned of his snaps 67% of the time as a slot, not an inline tight end. And then you brought Jimmy Graham in here and you tried to turn him into an inline tight end, which why didn't we have success, right? What, why did that one go wrong? And yeah, Jimmy Graham getting injured didn't help, but you also didn't use him right either. That was the Tom Cable days where Tom's like, I can turn him into a, I can turn him into a tight end. I'll toughen him up. I'll beat him down. But yeah, that's what he did at UCLA. You flex him out as a slot. He just goes off the line of scrimmage, give him a lot of option read routes to run. He's really tough at the stem of the route. I mean, Bobo's super skill, and you didn't even really get to see it this preseason, which is pretty awesome uh, because he showed off other skills. He showed off the release, you know. Um, he showed off um, the sluggo route where he could, the route running, you know. You didn't see this other part of his game, which is that he is really tremendously difficult to deal with when it comes to him at the stem of his route. You know, you have a stem of your route about 10 yards up the football field. And at the stem, you can run in, you can run a comeback, you can run an out route, you could run a post, or you could just keep running a nine route. And he was very hard for cornerbacks to get a read on him of what he was going to do. And then he's got a quickness and a bounce to him off the stem of that. On top of just his body control never allows him to pick up a read on what he's doing. And then at the, at the stem of the route, he can plant his foot and drive hard into a direction of where he chooses to go and create instantaneous separation off of that. And uh, that's the part where Bobo has a lot of, uh, a lot of, I think, not potential, but a lot of ability to be productive there in the slot in that way. Think of a guy like a Michael Thomas too, you know, a guy that should be a real slight, a killer on slant routes, that type of stuff. Um, and obviously I, I did an old joke there with the chowder reference because nobody's referencing where I was pulling that from. Um, which just, again, I'm feeling older every day in life. I'm reaching that point. It's an Ace Ventura reference. So Ace Ventura in the movie goes up to a door and he knocks on the door and the guy says, what's the password for me to open the door? And Ace Ventura says, New England clam chowder. And then the guy on the other side of the door says red or white. If you haven't seen the movie, it's still worth seeing. Go check it out. Funny film. Funny film. My, my, my references are getting too vague, though. I'm dating myself. Helen Bach, Forrest Gump, is from Alabama. Jenny, why won't you love me? I'm not smart, but I know what love is. 
I like me my Dr. Pepper. Get me my Dr. Pepper. Real life exposures. What's the process? What's the probability of Russ getting benched this year? Good competition at quarterback over there. The possibility raised exponentially real life exposures the second that the Broncos put a two-year, $11 million deal on Jared Stitham. Uh, that's not a tremendous amount of money, but when you factor in that the amount of money you're paying Russ, the ideal here, if you're going to be really marrying yourself to Russ, a guy who's been pretty much an Iron Man throughout the course of his career, is to then go get a young quarterback who is very cheap to back him up. Instead, Sean Payton decided he's going to spend even more money on the quarterback position. And I walk away from that thinking that Sean Payton's saying, okay, I will try to reclamate Russ. I'll give him the full support. He'll get the full Sean Payton experience in my ability to help out quarterbacks. But if he does fall into that same kind of pit and hole that he was in last year, um, I'm going to call it a day. And I'll even call it a day this year. So I, he's going to try to make it work, but I don't think that he's married himself to Russ. I think Sean's looking at that as a, as a long-term situation. Mark Robert-Gorn, thank you for mentioning that. As you do, man, I really do appreciate the reminder. It allows me to post this up. If you like what you're listening to today, please do me this favor and hit that like button. It helps me show up for other Seahawks fans looking for Seahawks content out there. I pop right on up when you guys hit that like button so it has a real tangible effect with the algorithm when you do that. And I do appreciate it. Hope you're having a good night, Mark. It's good to see you, man. Good afternoon. I dig docs. Brandon, the Tom Cable days. You just gave me a tummy ache. Teasing. Yeah, those were brutal days. Those were brutal days. Tom, Tom was blunt force trauma when it came to... He's, he, he had a good run for a good time there as an offensive line coach, but he's definitely... There wasn't a lot of finesse or, or thinking man's approach to the offensive line coaching in those days. TB1 says, hi, all, Bobo. All I got. Hey, Bobo got on. It's good to see. There is a fairness in the world. There is justice. Roger the Shrubber says, oh, I didn't even hear the, chow the chowder joke. I was probably a little bit, <laughs> I was probably a little, <laughs> I didn't lean on as much. They should have. Uh, Seahawks gaming, the Vikings are going to let Jefferson run routes out of the backfield. Huge mismatch for linebackers. They were doing it even last year, Seahawks gaming. And they were smart as an organization because they looked at initially when they had uh, Jefferson in there and he was being as productive as he was. And they went, okay, we got this really productive slot guy. How to get the most out of him? And you got to give the Vikings credit because what they did is they looked to the Rams offense and the way that the Rams offense was utilizing Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup has been used quite often at times when they're in shotgun, they'll put him out as the running back in shotgun and then have him run his routes out of that spot. It's very effective and very tough for defenses. He's already a tough cover. It makes it even tougher to cover because you're going to put a linebacker on him like you'd normally do without running back in that place or then do a lot the slot there for him and then leave the linebacker. It puts them in a little bit of a pickle situation. Um, puts them in a bit of a pickle situation there. But smart of them, Seahawks gave me. They did do some of that last year though. They were already starting to implement that last year. Roger Shrubber, I'm sorry I ruined your, I'm sorry I ruined your Black Panther party. I might not be a smart man, but I know that Levi Bell should have been on this roster. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people are agreeing with Forrest on this one. 
Mark Abercorn, hey B, miss you. My birthday yesterday, so not that anything happened. Hey, happy birthday, Mark. I actually did see that on my notifications in my email from, uh, from the Facebook thing. So I saw that on there. I forgot to post a little bit of a happy birthday, Mark. But uh, indeed, man, happy birthday. We're all getting a little bit older. Hope it was a good birthday. Got to celebrate. Some good, get some good cake, maybe some good food. It's for me on birthday. I don't need presents. Let me just get a nice, nice little steak. TP1 says it probably came down to Radigan or Bell. Tough one, but I probably would have gone Bell personally. Yeah, it might have. Um, it might have. I the, the issue I have there with that then at that point is you have three middle linebackers. Well, you have yeah, you'd have four middle linebackers, I suppose. Um Ballor was going to be here regardless to me. They decided when they signed that guy to the contract, they signed him too early in the offseason that he was going to be a Seattle Seahawk this season. Um, really, for me, the bell thing came down to him or Tariq Smith. And that was where you were going to have to make the call on it because you were not going to keep six edges on this, this roster. That just was never really going to be a likelihood. Five was going to be as far as you were going to go. And so then it comes down to those two guys. Who's got the upside? Who do they feel better about in the future? And I, I would tend to agree with the Seahawks on this one, that the, the future is going to be brighter and better with Tariq Smith. Not that I think the guy's going to be on, go on to be a star or maybe even a starter in this league, but he's got more potential to reach that mark than Levi Bell does. With that said, I would say we're probably going to get Levi Bell in the practice squad anyway. So it'll be all, you know, it'll be all good at the end of the day. He still will be here. Keegan says, no, Bell is small and not super fast. During a game with starters, he would be overpowered and overwhelmed. Well, they're trying to, to move him into defensive line. The Hawks tried to see if they could kind of sneak Bell onto the roster with that defensive uh, tackle spot, have him a defensive lineman, a 3-4 defensive end, essentially. And they did that in the Packer game. He got a decent amount of run inside there, and he got bowled around, pushed around in there a bit. Seahawks Gaming says, hopefully JSN can run routes out of the backfield. I'd love to see it, man. And we've seen that uh, Waldron has shown some creativity with that backfield. We had, he, had some, he had the wing tee going at times last year. He had the three-man backfield behind Geno Smith when he was in shotgun. Two guys to either side of him, one guy right behind him. So they have shown a willingness to be creative with that. I'd love to see a two Seahawks gaming. I think it puts defenses in a bit of a pickle, and it makes them have to do a little bit of an extra, an extra beat of thinking prior to a play happening. A little bit less of reading what's going on with your alignment and everything else, and more of who's got... He's in the backfield. Who's on that? I'm usually that guy. Is you've got him on this one? Okay, then I'm dropping to the flight. hike. Yeah, that's what you. That's the confusion you can, can create with that. Uh, D boy, where's Megan? Uh, she was. I think she was having to get some stuff done today. It's an odd time, I think here. Kingdom Joe, Boba Fett. I love it, Brandon. The thumbnail's coming, man. As soon as he has his first game with five catches, it's. I'm gonna have it ready, locked in. Trevor says, uh, besides the Niner and Eagles, who would you say poses the biggest threat in the NFC? I think the Cowboys are definitely in that, in that neighborhood. The Lions are a team that I think is a threat at this point. And kind of low-key a little bit to a much smaller degree, the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not really in on the Falcons. I think the Falcons win their division, but I don't know if they're a threat to us. But there's not a lot of teams, man. It's a weekend NFC this year, substantially so. Fleeces, I think the Cardinals will draft Caleb Williams or the Falcons. All the Falcons are going to win their division, Fleece. They put together a strong team this year. 
bases. Jeez, Brandon. Uh, we tried with Derek Young in the backfield, but they used him to block. They did? Yeah. That was more about getting him as like a fullback than it was like using him in as a, as a you know, puzzle piece to let him go attack down the field in, in coverage. New Lax is the thing about Bell is who would people cut for him? I'd much rather have Tyreek Smith now. That seems to be a bad, now that he seems to be back healthy. Yeah, I would too. And, and Tyreek Smith is just, this, this is the guy with a good, this is a guy who could have had that Ohio State year if he had come out in that final year instead of putting up three sacks and put up nine or 10 sacks, who would have been a guy that not only would have been drafted, would have been drafted very high. That is the physical makeup of the Tyreek Smith that you're getting. And I've said it once, I've said it a couple times, but I did some research on this guy going back and looking at him going into the draft class, just doing draft prep. And the stories that kept coming down the marker from Ohio State was that this is going to be, and this was like stories that were written a year prior to his final senior season. But the stories that were coming out were, this is going to be the next guy to jump in in this line. In this, We've had these really nice edge rushers come through here. Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Tyreek Smith. They thought that was going to be the way it was going to go there with him because he was just that talented. And indeed, even though he only had three sacks in his final year, he still had some of the best pressure rates in all of the NCAA in his final season. It's kind of remarkable that he dipped all the way to the sixth round, quite frankly. You know, Levi Bell's 6'1", 265. And, and not long. That's going to be hard for him. It's going to be hard for him. I like Levi, but... I really like the upside of Tyreek Smith, especially as a as a fifth edge on your roster. Kingdom Joe, greatest five linebackers to ever play in a Seahawks uniform. I go in order Bobby Wagner, Brian Bosworth, Dave Whiteman, Rufus Porter, Chad Brown, with a special mention to Jamal Adams. Uh, I'd have a hard time with a lot of those. Dave Wyman played his best ball with the Broncos, not with the Seahawks. Um, Brian Bosworth was here for like two years. Um, we had the one guy in the 80s, Freddie Young, I think I would have Freddie Young, Chad Brown, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. And Lofa Tatupu. That would be my five. Yeah, Roger, I just don't think there's a lot of threats to us. TB1, oh, oh, it either Tyreek or Bell, Tyreek all day. I just think we could do better than Radigan on linebacker waiver wire. I agree with you there, TP1. I'm not happy with where the linebacker room's at. Um, Radigan did not give me a lot of, he, I guess he led the end, he led the preseason in tackles, whatever that's worth, but boy, he does look lost in coverage. That much is true. New Blacks didn't even think of that. So we could have a DK Tyler Bobo at receiver and JSN at running back for formation, 100%. 100%. I mean, it'd be a smart forward way of utilizing him because this has been this has been the new approach with slot receivers and how to kind of um, give them a little bit of an extra twist, a little extra turn. Uh, D-Boy, Brandon, what kind of season do you think Sauce AK grab a lot? will have this season. Does he go up or down or stay about the same? I think he stays the same, D-Boy, because as we saw two nights ago in that Giants-Jets game, the officials are going to continue to allow him to get away with grabbing as much as he wants. 
And if that's the case and he's allowed to get away with it, how can you think he's going to do anything but continue to be held up at the same place, you know? But again, as I say over and over again, you show me a highlight of Sauce Gardner, I will show you him holding somebody. It is absolutely insane. Every highlight that comes out of this guy, there's, and on that play against Jalen Highlight the other night, I swear to God, he held him three different times over the course of one nine route. He held him just past the five yards, grabbed him again halfway through on a panic hold, and then grabbed him one more final time where he pulled his, his shoulder back. Like, you know, he's extreme with it because he knows he can get away with it. Fleece, do you, you guys think the Bears might sneak into the playoffs with Justin Fields and DJ Moore? I don't think they've got their offensive line quite to a place where it's playoff worthy and ready. And I don't think that that defense having done what they've done over the last few years to really remove a lot of the talent that was in place there. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, they, they really pulled back where that was and they've tried to kind of rebuild it a little bit, I guess. But I still think like that bear defense is kind of an inhibiting factor on that team going into this upcoming season. Fields will be better. He'll be more productive, but they're probably more of a middle of the road team. Uh, Debo, Devo, Martzal, thank you for the $5 donation. I do appreciate it, Devo. It's good to see you in the chat as well, man. He says, good to see you too, Brandon. Hey, there we go. He says, just saw JSN practice today, hand-wrapped, but already catching balls. Love, love our team. Go Hawks. Indeed, that seems to be uh, one of the good stories coming out of today is that the encouraging signs seem to be that JSN will be potentially ready for even week one and that he's just about going to be good to go in that stance. So awesome to hear. Would love to see the kid come back. Sometimes those you know those youngsters they can they can bounce back off these injuries much quicker than us older folks. They can just you know shake it out and they're good. Surgery yesterday, shake it out. I'm good. Yeah, us old people we try to do that and I shake it out and like ah 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 so hopefully he can bounce back Devo, but it was very good to hear. I, as much as anything, I don't think we're gonna need him for the first game, but to get him back by the Lions game, a game where you're probably going to need to score constantly, just about, um, good, good to hear that he's going to be ready for that one, especially because that could prove to be a very important game this season, not just specifically to get another win, but if we end up having a tiebreaker situation come down to between us and Detroit down the line could be important for that factor too. But uh, thank you, man. It's good to see you as well in here. Hope you're doing well tonight. Boy, Brandon, you, who, who told Megan that she can have the day off? You got to duck her pay immediately. I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to slap her hands or something, man. Got to do a little bit of a punishment. She works hard. She's, we got to give her day off every once in a while. She's got some vacation, vacation time built up. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Taylor, thank you for another $5 donation, man. I do appreciate you on that. Uh, the double dono says, let's go. Offensive rookie of the year, JSN at practice today, catching passes. He must have had Wilson's Superman blood. Let's freaking freaking go. That's right. What is it? Wolverine blood, Brandon Taylor. And then he got, he's got, he's got the Wolverine blood. And then he took some of the nano bubble water and Wolverine blood, nano butter water. I mean, nobody knows, but this is the secret to any affliction. Wolverine blood. Nano bubbles. You put those two together and you're going to be 100% within a week, no matter what injury you sustained. Concussion, high ankle sprain, surgery on the wrist. It's a, it's a one-stop solve for everything. Thank you for the donation, man. I'm glad you're hyped. We need, we're going to need GSN to get the most out of this offense this year. And this kid, Never seen it. Over three decades of following my Seahawks team and rooting for this team, I have never heard about a rookie getting as much hype out of camp 
as we have heard of JSN. And we've had some tremendous rookies roll through here, some guys that were were really, really hyped up in their, in their coming to the team. Um, and this kid has surpassed that. Um, and in just on a daily basis, we're getting clips out of camp at times of him making these super, super catches. Uh, I love it. I love what he's going to bring to the table on this team. It's exactly what you were missing last year. And now not only have you gotten a guy in there that's functional in the slot, but you might've gotten one of the best slots in all of the NFL this off season. In addition to that, very, very nice. Uh, Legion of Spoon, JSN has Jordan Brooks Wolverine blood. <laughs> it's a bit of a muddled blood. It's not pure Wolverine, right? We got a little bit of Flamingo in there. Johnny Utah, Freddie Young for the best linebacker. He was good. He's got to be on my top five list. I, I could not kick him off. No way. Please, everybody respect Kirk Cousins more and more. Everybody's still doubling. Everybody respect Kirk Cousins more. And everybody's still doubting Geno, even when he can carry his team to the playoffs and had the highest completion percentage, 75% last year. Geno's going to prove them wrong once and again. He will definitely do that, Fleece. Uh, he was amazingly uh, productive last year, both like you talk about in the completion percentage and then also in the deep shots and getting the ball down the field. Um, he doesn't, a lot of people are fitted to where they look at with Geno. And I, I ran through this gambit a little bit last year in, and throughout the offseason where I was trying to tell people that you guys are kind of selling on Gino and you don't know what you're going to get from Gino. And everybody would push, not everybody, there's a lot of people in the chat were pushing back on me. We know he is what he is. That was the, that was the phrase that kept being said until my ears were bleeding. We know what Gino is. He is what he is. And I hated it because it was a phrase that was not based on anything, where they weren't saying, I know Gino's not going to be good because he's unable to read defenses and he can't throw with anticipation and he doesn't have good enough arm strength and he's not very accurate. Instead, they went for the most laziest conceptual way of, of, of getting out of their mind of why they believe what they believe. He is what he is. I'll say sometimes it is what it is, but that was not a situation where you could apply that. They were misapplying that phrase for that situation because it had been 10 years since we got a chance to really see Geno start and play and go games and be the starter for 100%. And uh, he went out and far exceeded expectations, set Seahawks passing records, and did so with a team that was in rebuild mode that did have two rookie tackles starting there for the first time in the modern NFL history, a rookie running back, $57 million of dead money, and he still got you to the playoffs. And he, in a lot of times, in a lot of games last season, was carrying us at times. Yeah, absolutely, Geno's going to come back and have another real strong year this year. You better believe it. Dave Brown? Was Dave Brown the linebacker too? I thought Dave Brown was the corner. Slightly before my time. Yeah, he didn't have that. I can't even pull up his stats even. Wow. Dave with a corner. Helen Bach, what about Dave Wyman? Wyman's a good broadcaster, but he, he wasn't the best of linebackers. I'm not trying to shade him, man. I'm not trying to shade him too hard, but Wyman had problems with the knee. The knee just wasn't, wasn't going. Kingdom Joe, aloha to all our Germany Seahawks. Seahawkers, let me ask you guys a question. If you had your own team, not a Hawks, what would it be called? They probably couldn't use Blitzkriegers, could they? That would probably be out of line. But I mean, come on. The German Blitzkriegers? 
I mean, <laughs> it would probably be indecent to allow him to use that, but you know. Delia Phillips, Bob Canoto announces that JSN's back to practice. He's got everybody hyped up, David. It does. He got everybody hyped up, looking like he's definitely going to be back sooner and later on that one. Gibson, that's a good list. Uh, I love Freddie Young when I was younger, that short time he was here. Me too, man. He was very, very impactful for us for a short time. I think we were able to flip him too for like a first round pick. I think it was to the Colts. D-Boy says, I don't want to see JSN turn into D-Boy. No, you're not going to give him running back carries, D-Boy. I, I would reckon to guess that even on the fly sweep game, there's going to be very few of those that is given a JSN too. He's, he's a guy that you just, you align him as a, as a running back and as a running back back there, you know, in shotgun, but you're not ever going to give him the ball. Much like Cooper Cup's never been given the ball out of shotgun. Jefferson's never been given the ball out of shotgun as a handoff. That's, a, that's simply a D-boy, 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 D-boy thing. I could say that right. TB1 says, how the F can JSN be practicing a few days post-surgery? To be young, man. The body just responds back so well. And uh, maybe he's just a tough, tough sucker. Uh, D-Boy says, Brandon, the 12s need a woolen versus sauce video ASAP like yesterday. We got we to gotta, we gotta have that ASAP. I'll try to put something together. I did do a little bit of that, D-Boy. Did you see the video I dropped on woolen? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I have a segment in that video of going back and forth between the two of them. It wasn't like super expanded, but you know, it was in there. Um, long term, though, I'll definitely do maybe something more just focused on that centric. But I've done like two Lebowlin videos in the last three weeks, so I gotta, I gotta do something new. I gotta, I gotta do something new. Keegan says Bell's listed at five eleven, so let's call him five <laughs> ten. Yeah, NFL measurements are always a little bit, uh, a little healthy in there. Um, uh, Kevin Lonice with another $5 donation. Kevin, thank you. That's like triple donos from you tonight, man. You're very kind for that. And I really do appreciate you for all that support. Says, we will all miss your lady from Dan Enda. My lady from Dan Enda, Megan. Uh, she knows she's missed out there and, uh, you know, I gotta give gotta give the the, the Maymada in here. She's in here every every time doing uh, the Lord's good work in here, keeping the the Orn out and uh, all of the Niner riffraff. So uh, gotta give her gotta give her a little break down there every once in a while, you know, especially because she's in post post recovery mode with that wrist. Kingdom Joe, go pumpkin! I did the same with my bully Molly. Molly Molly had us going seventeen and zero. Of course, there was a stake on the win side when I did mine, <laughs> but you know. Uh, oh shoot, it won't let me see what you're saying there. Ah. Uh, that had us going 17 and 0, of course. There was a stake on the wind side when I did mine. But hey, you know, Hawk, you know how I hawk, and I'll do the same, laughing out loud. That's why I put, I did mine under scientific conditions. I did two salmon boats, salmon dishes, equal amounts given. And uh, I, I set her back in a hallway from the back of the hallway and then let her go. So I feel like she picked it pure, you know. I didn't try to game the system at all. New Black, so I thought Wilson had a, the special water. That's that bubble, that nano bubble water, man. Got to get your hands on that when you're, you're needing to recover. 
Please. It's funny how everybody in the LLB has gotten old and retired and Russell Wilson is still trying to play football. The only player left from the LLB is Bobby Wagner. It's true. Quarterbacks tend to play a little longer though too, so it's not completely surprising. Doesn't look like he's playing for long right now if he keeps playing like he is though. Mm, yeah. Camden says, Pete Carroll has the harvest of the injured Seahawks. Russell's healing factor was the final sample needed. <laughs> Oh, please hit that like button, as Mark says here. Would really appreciate it if you haven't already. Helps out this channel out tremendously. Hawks Dave Brown was a corner. Okay, I was right. There we go. Somebody was throwing me off. So yeah, Dave Brown was great, but he was a corner for us. Certainly a top five all-time corner. But also did Jamal like things in the backfield? He did. Dave was a good player. All around really good player. Stewart says Jackson was this way last year. Some very good games and some pretty bad ones. Very hit and miss. A little bit. I think he was overall okay. These were two pretty bad games. I mean, these were, I, I think just to put it in a little bit more starker terms for me, Stewart, these are two of the worst games I've seen Mike Jackson play. He's maybe not been some of the games where he's good last year, but they, these were outright bad performances where he wasn't looking competitive. I don't think that's who Jackson is, but that is the way he looked in this preseason. Nate uh, Kaplowitz, I just jumped in. What cut do you think was your least favorite and why? Also, how'd you grade the staff's choices for the roster? Um, let me answer your second question first because I think it informs the first part of your question there, Nate, which is that I would put this as an A, um, an A situation in the way that you dealt with this. Um, quite honestly, this would have been just about what I would have predicted and wanted to see as, final, as far as a final roster goes. I, I don't have anybody that's a real big surprise here. Maybe Cody Thompson a little bit, but that's a back-end receiver on the roster that's not probably going to see the football field a whole hell of a lot. But you kept all the guys I thought you were going to keep. I never thought Levi Bell was going to be on the roster. I always thought it was going to be Tyreek Smith over him. I, I wish I could give you an answer on that, but I, I won't just invent one. I don't, have, I, I don't have one that's a least favorite cut. There's no guy that I would have wanted to cut. Maybe, maybe Gotell. Maybe go tell to give you an answer on a guy, but I I don't feel I don't feel like any of these are a a curveball or coming out of left field. They all make a tremendous amount of sense. I think the team did it right on this one. The German Shepherds, yeah, that's a good one too. That could work. Have a face of a German uh, of a German Shepherd. Seahawks Gaming, uh, Jefferson running, rights, running routes out of the backfield is like Shanahan running Trey Lance through the A-gap. You're going to get him killed, but he will get his stats. Well, to your point on that, Seahawks Gaming, you know, uh, it's not like we didn't just see Cooper Cup go down to an injury last year, and you could maybe make the argument a little bit of that injury is coming from overuse. I mean, the second Stafford stepped onto that field, it was he was just peppering the ball to Cooper Cup like every single play that he could get it to him. So, you know, to your point on that, you might get him a little bit more beat up on that, but they're just trying to maximize the production of those guys, which you do want your coaches to do. You know, that's a, that's a, uh, a that, that's pretty much what, how you tell them to move on and get the most out of all these players, you know, don't worry about in fear of injury. Just try to maximize them out. Die Valkyries. That's pretty cool. That's a good one too. The German latex. <laughs> Their, uh, their logo could be a gimp 
It could be the it could be a gimp in this dude from Pulp Fiction with the chain coming off the top. <laughs> Tell me that's not striking fear into your opponent's hearts. All right, I'm glad Dave Brown was a he was a corner. I was right on that. Andrew Stenson says, uh, "Who is, uh, who is, who is this Pete, and why do we keep doing things for his sake?" Maybe the best coach we've had of all time. Won us, a, uh, won us a championship. Was on the right side of this Russell Wilson trade. Had you competitive in a rebuild year. I think he's probably earned a lot of goodwill at this point. Megan with a fiver. Megan in the house. What's up? Uh, Megan says, nice to know you missed me 12s and B. Just woke up due to a hectic few days. Well, I hope you're doing well, Megan. And uh, not too hectic. But it's good to see you in the chat. And thank you for the donation. I appreciate you. Lady from Dan Enda. Uh, Mark with Debo and Megan both here. I can go cook dinner here in a bit. Laughing out loud. There we go. ADL Williams, fake bread plus brain water equals delusional millionaire. <laughs> it's the bread and the fake water. Uh, Keegan, Dave Brown is the Seahawks all-time interception leader with 50. I, I knew I was pretty, uh, the, the, I was bristling quickly on that linebacker thing. He's like, no, 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 wait, no. He's like uh, maybe the best corner in our history. Um, I don't know Sherman people like Sherman, but 50 is a lot. That's like almost double Sherman's number. Fleece, JSN is faster and uh, faster and faster release, better route runner than Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'd agree with that. ADL Williams says two Coopers, one cup. Uh, Camden, got to go to Dinah's show. See y'all later. Much love, much love to you, Camden. Thank you so much for uh, checking on in. D-Boy, Brandon, let's play the what if. So if Denver backup quarterback outplayed Russ and looked and played better than Russ, do you think Denver would start him over Russ or will they be biased and keep Russ at that start? If you're going to move to the place in your heart from Denver's standpoint of this, that you're going to be willing to go to the backup quarterback, then you're going to the backup quarterback. You're not just trying to give Russ a day off to see if he can get himself back to front. He's getting the back to front with this next run for this year off the back of giving him a good long run last season. So what I think has happened here is that I think Sean Payton has looked at the Denver Bronco roster and thought that this is a roster actually that can compete right now and that he looks at it and he says the offense held them back last year. Maybe it was, maybe it was not Russ's fault, more of Hackett and the rest of this offense and bad pass protection and his running back getting injured. Maybe it was that, but maybe it was also Russ. Maybe it was also that. And so he goes and gets the guy in Jared Stitham who he knows he can bring in here who, who can manage his offense to just a, a functional degree. And by functional, what I mean by this, D-Boys, remember there was that stat last year where through the first, I think it was, 10 games of the season, if the Broncos had merely scored 20 points in all of those games, they would have been 9-1 and one, or 19 points, something like that. And they would have been 9-1. and one. And I think that Peyton's looking at that particular stat and he's going, huh. So if we're very close to what we were defensively again this year, am I going to sit there and ride with Russell again if he's putting up 14 points a game again? I don't think they will. I think they will make that change. And I think that he has shown your hand, his hand on this one to you just a little bit. Uh, Megan, thank you for the uh, $2 donation. Appreciate the double donation dip, Megan. She says, uh, wait, B. B said he missed me. Damn, I missed it. Oh, oh, Megan. Leave the no-no. Always miss when you're not here, Megan. Come on now. Uh, Alan says, too many players, not enough roster spots. Wish we could have kept them all. And sadly, there's always going to be a cut coming in somewhere, somehow, some way that's going to sting a little bit. This was one of the better years where it wasn't a completely out of left field one, which makes me feel good. 
Helen uh, Bach says, uh, Freddie Swain, Tanner Muse, Nick Vinette, Bless On Austin, Sidney Jones, Malik Turner, Tease Tabor, Philip Dorsett, Robert Cooper, Jermaine Fetty, Alex Magoo, Bo Melton, Goodwin, Ugabuki, all got cut. Godwin, Ugabuki, huh? I thought the Falcons were going to kind of sign up on that for getting a good kick returner there, but uh, guess, guess not on that one. Guess the numbers game got him. Travel Nature Fanatics says, is Draymond Jones a big upgrade from Shelby Harris? Uh, yes, he is, Travel. You have a guy going into his prime right now who's been on the rise, and Shelby Harris, you were getting a guy that's starting to kind of wind down in his career. Um, so guys just kind of on two ends of the scale, and I just do think probably Draymond's just more naturally talented than Shelby on top of it. But yeah, you you paid him the biggest contract that you've given out to any free agent here in John Schneider's entire tenure here. You handed it to Draymond Jones. You know, if you, if you didn't do that to get a, a big upgrade over what Harris was, um, and Harris didn't play completely bad, but just that you're getting an upgrade over it, then I don't think you make that kind of move if you don't believe that as a team. Space, you got the team uh, beating them 40-0 in the Rams game. I like it. I like it. Roger says that we need our Broncos fan that joins to get their opinion. I'll be in here at some point, I'm sure. Megan, the Hawks nest, I never heard you say that, uh, but you're, bless- you're blushing, so I'll message you later to tease you some. <laughs> Sounds good, Megan. <laughs> Sounds good. And uh, we are at four hours here on the show, so we're going to probably kind of get a little bit of a button. I got to go back at seven o'clock here tonight. Me and Brendan are going to be chopping it up on the B&B show. So I got to get some dinner here at some point soon here. All right, Kevin, thank you for the $10 donation. I do appreciate you. Says the world is now spinning correctly. The best content in the lady from down under is here. Go Hawks. Well, hey, go Hawks, Kevin. Thank you for all the donation. Very kind of you to say. I know Megan will appreciate that. And appreciate all of your donations, Kevin. I think you dropped like four donos here in the chat here on this stream. So thank you for that, man. Very, 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 very kind of you for doing that. I really do appreciate it. Take a look here and uh, see if we've got any kind of other stuff going on here as far as any news coming down the track here from other teams or whatnot. We've got some nice JSN back at practice with a heavy wrap, catching passes. Looking good. Yeah, he's out there fully catching his Jackson Smith, too. He's fully running it. Nothing I'm seeing right now as far as any news coming down from um, online. I'm just checking to see if we've got anything. But it looks like it's pretty quieter uh, from the NFL standpoint. I would have thought we had a couple of other trades come through. But it has been pretty quiet on that front. We'll get a little bit sore more or something here in a couple hours when we come back on the channel. Definitely a bit of a quiet day, though, for what I thought it was going to be with some of the action, this many players hitting, and that there'd be a couple of other trades. Giants trading former second-round pick, Boogie Basham, trading four from the, from the uh, Bills. Interesting. Giants making some moves here at the start of the season. 
Broncos traded Albert Ogawachim, Ogawakam, Ogawagabam to the Eagles. Chris Jones remains in his holdout. Interesting. Yeah, not a lot of stuff going down. Quiet day a little bit with that. Thank you again, Kevin, for that dono, though, brother. You're very kind for all those donations. Jordan uh, Thornton says Ace Ventura is canceled nowadays. Captain Winky. <laughs> I guess so, Jordan. It's still going to be a classic in my mind. Still a classic in my mind. Very funny movie. And uh, JSN's fully rolling. I just saw some practice cut up of uh, him out on the field and they're th they just like soft tossing him in the ball and he's like catching with one hand, like protecting his off hand. He's putting both hands up and making the grab. So kid's ready to go. Um, Megan says, what does the JSN cast look like? That will tell you how long until he's going to be back. Well, let's see here. Let's, let's try to show you guys a little bit of this. Let's try to show you a little bit of this. Do, do, do. Go with this. And here you go. It's not too beefy. Got a bit of girth to it, right? It's not too bad, though. Not too bad. Does look like he's back sooner than later on that, Megan. That's the good part about it, huh? Rocks in! Thank you for another $10 donation today on the channel. Very kind of you. I do appreciate it. So there'll be more moves to come in regards to the practice squad. The 53 looks solid. We do need something on nose tackle front, I believe. Hawks Nest, you keep rocking. See you on the B&B. &B. Go Hawks. Hey, go Hawks. Roxanne, thank you for all your donations and support here on the channel today, as always, uh, and many times over in that respect of things. And nose tackle remains the question mark for me, Roxanne. I like the way that this roster is um, fitted. There weren't any big surprises. All of this stuff makes complete sense for why they went with the guys they went with. The one spot you go on, the one glaring area that stands out to you here is you got Jaron Reed and Cameron Young who have yet to play. Cameron Young not even playing one snap in the preseason. You don't know what you're going to get from this rookie fourth rounder at this point. And so you do get a little bit, you get a little bit nervous. And you, you do think that the team is going to still go and do something else just because if they don't get something done today, that doesn't preclude them from doing something else on Wednesday or Thursday. But you have to feel like there's another move that's coming down here to, to reinforce the ranks a little bit. And uh, we'll see which one that is and where they're going to lean to on that. But uh, it does remain for many of us, including yourself, myself, and many others in this chat and this stream that have, that have voiced their concerns on this. It remains the spot on this team that you're very worried about being the, the, the kryptonite that sinks you. You know, the, the bees, the thing that you can't get your defense to, to right shape because it's just the defensive line is a complete nightmare. We'll see if it plays out that way. We'll see if there's not another move that they have to make. I just don't think John's going to run in the season with it looking like it is just right now. You just... You don't need a lot. You don't need a zero tech that can give you any pass rush whatsoever. All you need is a zero tech that can go in there and be a run stuffer. 
That's what you want. An immovable guy, a guy that can take on double team blocks and remain relatively immovable in that situation. And we'll see if the Seahawks can find that guy, Roxanne. I, w- I really hope they can, but uh, we'll see you over there on that BNB side. Sounds good. Sounds good. I got a thing too, Megan. They got him for the Rams. I, even if he could go and play in that week one, if you've even got him out there practicing catches and all that, like why even do it? Just, you're going to get, you'll beat that Rams team the way you are. Give him, it's that Lions game we need him for. Debo, you said you feel bad for the Rams a little bit, but when I say a little, I mean 40 nothing. That's tough. But their team's still gum on the bottom of my shoe. That's what they are, man. And look, they chose to be in this lane. They wanted to go for it. They wanted to rob from the future so that they could make today go a little bit stronger. They wanted to, to basically guarantee themselves a Super Bowl run. Well, they got that guarantee. They went over the top. But now you pay the price. Now the bill is due. And their bill being due is right along at the point in time as our Seahawks are starting to ascend, which is a... Wonderful, wonderful thing. Helen, I'm uh, probably in the minority here, but GSN reminds me of a bigger modern day version of Bobby Ingram, a third down machine. He's going to be fun to watch for sure. Bobby's definitely, I think, uh, Helen, uh, the best slot receiver that you've had in Seahawks history by a very wide margin. Um, Because Doug played too much on the outside to consider him just a slot. I have a hard time as much on that one because you do have in in GSN, you have a guy that is a 6'1 guy and in in Bobby, he was more of a 5'9-ish kind of guys. So there is a bit of a size difference between these guys, but uh, route running machines, always open, always open, uh, very sure handed players. Bobby was certainly that very underrated for the Seahawks team. Um, And if we can get that production that we got from Bobby Ingram. um, Get up here. Bobby Ingram stats. So Ingram. Ingram was here in 2001, started out at 400, 619, 637, 499, 778, 290, had an 1147 yard season, then 489. So he had really 1,000 yard season. I do think the JSN is going to surpass that. But uh, as I said, I do think that that is your best slot receiver in your history as it currently stands. You know, that's the guy that he has to knock out of that spot. Megan said that looks like a full cast. That's a hard cast. It's a big one. It's a big one. Kingdom join. I just really like Levi Bell. So sue me. No, it's all good. I get it. Always had a soft spot for the undersized underdogs. I like him too, man. If you could fit him in, I would have loved to fit him in. It's just tough. Casey McCracken, nobody better in the race to the bottom than the AZ. Yeah, they, they saw Rams were competing with him, Casey, in there last week, and they were like, enough of this. Let's trade away three guys that are still maybe some use here. Let's uh, move on from Colt McCoy, who might actually help us win a couple of games. They took a hard left turn this past week and said, we're going to make this tank happen. They're going harder in the tank than the Shark Tank show. That was a horrible joke. That was awful. Uh, Helmbach, do you think Melvin Gordon's done? Ravens cut him. I guess I missed something, but that was kind of fast, wasn't it? Yeah, the Broncos were done with him last year, and that was even after Helen. They had had the injury with Javante Williams where they needed running back help. It, the, the fumbling issues were never solved with Melvin Gordon. They remain with him. Not all that great of a back, really, you know? So probably he's closer to being done at this point than finding another opportunity, I would say. 
King Dome says, I get to listen to the podcast at work, but I work with loud machinery, so I miss whole sections laughing out loud. It's a give and take. <laughs> King Dome Jones, as far as jerseys go, I want Devin Bush to pan out so bad. I really want to wear a number zero uh, Seahawks jersey, and that's strange. I'm a zero type of guy. No, zero jersey's bad. I love it. Bad in a good way, like B-A-A-D, bad. Um, so... He, I hope he makes it. There's rumors they're trying to trade him. So we'll have to see on that. Tommy Eden, how you doing? Good to see you. Says, that was awful, but if all your jokes were good, none of them would be good. That's true. You got to throw them all out there and see which ones stick and land sometimes. And at the end of the show, I've got to, that's when the, that, that's when the jokes get a little, little, little tough. Especially when the stomach's rumbling. Let's go ahead and uh, put a banner uh, button on this one, if we could, guys. I know we got you a little late in here, uh, Tim, Tommy, but uh, I will be doing the B&B show later tonight, 7 o'clock. We'll be going back live in another two hours. So you guys will get more Brandon here this, uh, this evening, and I think we will still be doing our Wednesday show tomorrow, too. So uh, we're going to still be coming back at you with a lot more here this upcoming week. But we do have, finally, our final roster is now set. Smith, Locke, Walker, Charbonnet, Dallas, McIntosh, your running backs, Lockett, Metcalf, Jackson Smith, Bobo, Derek Young, Cody Thompson, your receivers, tight ends. We knew the tight ends were going to be. That was set. Uh, offensive line, no surprises. Cross, Lewis, Evan Brown, Phil Haynes, Abraham Lucas, Oluwatimi, Bradford, Jake Curran, and Stone Forsythe. We knew that was going to be the way it was going to be. And same thing with the defensive line. Draymond Jones, Jaron Reed, Mario Edwards Jr., Mike Morris, Miles Adams, Cameron Young. No surprises there. No shockers. Linebacker, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, Devin Bush, John Radigan, Nick Ballore. All that makes sense on the inside. Uchenna Nuosu, Daryl Taylor, Boye Mafe, Derek Hall, and Tyreek Smith. Your five outside edges. Definitely, again, you could have predicted this is kind of where this was probably going to go if you just said this is going to fit to form. Cornerback room, you're going to go Reek, Trey Brown, Michael Jackson, Devin Witherspoon, Kobe Bryant, and Ari Burns. And again, no surprises there. And then we got Quandry Diggs, Jamal Adams, Julian Love, Jarek Reed as your safeties. Having Kobe Bryant, of course, with his flexibility at safety opens that up to where you're not light if Jamal Adams is not able to come back here by week one or two. So the team's probably going to be counting on that. And then, of course, Dixon, Myers, and long snapper Chris Stoll. So a pretty nice little roster they have constructed and put together here. Let's see where this team goes this upcoming season. Spencer says, did you all see Doug Peterson had to cut his son today? This league is no joke. Yeah, they don't, they don't mess around, man. It don't mess around. There is, it is not for the weak-hearted or the tender-hearted. Brandon uh, Gwynn, uh, Gwynn, hope I, Brandon, I'm sorry if I mispronounced the last name there. It says, pretty excited to see our defense in the trenches. I feel like with our size and drive, we're going to have a better pass rush presence. I definitely feel like from a pass rush standpoint, I feel very confident about what this team's bringing to bear, Brandon. I think you have a chance of having three of your edges with 10 plus sacks, which is hard to do. I like the rotation. Um, I like you're not going to ride with some guy and overuse him for too many snaps. The worry for me comes into Brendan on just, can you stop the run? I mean, that was the issue with you last year. You were able to generate a decent amount of pressure even with what you did last season, but you just couldn't stop the run. And that's going to be, for me, the question mark on this team until we get a few weeks into the season to see truly how they are in that department. I'm expecting improvement, but that was a bit of the thing that sunk the defense, and the defense was the thing that sunk this team as a whole from progressing forward in the playoffs last year. I hope that's not where we're going back again to this year. I don't think it will be. But this is also part of the reason why I say, Brendan, I sure would like to see maybe one more extra move made on the defensive line to reinforce the ranks just a little bit. Edward Gofsky, Jake Bobo, going to be an MVP. Oh, man. Could you imagine if he became that? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Tommy says, I got a hurricane coming my way. He had to butt batten down the chicken coop. No, I hope the chickens are okay, man. That's scary. Chicken coop's only going to protect so much when you uh, got a hurricane flowing through. I ain't going to do a whole lot on that. Austin, what were the notable cuts? Aesop Winston Jr., Levi Bell. Uh, you had to go tell the defensive tackle. That might have been a bit of a surprise for some folks out there. Uh, quite honestly, I don't think there was a lot of other surprises beyond that. Tyler Mabry wasn't going to make the team. Uh, Sir, Sir Roderick Thompson was always going to be a practice squad guy here. So I think that these all basically, Austin, there wasn't really, past those couple guys I named, there wasn't really any other notable cuts. Everybody that you thought was going to make the roster made the roster, and those guys that you thought were going to get cut kind of got cut. Um, league-wide, there has not been a lot of notable cuts either on that side of it. It's a little, uh, it, it's a little bit, um, it's a little light right now. Not, not a lot of guys out there that I saw that jumped out to me. Maybe Danny Shelton for the defensive line. There's a couple of other defensive linemen out there, Lawrence from Arizona, who might make some sense as a nose tackle. Uh, Talon Dial says, how do, you, how do I start a membership to your channel? I can't find the join button anywhere. Ha ha ha. Uh, hard to say because it can depend on the platform that you're watching from. Like if you're watching from your phone, it could look different than it is on a browser. It should be right next to it. If you've subs- you got to subscribe first, of course. So if you're subscribed, Talon, then you should see the membership button next to the subscription button show. But if you're not subscribed, it won't. the button I don't think will show. And, and sometimes depending on a browser uh, with what you might be using, I've been told in the past that it doesn't show up on certain ones at times as well. So I'm, I wish I could give you more of a, an answer on that one, but uh, I, it's probably that, that you're probably just on. If you can't see it and you're subbed up, that it's just a, a bit of a different browser you might need to use to get uh, membered, membered up. Um, you do have to be signed in, of course, too, on your Google account and all that stuff. Austin, I'm actually happy with I'm actually happy with the roster. Then all the players I wanted to make the roster made it. Exactly, Austin. That's why I say on your question, it's hard for me to say there's a guy that I'm disappointed in here because these all make sense. This all adds up. You didn't do some weird out thing where this guy was was you know balling out all preseason and you surprisingly cut him out the door and everybody's going, what the hell? Why? This one all made sense. This all added up. I love I love the way the roster's looking. Kid from the hood, uh, I'm behind because I stopped the stream, but we should have called ourselves German Brockwurst. Ha ha ha. I like, I like the Blitzkriegers, I'm telling you. We had some good suggestions, though. There were some good ones, kid from. We had the, the, the German Latex, German Shepherds. That was a pretty good one. Austin says, Levi Bell, I'm okay with letting go. Me too, man. I like Tyreek Smith. I'm less caught up with Levi Bell and more enamored with what we might be able to get from... Tyreek Smith. Megan says, oh, we'll have to make sure I hit the b shows so you don't feel as bad as I do about missing the stream beat. Sounds good, Megan. Sounds good. Appreciate you. Uh, much love to you too, D-Boy. Thank you for uh, jumping on in the chat on this today. Hope you're doing well out there on the west side. West side. And uh, let's go ahead and put a button on that one at this point here. We've got nights almost four and a half hours in. I really do appreciate all of you guys watching. I do want to thank the sponsor of this show and that's going to be Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is going to be supporting this channel throughout the course of this year. We're going to do a couple of fantasy sports streams related around this a little bit. And you can go right now to Underdog Fantasy. If you're um, Washington State's got some regulations, some other states got some rules on this. So it depends on the state you're in, whether or not you can kind of go full bore on this. But uh, if you are in a state that does allow it, you can go in there right now. Use my code N-E-S-T-Nest, and then they will match you up to $100 of your first deposit. So you get 
$100 on me on the Hawks Nest, and you're actually supporting the show at the very same time by going over there. You can run a lot of these wagers and, and get into these matches with people where you you know have a three-man fantasy draft for a given week you can play. You can you can do pick em stuff where you're picking a player who's going to throw for more than 3,000 yards on a season, parlay those together a little bit. There's a variety of different kind of little games you can play there on the site, but I want to thank Underdog Fantasy for supporting this uh, channel as they have as uh, they are going to be on board with us here all season long. And again, use my code NEST over there and they will match you up to 100% on your first deposit. Thank you to Underdog for that. Uh, Casey Smith, thank you for finishing us off the right way. We had a ton of new subscribers tonight and you joined up with the crew on that. Casey Smith being another one added to the group. Did very good today on the on the subscribers as we are marching now really strongly towards 15,000. If you're not subscribed, do me this favor. Get subscribed to the channel as we are trying to get to that 15,000 mark. We're motoring very strong towards it. We're going to get it sooner than later. I have no doubts about that. So if you're not get subbed up, get subbed up. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free and it does help this channel out considerably as we try to get to that marker. Well, Marty wanted to finish us up even stronger. He went right over the top of Casey. said, I see your subscription and I raise you a membership. Marty Thompson Thank you for becoming a member here right as we're finishing it up in that way. We're going to be expanding these membership benefits. If you are a member of the channel, keep an eye on your community post. You'll be seeing articles come out, PFF scores after the game every week. And we'll, of course, be doing members-only streams in addition to that every single week. So there's some benefits to be had if you are a member of this channel uh, that we will be ever expanding. But thank you, Marty, for becoming a member of the channel as you are. I really do appreciate it. I want to thank everybody here in the chat today as you guys were absolutely tremendous as ever. I know you guys were on pins and needles like me, wanting to see what our Hawks were going to do today. But uh, the energy was great as always, positive as always. Everybody is hyped up for this team, which is great to see that the fan base is so uh, rejuvenated from, I think, where we were a couple of years ago where things felt a little more stagnant and people felt a little bit more like the team stuck in the mud. No longer. Now we are ascending up that mountain. Now we are climbing. This is a young football team. And Coach Carroll will have to do some of the best work he's ever done to be able to take this young of a team, no matter how talented it is, and get them up to that top of the mountain. And I'm not sure it's selling Coach Carroll at this point. I'm not going to be proven a fool in this regards because I've seen him too many times to turn too many things around in the way that he has. Maybe he finds the secret sauce this year right now and gets this team going forward a little bit further. This was the man that set a Super Bowl record for their youngest roster in NFL history to go win a Super Bowl. Lightning strikes once, why can't strike again in that very same place, I ask you. Uh, J.O. says, no mercy. No mercy is right. No mercy is right. Can't wait to dominate this season. Let's do it. Johnny Utah, Das Hawks. I like that one. That might be the winner right there for the German. They're known as the Das Hawks. <laughs> Woo. Let's go, folks. I will be back here in about an hour and a half on the BNB show here with Brendan Seahawks, Brendan Nelson, as we'll be chopping up a little bit of this news on the roster, talking a little bit about the game against the Packers here this past Saturday. But we will be back here in a mere hour and a half. So until that time, I hope I don't have to remind you. I hope for an hour and a half you can remember. I hope on a day like this where we are so excited, you have at the forefront of your mind to remember and know this team is going to be awesome this year. But just in case you don't, just in case the next hour and a half you might have it slip your mind. Keep it at the forefront of your mind. This Hawks team's about to do some special things. Strap yourself in for what's going to be one hell of a ride in the 2023 season. My name is Brandon Kane. This is the Hawks Nest. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you to all of the new members, all the folks that donated, all of the new folks that jumped on as subscribers. I really do appreciate it. You're amazing for doing so. But I hope you don't ever forget. I'll be back in an hour and a half to remind you again. But until that time, don't you ever, ever forget. Go Hawks!